Welcome to a complete run of our previous podcast episodes. This is a compilation of our review of the Mighty Orbots, episodes 1 through 13 and the pilot. This is a compilation of five prior podcast episodes. Anything unrelated to the subjects of Mighty Orbots in this episode has been edited out. Welcome to another exciting episode of our podcast. This is Sean. Sammy Bo. And Thomas. And this is... Are we doing the SparkCast thing anymore? Have we completely given up on doing that? And we will say it in unison. All right, ready? This cool. is three, two, one. SparkCast. <laughs> I think we actually did it. We just all said it in a different uh, enunciation. It's fine. <laughs> right, Sammy, uh, introduce our fourth voice on this podcast today. Yes, so we have a special guest with us today. His name is Andy, and he has done the beautiful artwork for our logo and for our little designs on each episode and stuff. He's a fantastic artist, loves GoBots, loves Mighty Orbots, loves robots, really. Yeah, uh, he's got a Twitter and a site, and Andy, you can plug whatever you want. But yeah, he, he joins us today. <laughs> Hello, I'm Andy. I got, as Sammy said, I have a Twitter. It's GoGoAndyRobo. And uh, I have a website. It's just my name, AndrewLita, L-E-T-A dot com. So, but uh, I enjoy drawing robots. And yeah, that's that's where I'm at. <laughs> See, I only just discovered Mighty Orbots existed when Sammy told me about it like months ago. Seriously? Yeah, I'm not joking. Oh my God. I just found out about it last week. <laughs> When I introduce myself, I would say, hey, have you watched Mighty Orbots? That's like usually the second sentence I say at parties. I'm not very popular. <laughs> so, Andy, did you watch this as a kid? Uh, sort of. I, I didn't catch it on cable or anything like that, but there was a video store that had it, and I wanted, like, I wanted to watch a robot show because I was... When I was younger, I was obsessed, and I'm still obsessed. So after I went through all the Transformers videos, because I think there was only one episode on each VHS tape, and they were big boxes, like these like huge boxes instead of a tiny box. They didn't have any GoBots at this video store, but I saw Mighty Orbots, and I'm like, that has robots in it. And I rented it, and it was just this... I, I admit I was very like confused because the animation was so fluid and nice, and I'm like, I'm used to garbage. <laughs> It just it was strange, and I um, yeah, I watched it, and then I just kind of forgot about it. And then when YouTube came around, I was looking up old TV shows. I'm like, I remember this. I was like, I must seek this out, and then try to find every bootleg I could. I went through like five generations of bootlegs trying to find the good quality of the show. It was very difficult. And, and now then, you don't have to worry about that because they just released it on DVD last year, right? Yes, I was very surprised and very happy about that. I'm pretty so, sure uh, you sent it to me like immediately when that it was announced. <laughs> so summary of what Mighty Orbots is after watching three episodes. It just seems to be just one of the several Voltron knockoffs to me. Well, I guess Voltron didn't start it's a knockoff itself, like from, you know, I guess Mazinger Z or all that giant robot. Here's a guy that gets inside the giant robot show. <laughs> Yeah, but how many giant robot shows had each appendage actually being a sentient being that had its own personality and powers? Yeah, because so, there's definitely not many that have, like, thinking robots. Yeah. 
they're all kind of fun and they have their own personality. They're not just like lions you get in there. (laughs) Yeah, and I can't think of many like giant robot shows where the robots themselves have secret identities. That was the first thing that was like, what is going on? (laughs) This doesn't make any sense. What purpose does that serve? (laughs) Yeah, that... That kind of confused me too, because the one villain was like, "Oh, these are the mighty Orbots." When she when immediately when he sees them in episode one, but in episode two, he only knows because they're wearing a galactic uniform. They're like, "Oh, it's a robot with a uniform. It must be the Orbots." I mean, it's you like, don't know who else is like on this planet. They could half of them could be robots. It's like the Superman Clark Kent thing. It's like, wow, they they look so much alike, but you never think that it's the same same person. So there are seven main characters in our cast. Does do we want to play the game where we just take turns seeing if anybody can name one until we uh, have run out? Uh, Bo and Boo. Hey, and that's Crunch. two. Hey, all right, that's three now. <laughs> you just ruined the game. I did. I was There's trying to a see if they're named after the Final Fantasy spell Dia. Mm. I can't remember who is Bo and who is Boo just because they have the same name and they have the same kind of body shapes and I don't remember who is who. I actually don't remember either. I have to always look it up. So you said you said Crunch. I remember there's uh, the other two are like, I think it's um, that blue guy that changes into something and then Optimus Primal, I think, is the other guy, right? Basically. (laughs) Essentially. We forgot the little one too. Because that, cause that big guy, he has the same color scheme as Optimus Prime, and I immediately thought that he was going to be that stereotype leader. Uh, but then he had a face of, like, a dorky ape, and he totally <laughs> does not act like any kind of leader. He's very doofy. I don't even know what his powers are. I didn't see any of his powers in the three epi- first three I episodes. I thought it was just super strength. Yeah, it's just strength he's, and size. He's kinda, yeah, he's kind of the muscle of the group. Yeah, his, yeah, his name is Tor. That's what we're yes. talking about. But then, then doesn't Crunch just... also have super strength by eating a lot? He he's like the he's... power. He he like can he like is the power generator. Like he'll yeah. like get he control he gives everyone all the robots power. I believe. Okay. Oh, that's why in episode three, like because he couldn't eat stuff, none of the other robots could power up because he's the generator for everybody. Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. And then we have Bo and Boo. One of them has elemental powers, so they can. But they can only use elements if they're around them. They can't create them out of nothing. Boo is illusions, I think, or something, <laughs> right? Or no, Bo's the illusionist. Andy, uh, what, is your, what are your thoughts on this, Mister uh, Orbot expert? I always get them confused. <laughs> 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 but the one, but I remember one of the um, the uh, the uh, narrator, Gary Owens. If you are uh, familiar oh. with him, oh. That was a sigh. <laughs> and joining us today is Andy. Will he enjoy this podcast today? Let's find out. <laughs> and yes, somebody laughed in the podcast. But what will they be laughing at when this new information comes along? And well, I'm just Gary like, Owens oh my the god, narrator, narrator please! Perfect choice. I was like, the narrator, please. It's so. Said one last night because of the narrator. I, I like the narrator because it makes it that much more cheesy. <laughs> and it's like almost, and Gary Owens has that like really empowering voice. It's like, cause it was space ghost and uh, he was powder toast man on Ren and Stimpy. And he oh, was God. like, I'm laughing. It was oh. like, like he's everybody. 
So I, 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 I remember seeing a tweet. Somebody said uh, it's his headcanon that Mighty Orbots is just a sh- uh, is just a story that Space Ghost tells. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this headcanon. Yeah. Andy, uh, since you have the DVD, is the original pilot a special feature on it? No, unfortunately not. It's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> then I guess we won't be watching that anytime soon if it's not found somewhere. Well, it's 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 on YouTube and it's very, very strange. <laughs> so one of the things about this series, briefly, is apparently there was a lawsuit because they claimed that some of the designs were being ripped off with GoBots, but the lawsuit was found to be totally baseless. But at that point, it didn't matter because the company had already spent so much money, they went out of business and the show didn't continue. It's really depressing. That's yeah. pretty sad. It's like, I always hate when corporations do BS stuff like that just to try to make money, and they're not required to pay all this money back for the legal fees that these people had to make just to, to prove your faulty lawsuit. Yeah, yeah. They, I, I, I don't know if it got settled out of court or what. I, 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 no, it was found to be unsubstantiated. Oh, oh. Uh, oh, okay. And like it was a baseless case, basically. Okay, um, but it is kind of funny because like I love GoBots, but I but I I would say I like Mighty Orbots more, and it just mm-hmm. bugs me that GoBots was the reason that Mighty Orbots is off the air. What's funny is that if you look at the GoBots puzzler toy, it's mm-hmm. the exact same colors as Mighty Orbots. <laughs> so I don't know which came first with the original toy line, but it's kind of like, hmm. This is peculiar. Even though they were claiming it was from GoBots, they actually owned another company called Godmars, which actually had a similar design, just different color schemes and things like that. So they weren't even like using the correct toy for their lawsuit in the first place either. It's practically a template for Mighty Orbots. But even when I looked at the design, I was like, these are these look so different enough that these are two completely different uh, robots. Yeah. But anyway, we got off track. We forgot to go back to the blue guy. What's his name, Thomas? Bart. <laughs> <laughs> his name is Bart. <laughs> Bart. And, we're uh, also forgetting the most important character of them uh, all. We still got two more, don't worry. But no, but what's Bart's powers is he can transform into basically whatever he can think of. He's basically like a Green Lantern with his body. <laughs> That's a really strange description. I mean, it's kind of accurate. I mean, the, <laughs> the ability of the Green Lantern is based upon their mental capacity or their, their imagination or whatever. And he seems, obviously, he's kind of like limited and shy, doesn't think. He kind of needs to push to, you know, do his best, at least from these first three episodes. He was the only one that I got a sense of his personality in the first episode. Just him? What about Ono? She seems... Yeah, I don't. I was about to say. Oh yeah, uh, I mean, Ono. I mean, uh, also, the best character. Yes. Ono is the uh, like she's required to make the best. mighty Orbots work, but she's basically the like the mom of everybody because she was the original robot. Yeah, she was the first one. Mm-hmm. Oh no! <laughs> she's there for comic relief, I assume. Excuse me. She's the best, and she does her darndest <laughs> to keep everyone she's safe. Trying her best. <laughs> yeah. And then we have the guy that created them all, Leonardo from Ninja Turtles. It's Donatello. <laughs> I mean, Donatello. Oh my God. Get out. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm not that offended. It's so weird to hear his voice because this is him doing it before he did Turtles because that wouldn't come out for another two years. He, yeah, he's, uh, he's also, uh, was it, one of the SWAT cats too. 
<laughs> he's in a bunch of stuff. Hilariously enough that I'm blanking on his name. He was also like a lawyer or something or practice law or anyways, this is sidetracking slightly, but like, hey, fun voice actor knowledge. Um, while recording his lines, at least for Turtles, I don't know if he did it for Mighty Orbots, but for Turtles, like he would read his lines and then look at his law book and like do work in that and then read a line and then just go back to this. <laughs> and the voice actor of Leonardo would always look at him and just be completely bewildered. <laughs> Come on, Donatello. His name is Barry Gordon. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I have his signature on my Ninja Turtles DVD. That's awesome. He was the, uh, in 1998, he was the Democratic Party nominee for uh, United States Congress in California, what? at least. What? What? <laughs> he, was, he was really into politics. He, I mean, he was doing like, um, like a lot of political talk radio and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess not, I got out of voice acting that he just huh. politics yeah. stuff. I mean, because he was like, like Sammy said, he was into the yeah. law stuff. I mean, he seemed like, I don't know. It's, it seems I don't know how you go from graduating summa cum laude and then going into voice work after you're like, I'm just doing all this studying for law school. <laughs> just don't yeah, do it. like you know, following following my heart. Does anybody get a sense of Rob, his char- the character he plays, Rob, in the first three episodes? I mean, he's he's okay. Like he, you know, is trying to do. His best as well to save the planet. And this also really likes Dia. And also (laughs) very much. (laughs) And also really poor design. Hey Mighty Orbots, I'm going to uh, take away your free will and control you now. At least that's what I thought when I watched the first episode. (laughs) I'm just like he's pretty smart, but then he's pretty dumb. Like you build this giant robot, but then you have to build a robot just to turn the key. It's like and then, then they got in trouble because they didn't have the one robot that couldn't turn the key. I guess it's just a bad failsafe. <laughs> and then there are two supporting characters from the Galactic Patrol. Is that what it is? Patrol? Galactic yes. Patrol, yeah. Okay, because that's the same Galaxy Rangers. I think it's called Galactic Patrol as well. <laughs> yeah, there are two other characters, like the leader that's always contacting them, like, we need Mighty Warbots help. And then the girl who doesn't seem to serve a purpose but is always there i'm not really sure well she uh, serves a purpose she's like just a space cop so we're talking about commander rondu and Ia. uh with Ia, it was weird in the first episode she actually saves the gobots but in the second one <laughs> and the third she's just kind of there no, the third one the, the third one she saves them again no she didn't save them at all yeah she, she did just, she could all she did was catch the bad guy as he was escaping and that was her contribution. It was the monster that destroyed the thing that saved them. She didn't save them, right? No, I'm just when I just sure watched she... this. I know I just did too. That's why I'm just like because I was commenting that third on it. Because so was... kind of confused me because she was on the planet that was going to be sucked into that little vortex. But how she got off? No, the no, planet, that's episode that's the second two. One. That's the second one. Yeah, let's start in order. All right, let's, let's back right. up a All bit. Right. Yeah, back up. Uh, episode one. <laughs> so here we are. Episode one. Sound effect. All right. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I think is weird before we begin into the first episode is none of these episodes seem to be the origin of Mighty Orbots. It already starts with all of them having done stuff for a while or been he- heroes for a while. And they already know some of the villains, as we'll see in future episodes. And you don't even see how... The, the villain was created or how the hero and villain first got together to fight 
and be enemies either. So it just it just drops you straight into the plots, and you never see any of that. I mean, I'm kind of okay with it. It doesn't it it doesn't mess around with anything. It's just like here you go, here's your adventures. The lore of Mighty Orbots is very paper thin, <laughs> but it's I mean I think that helps to its strengths because it's very you know because the show's strength is the animation you know that it and the, and just the action. So it's like you have this very paper thin plot, but it's just an excuse to have wonderfully animated sequences. So I know I said Galactic Patrol earlier, but every time I see that insignia, I I want to call them the Pepsi Patrol because it's like this blue and red like slash that just reminds me of Pepsi for some reason. I, I can see that. I don't know. I must be the only one that, that thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, guys, when I watched the first episode, there was not just one, and no, no, there was not just two, no, there were three main female characters in the cast. I was, like, pretty shocked at that for being, like, an older cartoon from the 80s. Aggressive AF. I'm used to just seeing, like, the one girl who's with the four guys. The token female. Mm-hmm. Crasher from GoBots. There was a girl from GoBot? Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, that's not this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Take a drink every time uh, we say GoBots in this. Oh, dear. (laughs) What was funny, though, is I actually was a little worried in this first episode because I'm like, oh, yeah, they're they're the two female characters get kidnapped and saved, and then they get captured again and get saved. And I'm like, oh, my God, is this going to be the whole show? But luckily, the next two episodes doesn't have any of that like they're all contributing and doing stuff in fact the girl that has elemental powers is like saving everybody left and right the next two episodes yeah as like ono's mistake in the second episode like she's also a child i'm just like yeah it's fine she didn't get kidnapped she's just kind of like well that's also the second episode and i'm jumping ahead so i do want to point out on this first episode though some highlights of the animation there's a point where where boo and bo are walking away and they animated that butt wiggle, and I'm like, you didn't have to do that. You legit did not have to animate that, but you did. <laughs> and I love it. It's TMS. They they, they know how to do a butt wiggle. Yeah, yes, See, I wasn't do. sure if this was a newer animation studio because I was like, do these people understand how cameras work? Because there are a lot of swooping odd angles where like you go down to go up turn left and then somehow go like down left and up to the right again i'm like oh my god this camera where is it going and and i'm just like what is going on and then sometimes they do that with less animation frames so everything's happening so fast and i'm just like this is this is really weird like i noticed they stopped doing that a lot in the third episode but like like in the second episode they wrap around halfway then down then come up diagonally just for him to look at his watch to say, it's time to go. I think the added camera movement adds to it. I think it's fun and funny. It's like, I don't know. Well, yeah, some of them worked, but I thought some of them did not. Thomas, did you notice anything? Uh, no, I didn't. It didn't. I didn't feel like I was like, it didn't seem like it was confusing or just like making me dizzy. It was like, this is completely unnecessary, kind of like camera movements or anything like that. I did notice just the general animation of the show just seemed pretty decent mm-hmm. after watching all this Transformer stuff. I'm just like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I just, did they just have just that much more money than 
than Hasbro. Well, actually, yeah, okay, Andy... so side, side point. Have you guys heard of TMS? Uh, What is TMS? Then that's that's the, uh, the studio that did the, oh, the Tokyo show. Movie Shinsha. Yeah. Yes. So, so they also did Samurai Pizza Cats. They I did... No, that, that's... I think that was Tokusatsu, or not Tokusatsu. Oh, wow, I can't believe I said what? that. Um, yeah, I was like, <laughs> uh, it's a uh, uh, Tatsunoku. That's who did it. Samurai Pizza Cats. Oh, okay, that never mind. <laughs> Sorry, well, yeah. They, they, what, what else did they, they do? Oh, I'm, I just I'm, watched uh, I, their whole uh, Space Cobra show like oh. three months ago. Oh, what was that? Oh, Andy, like that was a good show. <laughs> it's no, it's no. That's back. that's happiness. Space Cobra is so good. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I, th- yeah. I just watched all that. I even watched all four OVAs that came out in 2006, seven, all that nice. stuff. And the movie, I'm like, all that stuff was fun. Rob is like a nerdy Cobra. They did certain episodes of Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> uh, I know they did that. Um, as well as Tiny yeah, Toons. The, the good episode of Tiny Toons, that was TMS, like the really like high quality. Yeah, okay. Oh, they um, did it, Magic Knight Ray Earth. I'm about to. That's on my watch list too. Loop on the third. You guys so are naming all the nobody anime. series. Like they've done some pretty <laughs> iconic stuff. Like Loop Mr. on the Rancher. third, Detective Conan, <laughs> Batman, Akira, Animaniacs, Spider Man, Ducktales. They did a lot of good stuff. <laughs> well, the thing is, okay, so hold up, back up. With a lot of the, they did little like Ducktales and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, like Ducktales, Sonic, whatever. Like the the syndicated shows. They did certain episodes that did not do the whole thing because otherwise the studio would be broke. <laughs> but basically, they've been like, uh, they're a pretty well established anime studio. So, who actually does the Transformer show? I believe Toei. Toei. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how their work traditionally compares, but uh, oh. yeah, TMS seems like yeah. It's no wonder that the show seems like it, it looks pretty decent. They also did God Mars, too. I just think it's interesting they did Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland, that movie. I remember that was my first Laserdisc. I have Not... that on Blu-ray, and I haven't even opened it up yet. That's that mine, too. And in fact, I think you might have even gotten that for me. <laughs> Still in shrink wrap three years later. Yeah. Rob, uh, oh. <laughs> there's a... He does it... He does it in the first episode, he does it in the second episode. He doesn't do it in the third episode, and I was waiting for it. But there... <laughs> when he talks to Ono, and like she's, you know, reprimanding him for something or other, he's just like, I'm gonna program you to say, oh, yes. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I need to oh. go. Well, hold on. <laughs> Out of context. <laughs> Did you guys hear... So you know when the, the, the females get knocked unconscious with the music villains? She wakes up the next day on a kid's show and says, that must have been a wild night. I don't remember a thing. Yup. I'm yep. like, oh my God. Yep, this is a kid's show where girls are going to a concert. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, this is going to show them what the evils of rock and roll are, so they should stop listening to music. Actually, no, wait, I, they continue to listen afterwards, so there's no morals in this episode. I believe also one of them said, I need an extra recharge. I'll need it tonight. Wow. Yeah, I was like, okay. I meant just because they were going to dance around a lot, right? Because they're going to a concert. Or they're going backstage to the concert, you know? I mean, I've never been to a Dragos and Drax show, but they're they're wild. (laughs) So, okay, one thing I'm just curious of at the end of the episode, they're fighting a bad guy, and to defeat him, they blow up one of the moons of Saturn. (laughs) 
that. I so would like to. I didn't want to just bring that up randomly, <laughs> but that was the main one of the main things that just like I don't know. This is what this the main thing that stuck out for this first episode was they blew up a planet to defeat an enemy, uh, a Saturn's moon, and created a whole nother meteor swarm that started the whole episode. It, it didn't make any sense. It, that they are extremely reckless because in in other episodes when they were fighting actually on Earth, where they, I guess there were an, there was another meteor that was going to hit Earth and they blew it up and then it broke into pieces and damaged the dam. It's hey, like wait, stop! <laughs> That's episode three, Thomas. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. <laughs> so, what about you, Andy? What did you think? Was this your first episode you ever watched, or do you yeah. remember that much? I, I do remember that because um, I, th- I think the scene I remember was uh, the beginning. They were just trying to introduce like what they can do. And there's like meteors everywhere. And they were like, let's do the meteor madness play. And I was watching <laughs> that when I was little. I'm like, this is silly. And like Bort turns into something, this weird vacuum that like sucks yeah. up the meteors. And then oh, just, yeah. oh. and, like, and I remember being younger and thinking like, this is really dumb, but I kind of <laughs> like it. <laughs> Yeah, it was a really weird sequence because they had the long introduction of them just doing the different transformations and coming out of their secret lair and stuff like that. Then we get the long sequence of them just uh, showing off all their different powers and stuff. Yeah. The guy who wrote this did write four episodes of Transformers. Or no, one episode of Transformers and three of Beast Machines. Our connection to uh, Transformers to sustain the podcast. What's the guy's (laughs) name? Michael Reeves. I think he does. I think he actually wrote more Ninja Turtle episodes. I think I recognize that name. Yeah, Michael Reeves wrote at least 20, 30 episodes in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think he was more involved in the first three seasons. Oh, wow. He wrote Batman Mask of the Phantasm. That was like a big theatrical movie I think he wrote. So we should also probably head over to episode two. Yes. But first, intermission. How would you guys like to know what the lyrics are for the Mighty GoBots? <laughs> um, what are you suggesting no? here? Oh, uh, you guys don't want to read them and see uh, how they're like. Like, um, I can't just read them. I have to actually like sing. Sing them, them out. Okay. Go, Mighty Orbots. I just. <laughs> it's just funny. It's like I I thought I was hearing attacking the Tower of Darkness with one mighty force. And that, because that's here on the lyrics, I'm like, what is the dark tower of darkness? Is this Umbra like? He's in a he's in a sphere. It's not a tower. I don't understand. He's a giant space monstrosity. Oh yeah, one thing we forgot to mention is the main villain is a supercomputer who lives under a planet, and he runs a secret organization called Shadow that tries to take over the universe. That's that's pretty much it. He has no personality. He's a generic supervillain. Well, he's kind. Yeah, he's kind of a. Obviously, he's a bad, he's a bad guy, but he'll like betray his, the people who works for him in later episodes. Wow! Like he's I, not, uh... he's not, he's not loyal to anybody. Oh, I like how the Mighty Warbots have courage that sh- that shines like the sun. Anyway, that's all we need to do about the lyrics. We can go on to episode two now. End intermission. <laughs> uh, continue intermission for five seconds because I'm trying to grab a drink from the other table. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, Sammy. All right, we're good. (laughs) So in episode one, the plot of them was trying to stop an asteroid from stopping a a ship from rock stars. 
And then those rock stars were actually evil. And somehow their music transformed into a giant creature the more they played. And that's what the mighty Orbots fought and then blew it up on Saturn's moon. And somewhere along the way, uh, girl robots partied. That's all I remember about the episode. So who wants to describe the plot episode two briefly to jog listeners' memories or get them up to speed? (laughs) All right. One volunteer. Sammy, you're up. (laughs) This is the episode I barely remember. (laughs) I watched it yesterday. I'm so bad. Half the time, I'm just like, what is going on? (laughs) And I get really distracted by how they interact with anything. Um, but no, uh, there's, okay, so the plot of the episode is that Ono wants to become human because Rob's like, hey, Dia, she a hot chick, so I'm going to kind of ignore you. And she's like, man, I'd be more useful if I were human, sad face. And so Umbra, Shadow, whatever is like, Minion, go grant a wish. And Minion's like, okay. And so anyway, she turns human. It screws up the whole, like, let's turn into a bunch of robots or big robots. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Then they, they, he gets fixed anyways. They defeat the big bad by throwing him into a tornado. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Please never ask me to summarize things. <laughs> it's funny, though, because I like how the first time that she looked sad was when he was telling her that I don't like basically how you're acting, or if you were more like a human. I was like, oh, she looks like she's having an identity crisis. And then he just completely ignores her to go hit on the girl. So that's he when she's really like... Actually, he was talking down to her pretty hard. It was basically yeah. telling her, you're a robot, you don't have a soul like humans do. <laughs> that's pretty harsh. And they did like a... After he said his line, they did a close-up on her face and just played some sad music. And then yeah. he moved on and completely for away from her. But at least he, it ended with a good moral. Twice. It ended with a good moral, though, right? Like, I like you for just who you are, right? Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> I, did, I thought it was funny. In the future, you never have to walk anywhere. There is just moving sidewalks wherever you go because mm-hmm. we have the money to just do that in the future. I feel like I'm just so used to that trope, I didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I actually like the villain in this episode, how he can just be... He's a gas that can become solid when he wants to, and he can use it to take on any form, and he can actually get more powerful when he's like absorbing different energies. I thought that was a pretty interesting villain for that episode. Uh, agreed, well, except for the uh, last part where he's just butt naked. Yeah, uh, I did see that that round animated butt when, from a lot of the back <laughs> angles, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I, I guess that's what he wants to make when he becomes a solid. So... What one thing I thought was hilarious is so when he approaches her in the first place and says, "Hey, hey, man, I got this drug called a wish, and it'll make you human." It's just an old guy with a beard listening to a Walkman, and she's just <laughs> like, "Yeah, I'll trust this guy." Yeah. <laughs> she's like, "Who are you?" And he goes, "That's not important." <laughs> I'm like, and it's like, "Okay, I'm okay with that answer." <laughs> That was yeah. That was a pretty weird sequence, especially the mainly just because of just the character design, where he, yeah, I thought he was wearing a Walkman, but I think that was actually part of his anatomy. I don't know if it was just a Walkman, but it came out of his ears and then formed some kind of necklace around his neck. 
I don't know. I thought it was just a Walkman, the way he was just trying to decorate himself. <laughs> yeah, it, it was It's fine. Cool. Old men listen to Walkman. It's fine. <laughs> it makes it more convincing. Well, one thing I thought was weird is I wasn't expecting the episode of, to go where I thought it was with her transformation. I thought she was going to be human long enough to appreciate how she is as a robot and not want to be human. But instead, the minute she's a human, they need her and boom, they're turning her again within less than a minute. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess that's not happening at all. And it's more about how she's a useful plot instead of a person because they need her to operate the mighty robot. All right, so much for that. So it didn't go where I was expecting it, but it was still, the first three episodes were still written pretty well. I didn't think there was any any flaws in them. And definitely, oh, so Andy, in our episodes, we have a segment called Animation Errors. Uh, where we go over Transformers animation errors we saw that really stood out. And I can't say I saw any animation errors while watching these three episodes. Yeah. I mean, again, it, like, TMS is super solid. I mean, other than color errors, which is just like, you know, happens it, when you're doing cell animation, you know, you're doing a hundred of these a day. It's like, oh, no, this this chest is orange instead of white, you know. I, I'm really trying to think if I, if I anything sticks out, like... I can't think of anything. Yeah, I don't recall seeing anything. Like, the only thing I could nitpick is just that, just like Transformers, they had issues just maintaining, like, consistent, like, character proportions. Like, sometimes they're really big. Like, they seem like they were as big as houses, and then they make a giant robot, but then they're standing next to Rob, and they're just like, hey, I'm just human size. Yeah. Yeah, that, That actually worked here with Plasmus, because he starts out human size, then he gets mighty Orbot size, and then he just gets as big as a whole, almost a whole planet because he's absorbing so much energy near the end of the episode. And they're keeping his scale consistent, like it's consistently getting bigger. You don't see him accidentally the size of a Smurf before like he goes back to being a house again. <laughs> this isn't an animation error, but it was just like, it, I don't know how to describe it. It was just funny and weird, and I'm not entirely sure what they were doing. But there's a portion where the villain is looking at the camera and he's just winking. He just keeps winking at least he's talking. And I'm like, are you okay, buddy? Are you having a seizure? <laughs> like, what What was the purpose of this? And I'm like, this is going on for a minute. What? Help him. I don't remember. Which, which no. episode is that? That was episode two. I, I, It was just really bizarre to me. So I, that's really, I just got uncomfortable again by how many times he winked. So, Andy, do you remember the Boo and Bo's powers? Yeah, one was Mistress of Illusion, as <laughs> What's-His-Face said. And uh, the other one was uh, she just can fire em- elemental stuff. It, it seemed like one of them had two, three powers, or maybe it switched between them and I forgot. Like, one of them shot a heat laser out of her forehead, but maybe she was using fire elemental. Because another of them used an energy whip to trap Plasmus. And I was like, does she just have a lot of powers or was that just a different robot now using the heat thing? And I just wasn't paying attention. But I did like at the end how every single one of the robots uses their powers to trap him during the first battle. Like even the the crunch guy eats a hole in the the asteroid so they can slam him in between it and trap him in there for a little bit. I thought that was pretty funny because it also made use of all their powers to show them working together. So what do you think, Andy, of this episode? Is this also as as good as the other episodes? 
Yeah, I think it's a little uh, less cookie cutter, like introducing the robots and giving you like 15 minutes of the plot. Like this is they really dedicate a lot of time to uh, talk about Ono having her identity crisis and then realizing, wow, I guess I was pretty good as I was <laughs> pretty useless now. You know, the, the, the 80s TV show kids resolution of like, you're OK the way you are. So, I mean, other than and yeah, I, I think it was a good episode. Sammy, Thomas, what did you guys think just so far? Episode one and two, did it make you actually want to watch episode three, even though you already had to watch it for this podcast? <laughs> it made me feel like I had to watch episode three. <laughs> I was going to say like you had to because it was so good. You need to ha- watch it next right now. Is that what I you had meant? to because it was homework that was assigned to me. By my <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh there's nothing in particular that I don't know I dislike about the show. It's just that it seems so simple, but then I don't know. There's it's there's such simple premises that are just drawn out so long. I feel like every episode just goes on forever. <laughs> when you first watch it, since you watched this years ago, because Andy probably forced them all on you like in a like one day and said, Here, have this disc. Uh, he, Andy did give me all the episodes, uh, and I still hadn't watched it until now. <laughs> Thanks, uh, friend. I think I know. I'm so sorry. I watched one episode, and I don't. I don't remember if you were there with me. It might have. It might have just been another friend. But anyways, I watched the first episode years ago. Uh, but yeah, no, I never. I don't know. I never finished watching it. I, I guess Andy was supposed to like be like, "Here's the disc," and then we watch it together, and that never happened. So clearly, it's Andy's fault. <laughs> I, I'm the bad friend. <laughs> oh, no. Andy's I'm having sorry, the identity <laughs> crisis this episode. I have to turn to a robot. Watch out, guys. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. I mean, I watching the three episodes now. I like it. But it's uh, not something that I could binge watch. Yeah, that narrator is what kills it for me. Like even uh, okay, my wife one... like saw the first episode <laughs> and she was making fun of the narrator with me, and I'm just he... like, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> I don't know how much I could stand. I okay, so I love, I love the narrator. He's actually my favorite, along with Ono. Hmm. But that might also be slightly. One, I love narrators already. Two, I've been watching a lot of JoJo, and the narrator just reminds me of Speedwagon. <laughs> <laughs> but does he talk to the audience sometimes or something all like the time the narrator does okay. all of the time <laughs> i noticed the narrator in episode two and especially in three starts to talk more toward the viewer to like make him more of a personal narrator i am so okay with that it is just him telling a story one of the episodes he says mighty orbots what a guy <laughs> and I, I don't know if that's on one two or three but i just remember like cracking up because i'm like that's that's such a dumb line but i love it if anyone's ever seen like the end of Transformers episodes, the narrator always says the most cheesiest line at the end of every like Headmasters or Master Force or, or Victory episode. It's just like, really? Like the narrator is gone all episode. Then he comes back to say some really cheesy line for like a whole minute. And I'm like, <laughs> it's just always the most ridiculous thing. See, I love stuff like that. Like that, that doesn't bug me at all. Yeah, it's just that it happens so much. It's like he's narrating stuff as it happens. That was also some of the problem. I feel like if they could get rid of some of that, then the other parts of the narrator would work. Yeah, I, I think it was like just for 
trying because a lot of a lot of stuff is happening in the show. I mean, it's really just very basic stuff, but maybe they thought the audience was, you know, might have kids might have needed that. You know, well, that's that's why it has two theme songs. It has the let's explain the backstory followed by the actual theme song every episode. Oh, yeah, the beginning. Yeah. Okay, so the third episode, I just liked how stuff kept getting progressively worse every <laughs> minute, all the time. It's like, oh no, now we're, the satellite's been captured, now like the asteroids are going to hit it. Then they're like, oh no, now we're trapped on this planet. Oh no, now we have no energy. And then they finally get energy, and they're like, oh no, we failed, we blew up the comet, it hit a dam. And they're like, oh no, wait. <laughs> <laughs> we stopped Those... the dam, but now another part of the comet's going to destroy Galactic Patrol. And I'm like, oh my god. It just never stops. The problems just keep happening. I just like how those... that they For one, that they were close enough to see it hit the dam. The one rock out of like the 50 million rocks that spewed off from it. And was like, oh, that's the only point that we could see. It's the only point that damaged something. Hopefully all those other rocks hit nothing huh i thought it was kind of funny that he said great we're being placed by a machine because a new satellite's going to protect asteroids from hitting earth when they themselves are machines <laughs> yeah womp, womp. uh so any other thought any thoughts on this episode guys start with andy i think it was a solid episode i i thought it was funny though when like the, one of the things uh they, they hit the asteroid and then it goes everywhere and like oh we have to watch out and they hit the asteroid again at the end and it's just a-okay it's like they it's like oh cool there's no debris oh yeah i just realized that they they punched the big asteroid fine it goes into like 10 or 15 pieces and then hitting one of those pieces made the narrator go oh my god are they all dead <laughs> yeah as if I was like, if they weren't destroyed by the main thing before it broke into pieces, I'm sure the one piece isn't going to hurt them. I also like how Galactic Patrol is just staring at it like, we sh we could get away, maybe, but... <laughs> now that requires more animation. <laughs> they already burnt the budget with, <laughs> with everything else. All of the Orbots are standing in a living room, and so in order to summon them, they go to separate locations like their Voltron lions just so they can reuse the stock footage. Yeah. A and then they just come together again. I was like, why'd you separate to come together again? You were already together in the living room chilling. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, why? Oh, man. Look, they have to come uh, together in a very specific way. But I did think the villain's idea was clever to, to reverse that satellite to actually get them to come to a planet and then trap them reversing it so it kept people on a planet instead of things out yeah i think he's been the most competent so far yeah though it was kind of funny he was defeated in one hit by the blue guy he's just like i'll just drill underground and he just pops out and destroys helmet instantly i'm like oh that was easy why didn't you guys do that 10 minutes ago i love how like okay so like that villain and then the first villain were like the first sign of adversity they're just like ah, time to give up and i'm like wow all right. Oh, you mean the villain at the beginning who's frozen? He's like, well, I've lost. He's like, just like, womp. 
when they were when they were watching the TV show. Yeah. No, it's uh, well, there's there's that, but then like also the the uh, rock and roll duo. Didn't they get stuck in a bubble? Was that yeah? That was it. Like that's it. Like they were like, all right, yeah, man, we're gonna you destroy the Orbots, and Dia's like, boo, bubble, and they're done. (laughs) You've been bubbled. Or it was, uh, I think it was beginning episode two where they start off fighting a villain and they freeze him, and then he just kind of or defeat him, and he just kind of sits there like, I'll let you guys like just kill me now because I'm defeated. I was like, yeah, no, it was just like, all right, okay, cool. I'm still wondering what Dia is gonna do, like in the future, if she's gonna do anything useful or she is so um, useful. She catches the bad guys at the end after they're already about to escape. And if they and if they had escaped, it wouldn't have affected the plot either. Well, she saved the day in the first episode. She saved yeah. Uh, yeah, in the first one, she did save them, the two girls. But then in the third and second, she's just kind of there. Second episode, she got trapped, and she's like, "Well, crap." But the third episode, she's helpful. Yeah. See, oh, I thought and she that was destroyed the shield of the planet. Oh, uh, she no the the because they got rid of Min- Mentalo's helmet, the animal went crazy and destroyed the shield. Right, Andy? Is that what happened? Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, that was it. The uh, the big uh, elephant thing, or I'm trying to remember. Yeah, what the about. elephant thing. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what happened because she was outside the planet. She couldn't get through because the yeah, okay. because the shield was out. Well, still, she did. She did capture the dude, and they weren't gonna catch up to him. So uh, she still did something. Yeah, she. Just, yeah, she still saved the day. Cause yeah, they they were still just. I'm useful. I just don't <laughs> consider capturing the villain as he's escaping useful because they could just write him to be escaped from prison next time anyway. And I'm just like, why didn't the heroes stop them? I I just like I just find her just very weird in this show. Like, what is what is her purpose? I guess I'll find out more as the episodes go along if I watch them. She's the she's the daughter of the of Rondu, you know the yeah. the potential love interest. Maybe one day we'll have the uh, goes on a date episode in the future. Oh, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> <laughs> kind of going back to all the troubles every that just kept escalating and escalating. I do like the one scene where. Commander Rondu calls the GoBots. <laughs> he calls the Orbots after the satellite's been taken. So the asteroid's coming. He calls them, and he's basically calling them in just to come save the day. Uh, but then they have to tell him that they don't have any power, so they can't fly there. So he says, this looks bad, very bad. And then he just cuts off the communication and just goes away. <laughs> and then that's, that's the end of it. He doesn't say, oh, you guys don't have power. We'll send some help to get you, or we'll figure out a way to get you power. He just leaves them while they're stranded on the planet. <laughs> well, so I also like, oh, wow, I forgot. <laughs> I also like his first call. He's like, oh, an asteroid's about to hit Earth. Oh, yeah, in 30 seconds. I only called you to tell you you're not needed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, the, he was pretty funny in that episode. I don't, I don't, <laughs> that was an odd way to write his lines. Just, I don't know if something was cut out or what. Possibly. Andy, so did you, I'm sure you, so you watched all these as a kid, I assume, or you, whatever you could find on VHS, you said, right? Yeah, it was only like within the past like four, five years of me searching through for DVDs, or um, I, I was able to watch it in good to terrible quality. And, and see like some episodes you might have missed too, or? Yeah. Okay. 
So what did you think when you were able to finally see all 13 episodes? Because there's only 13 episodes in this series because, as of we mentioned earlier, the lawsuit. Um, I was I, I was thrilled because I, 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 I've said many times, <laughs> I, I really enjoy the animation. And um, I, I actually I actually like the, the, the narrator because I, I just think it's I think it's super cheesy and it, it just gives that extra level of charm. Like this is a really silly show. Some of the later episodes, I, I think, are actually pretty good and pretty well written too. No one else gets turned into a human, or a human gets turned into a robot. Uh, the, yeah, they already crossed that bridge. So, <laughs> is episode thirteen actually a finale, or is it just kinda, like kinda? I mean, I guess they knew halfway through it. They were like, I don't want to give anything away, but it's pretty like it. it kind of it kind of wraps things up. Hmm. Interesting. Um, but it, it's actually it's a, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty good episode. Speaking of wraps things up, what was that? <laughs> is that you, Thomas? Wait, yeah. that's me. Yes. No, I just said let's just wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was. Getting. So, any final thoughts from everyone here? Do you want to watch the rest of the show based on these three episodes? So, uh, I do want to watch it. I said I, I, again, like I wouldn't binge it but i do want to eventually finish watching it and i do want to see the kind of sort of wrap up uh and would i suggest it to anybody else it is still definitely worth a watch even just the first couple of episodes see if you like it but it's definitely <sighs> of course it could be like a little bit tighter or whatever but for a 80s robot show that isn't hop into a robot and robots don't have sentience boop doo like i don't like those type of shows so i will get my hands on anything that actually has robots with feelings <laughs> so anyways uh definitely worth a shot yeah yeah i, I do uh, want to keep watching it myself i think that sammy mentioned probably that's probably my problem is just trying to watch so many episodes back to back to back kind of just wears down on you but i'm still interested because the show does seem somewhat unique where it takes place so far in the future and everything's just so fantastical and like here's these random just space monsters and stuff like that a lot of the other robot shows that i've seen so far that i'm aware of it's just they're kind of all grounded and that kind of just makes them all sort of of the same mold and they're dealing with like the same type of problems and just a lot of there's a lot of like basic earth stuff going on in those shows unlike this where they're all over the place and just <laughs> we can just come up with all kinds of plot plot devices and stuff using so, yeah, yeah i'm never... definitely looking forward to uh seeing the rest of it yeah you never really know where the episode is gonna go uh, yeah exactly yeah it, on the surface it, it looks like it's just another giant robot fights generic evil guy all the time but it i thought it was interesting because it has a lot of different characters that each appendage is actually a living creature a living robot that has its own personality and even separate powers that and it seems like there's going to be like a different villain every single episode. You know, typically with, you know, kids cartoons, you're going to keep rehashing the same villains over and over. And they're oh. going to keep trying to, you know, do a different spin on the same plan or same powers or something like that. Yep. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. And uh, to anyone listening, if you like any kind of space cartoons, uh, old cartoons from the 80s like this, just something that's a little unique. And plus, you don't have many episodes to watch to try it out or if you uh, start getting into it. So, Andy, your thoughts? It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's all right. 
now I, I as I love it and it's a really really great show really like a cool relic of the 80s you know because the shows are not really like that anymore I don't think that have just this like fluid animation and just cool we didn't I, we I, we didn't actually mention the soundtrack like the jazzy soundtrack I I actually kind of like it a lot just the, the 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 music of the show it's actually just kind of this cool jazz and I'm like this is kind of neat <laughs> this is, it's very different. But yeah, so it's it's pretty unlike anything uh, I, I've seen up before I saw that. So it's I would recommend it. Welcome to another episode of our podcast called Sparkcast. Oh God, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. All right. <laughs> <laughs> introduce introduce yourselves quick. Just oh my God. <laughs> Do that over. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another exciting episode of Sparkcast. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. I'm your co-host Sean, along with Sammy Bort and Thomas Bort. And a sp- <laughs> oh my god, Thomas, you actually added something to your name. No, nah, I think that was a connection dropping or something. Okay. Oh yeah, of course. Uh huh. <laughs> And joining us today, we have Andy Bort. Before we begin, Andy, give us a random Mighty Orbots fact. Yuji Ono did the music, and he did music for Loop on the Third. So the I, music is so stellar. I wanted to say that the last one, and I, I mentioned the music, and I was like, "We should have said Yuji Ono." <laughs> <laughs> well, now you did. I did it. I, all this time, he finally has the sweet release. Oh, it's been it's been so long. <laughs> Months. Episode four. What did uh, everyone think of this episode? Uh, I like to call this the zombie Ewoks episode. Dollar That's store the, Ewoks. Yeah, I was also thinking of the pawpaw bears. I, I just went straight for Smurfs. Smurf slash Care Bears. Also true. I also wrote down Smurfs. Oh my god. I just put like anime bargain bin Ewoks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're they're kinda all trash is really what we're saying here. Except Smurfs is great, but I wanted to find them really cute, but they, they're just kind of annoying. Is it because they all of their have voice? like a really low pitched weird voice? Yeah, they they're... gotta do that. Hello guys! Come Hi. save us. And there's one guy named Grant. <laughs> <laughs> Was that the wizard? He's like the wizard one that just kept throwing powder at everyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, see, it's got magic, so this is like the Ewoks movies. Except not no, good. It's like Care Bears. <laughs> oh, so I have a quick question. Uh, I don't remember this episode. What did Dia do this episode? Did she do anything? I don't. Was she even in it? Hold on. I don't think she was in this one. Yeah, I recognized stuff for five and six, but then I was like, wait, I didn't write anything for four. I think she was just absent. Yeah, she wasn't in that one. Okay. Then, yeah, I, I don't have anything in my notes for Dia. I don't know if we covered this before, but one thing that was interesting is, you know, they all merged together, and they're still all talking together, even though they're combined. They also still retain all their individual personalities and are able to, like, link and, like, fight with each of their limbs. And it's just, like, weird because I'm, I'm like, you know, in Transformers, the people combine, and they have to have one mind, or it's not a really good mind, so they just kind of rampage. Well, that's because the Transformers are trash, and these are Orbots. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Orbots wow. are more advanced. 
They but, figured but, out the technology to just get them to work separately, but also together. Do we I ever find know. out the, the year that Orbots takes place in? Stellar year 1984-2000. It's, the, it's <laughs> well, the 23rd century. Yes. <laughs> okay, so uh, at least 200 years beyond Transformers. Because Transformers takes place like in our time, in the actual 1984 well, how long did the, the Transformers had millions of years of a head start? Like, how long have the Orbots <laughs> and their technology been around? I don't know. Sometime before the episode began. <laughs> uh, so the uh, narrator, I com- completely forgot about the narrator. You mean the best part? Because he's like, Owen. hey, that's a whatever machine, just in case you don't know. Then he's like, oh, no, they did something. Oh, look, he escaped. And I'm like, oh, that's right. This guy narrates everything. Like the the Japanese Transformers narrator does. Look, he's he's the speed wagon of Mighty Orbots, and I appreciate him. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I I love. I, I think you hated the narrator, if I remember correctly, right? Maybe it was just annoying the first three episodes, yeah. but this time I was like, I thought it was funny how he actually interacted. I, I don't think it's this episode; it's the next one where he's like, "Oh no, the Orbots will yeah. never get out of." Oh wait, they did. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, and and he kind of went back into his like not Gary Owen voice. He goes, "Oh, I guess I was wrong," and uh, <laughs> which which I really appreciated. So I forgot the names of the, the the robots. I actually thought the two girls were called D and Do, but they're Why? actually called like Boo and Bo. <laughs> D and Do, wow. <laughs> and it, I always forget them, but I think I think Bo is the yellow one and boo is the orange one right i always get interchangeable it's fine i yeah the colors don't seem that great for me to really recognize it i can tell the way i tell them apart is from their head shape Mm. (laughs) yeah one looks like the girl from metropolis another one is just like cute girl robot Mm -hmm. but they both have the same face regardless they're both freaking adorable This was weird. So there's what? I didn't know if it was a hypno spell or a sleep spell. Later, you find out it is hypnotism. And I'm just like, how is hypnotism working on robots? Plot device. Don't question it. It's it's advanced hypnotism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Specifically for Orbots. I laughed when the Orbots were fighting the wizard dude and just like punches his arms in the ground and they're like whoa it's a cave-in and I'm like what do you think would have happened? <laughs> so you made the cave-in like maybe you should have thought about that before just punching the ground and missing completely. This I mean this is kind of one of my least favorite episodes of the show but the animation in this episode I think is a little bit above the other ones. There's a couple scenes in the beginning, like around four minutes in, where it's just Rob using some type of scanner. And it's like really beautifully done animation of like this machine and all these uh, separate parts of it. And it's like, this should be one of those synthwave videos on YouTube where it just plays the same uh, gif over. It's just really beautifully done. And then it's just a scene of him just lying back in the chair. And it's just like, this is this should just be a synthwave <laughs> synthwave video because it's just so nicely done agreed are you talking about like the lo-fi stuff yeah the lo-fi sorry that's what i meant yeah Yeah. well watching these episodes uh these next three episodes i just 
kind of just felt wow this stuff is really ambitious like you you can still kind of tell that it's like from the 80s and it's like lower frame rate and it's some of the scenes and animation it's much slower but they do so much with it there's so much detail and you can tell that they're really trying to just make something like super exciting just from it's one thing watching these few episodes i'm just like wow i really like the, the the diversity there is because in these three episodes they went to an asteroid prison there Mm -hmm. was a cruise ship the forest moon Uh, in the previous episodes there was the a rock concert it just oh yeah there's so many different environments it it feels like that you know we're going to do this this episode and we're not going to rehash it that's actually a really good point too like Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of work to keep creating more scenery more scenery and the villains are always different it's always some somebody different instead of like rehashing some of the same characters and stuff yeah, um, and like the last uh, oh. episode six, the space pirate dude, or I'm sorry, the the star pirate. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Shrek. He, did 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 he? Is was was he working for Shadow? No, or... he wasn't. Okay, cool. Because like, I'm like, I think that's the first one that. Yeah, he wasn't working for that, but we're we're jumping a little ahead. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, I was I was looking into the the credits, and there's um in the mechanical design. Like, there's two names. It's like one's uh, Katsumi uh, Hirobu. I think I spelled it wrong. And and so another person, but they both like worked on like Harlock and every space anime you could ever think of with these beautiful uh, illustrative like uh, spaceships and space cities and stuff like that. And if you Google their names, it's like the first things that come up. And like all the backgrounds of the show which are just, how long did it take to do this? <laughs> it's just, they're just so pretty. I'm glad to know that they actually did work on Harlock because while I was watching, sorry, episode six, um, it, it like it immediately reminded me of Harlock, and I'm like, huh, interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah, one episode they talk about it was an antimatter engine, and then there's a, the Harlock movie with the black matter engine, so it's like all very much space science. Like, <laughs> nice. When I was watching this sixth episode, I was like, man, the animation is really detailed and high quality here, and always so much stuff on the screen. Whether it be multiple colors or multiple aliens in the background, like in all these episodes, mm-hmm. like everything at the both space stations for five and six, and then the fourth one, like all the the, the not Ewoks <laughs> that are just everywhere <laughs> infesting the episode. The Dreadlocks. I was hoping that they were going to be shaped more like Grimlock instead of whatever they're shaped as now. <laughs> so I had a <laughs> question. Bring that right back to Transformers. <laughs> I had a question about uh, this this episode four. So they have the most powerful mineral on this planet, Energite. Uh, Energite. <laughs> and uh, no one has conquered these Ewoks this whole time. Like, nobody has come just to rob them of their land and get this mineral. You think tons of people would have come and enslaved these guys already and tried to take all their minerals. They're just, you know, just fighting with sticks and occasional magic. So, I mean... If you're a planet that's just, like, off in the abyss, who cares or who knows that they're there? Out of the whole, like, when you're when you're traveling with, like, light speed, there's a bajillion planets out there. And, and then the travel. planet itself is probably pretty big, too, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so big, it's not big enough that they can't immediately find, when they land, the exact tribe that's been <laughs> <laughs> taken over and the bad guys. Like, a whole planet, and they happen to luckily land where... All the stuff is happening. 
but, it's ideal. You know, it's a, it's an ideal vacation spot. That's the name of the planet. <laughs> <laughs> I love the names of everything. Like in one episode, it's called Sandia. I'm like, who thought of that? I laughed so hard at Sandia. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, I have to remember. You have to remember. It's like, oh, it's a kids' cartoon. But it's just like, mm. and it's like, I appreciate that lack of effort. Look, oh, they, giving, they were up all night thinking. <laughs> they're given 120% effort on everything else. We can give them a little bit of leeway on names. Yeah. <laughs> so so what did you guys think of, was it in the middle of the episode when they land? He's like, hey guys, I got two tickets. Do you two want to go with me? And then the girl is totally not interested. But then as soon as her sister shows an interest, she's like, oh, now I'm interested. Just because I'm jealous you're getting attention. That entire <laughs> argument was ridiculous. Tor is such a jock. I was like, wow, you're yes. being such a jerk to your sister. Like, you already said no. <laughs> but I did like how they resolved it at the end. They're just like, oh, I saved your life. Oh, you saved mine. They just kind of stared at each other. And it's like, that works for a cartoon. We're like, oh, we fought. And now we're back to normal, you know, friends, family dynamic. Yeah. Time to like, use we... our friendship to throw Tor into a tree, which he totally <laughs> did not deserve. No. He's just trying to flirt, and he got thrown into a tree because these girls yeah. had an argument. <laughs> That's a little much, guys. <laughs> what was also weird is, like, there's this really weird, it almost sounds like jazz music when they're searching through the mines after that conversation. And I'm just like, this seems a little out of place, this music. But eventually it comes back in two or three minutes as a jazz remix of the theme song. But it's very low. Like you have to be listening to it to realize it's actually the theme song. In a uh, is 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 that the when they're running out or when they're? It's when they're just walking through the uh, the caves. Nothing's happened yet. I think. Yeah. No, that's like kind of like the chill. Like, hey, it's the Orbots. I, I I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, and I was just like waiting for them to make all kinds of bad puns when he's frozen. I, I thought he'd be like, hey, Bo, you already gave me the cold shoulder. <laughs> they lost their chance to use that one. It's all right. They used cold shoulder in the next episode. Yes, I know. I was like, I just wrote this down, and then they used it again. <laughs> well, what I love about the show is that there's an entire scene when they're fighting. It's like fighting puns. When it's like, we gave him the cold shoulder. It's like anything they can make a pun out of, they do. But it's only really when they're fighting other bad guys. And they mm -hmm. do that, they did in the first episode, and then, like, I think this one, where they're just, like, saying it's, like, well, call between a rock and a hard place, you know what I mean? Like, those type of things. I did appreciate, towards the end of the episode, when uh, Orbot saves the day, and the narrator just says, whatever, 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 what a guy. <laughs> and it just, it just led me to a tangent that I really appreciated, Red Dwarf and ace rimmer i just watched a bunch of the ace rimmer best of ace rimmer stuff on youtube yes. uh it, it, it uh, yeah ace it's related because just he in in the ace rimmer stuff all the villains and all the people he saved every time they have an interaction with them and he walks away they say what a guy <laughs> find it weird that so it's three guy robots and two girl robots but when they combine into the, the main Orbot thing called Tor, right? No, the big guy is just called Mighty Orbots. Okay, yeah. so they collectively, the narrator always calls it as a he. And I was just like, huh. I mean, it is like a, a, a mix of male and female robots, but they call it a he. I just thought that was interesting. I mean, he is also technically a they term. Mm -hmm. Like, it can be a plural. 
depending on the context. It was a different time. Yeah, I was going to say, the 80s, they were bad. This wasn't even a thought. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was just reading how to write book, and it was very insightful about he's and they's and she's. It all really just depends on the time frame. This is my last note. So they're counting down. They're like, oh, God, the satellite's going to blow up, and they count down from 10. And then right when one starts, they're still outside, like far away from the satellite. And like it would have counted down to zero as they were starting punching through it. And it would have blown up before they went through the whole thing. But somehow, you know what? It's just a cartoon, whatever. They just plow through the whole thing in like four seconds. But so- in when there's only one second left. But somehow that blows it all up before it blows the planet up or something. They unite on the five second mark. So it's like they they they're like it's like she's counting down and they're completely united by at like five by five seconds and it's just like that okay <laughs> yeah I was like is that the in real life timing if you don't slow it down to watch them actually morph up does it actually only take them five seconds to transform whatever the animation budget is <laughs> fair enough but like even then they're like we have a minute and then it's like four minutes later it's like we have thirty seconds. <laughs> Makes it's sense like, to me. It's like Dragon Ball Z timing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. I just have one question about Grand Dick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, why they all seem super helpless throughout most of the episode until the very end where he clearly is very powerful where he's, well, I guess he's not really holding his own against Orbots, but he's He's throwing around all these wizard spells and like just doing all kinds of crap. Like he couldn't defend. They, I felt like that they probably could have defended themselves a little bit better against probes. Hmm. Uh, and it didn't seem like it was that many. I, yeah, I think he, they only released one on the planet when Orbots went into space. That's when he was fighting more. But I don't know. He seemed pretty skilled. Even if he couldn't like you know defeat them, he couldn't find a way to make them to you know to escape by like making himself go invisible or something. It just seemed odd to like out of nowhere. That here's all this power. <laughs> it was, was a... unlocked by being hypnotized mm-hmm. or taking control. He was just like, wow, I didn't know I had this much power. Oh, so oh he was God. like Majin Grandic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But when oh I have a note here when they went to Grandick's lab his car his little bean car there the entire time like like he jumps in his car and they build the robot but like I did did they have the car there or is it just there because of plot convenience oh I did just remember something too isn't it where Rob shows up and rather than take out the villain before they can do that whole two minute fight with the Orbots instead he's like ha we're gonna stop you now giving him enough time to summon his like magical powers of vines and glass vines and stuff because <laughs> you know the hero's always got to stand there and announce hey we're gonna stop you yeah. instead of surprise attacking them well maybe he was returning a favor because when they brought them to the cave they explained how evil they were and what they did to their friends they took they took their sweet time before they decided to actually hypnotize or attempt to hypnotize rob and uh the little robot oh no so you guys want to head on to the fifth episode yeah all right yeah I just had a really bad line of dialogue on here, which didn't make any sense. He's like, they're out of control. And then there's like a very, very long pause before you hear Ono say, I know that, you know that, but they don't know that. And I'm like, (laughs) ugh. This is like the worst dialogue the whole episode. Look, Ono tries her best. (laughs) (laughs) 
The one thing, though, is this is the first episode where Dia does absolutely nothing to the plot compared to one, episodes one, two, and three that I noticed. Is Everything she does in this episode doesn't matter. She has a cool costume. Yeah, she goes into the thing, but Rob's already freeing everybody. And then she goes into the evil doppelganger, but it just goes along for the ride. So she's technically doing nothing. And then she has to be saved. So everything she did in this episode served no purpose. I'm going to go ahead and disagree with that, Sean. I think she served a great purpose. That's why she was one of the uh, witnesses in the court case. And the one line that she had was pretty powerful. She said, something is dreadfully wrong. And (laughs) it, it... it elicited a response from her father, which was pretty, which showed how powerful her, her, her testimony was. Thank you for your testimony, daughter. And they just moved on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. She, it was just like, wait a minute. That's it. Did they cut something out? <laughs> so in this episode there, the, the, the mighty Orbot's on trial because it looks like they attacked all these planets. And I like how in the trial, it's computers judging robots who are also computers. The judges are the computers. They're not human. They can't make a mistake. Super reliable. I was going to say, like, look, D is usually useless, but also the mighty robots themselves continuously get kidnapped. Well, no, Dia like, is always doing stuff to help out in the first three episodes. Right. And actually contributes to the plot and stuff, which I thought was interesting. It's like, it was like, it reminded me a little bit of Penny in uh, Inspector Gadget, but that's not a good comparison because they actually, everyone does things in Mighty Orbots. It's just, it's just funny to me that that, that the Mighty Orbots just continuously get captured or taken away or something where Rob has to go save them. Well, I mean, I guess actually she did do something. I think she was kind of useful, unless Mm -hmm. I'm misremembering this segment of the episode, but when they were sent to the asteroid prison after being framed by, was what was it, Torbo? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, <Or two. laughs> which is totally an anagram of Orbot, right? Yeah. yeah. Tobor. Tobor, that was his do. name. That's what you have to do when you make an evil clone. So, I mean, we, yeah. go ahead, Andy. These, I would have loved to have had that blue version because that was really cool looking. I, yeah, I actually did like the look of it better, the color scheme. Yeah. yeah. So, one thing I, I, it was interesting is the bad guy's plan is actually pretty good in this episode because he sets them up. Somehow they weren't good at covering up because the, the good guys discovered that the bad guys did do it. But I'm like, with during the time the Orbots are in prison, they didn't, why did they use this time to actually. I don't know, paint their robot differently and, and pretend to be a hero or something, or just go and straight out attack Earth right away. Instead, they just wait for no reason to, to do any of their plan. Well, I'm, I mean, the bad robot was taken out really easily, so maybe they just wanted to get the Orbots out of commission. <laughs> the but... Orbots don't even defeat it. It gets defeated by a jet engine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a pretty Plus... bad doppelganger. Look, they just need to make it look like the Mighty Orbot. It didn't need to actually function. So what was the plan of Earth, whatever the good guy organization is called? They're like, ah, we'll have the Orbots go into prison, even though we know they're innocent, because we know that's where the bad guy is. And then they'll have to send the evil Orbot to attack Earth. And I'll be like, but what What was your plan? Was Earth Earth's forces going to defeat the evil robot? Because you clearly couldn't. 
if if uh, Rob hadn't gone against orders, like nobody ordered him to go free the Orbots, he went to go free the Orbots. Then they came back and defeated it before it could like destroy Earth and stuff. But Earth, it the Earth like they had no plan. They had the step one, but no, but no final steps. Wait, no, I thought the the whatever his name is, Dorian, whatever. Rondu. Uh, was like Rondu. <laughs> Screw it. Um, <laughs> Don Messick. Um, anyways, but he was like, no, we want the Orbots to infiltrate the asteroid, and then I guess presumably, like, that's why he sends Rob over there to go save them and bring so, like use yeah, the so he went on his to own. bring back well, the robot. Yes. Yeah, so Sammy's right. Rondu did send Rob. I guess I'm not too... It wasn't very clear why they decided to go to the asteroid. Because there, the, there was the segment where they said that like all the attacks were around a specific area. So I don't yeah. know if Rondu figured that out or was it... Dia no, he, he said that he figured it out. Okay, so, that, like so maybe that's why. They sent them to the asteroid just to be in the area, to be... Close and around, just in case Torbo, <laughs> Torbo, what is his name? <laughs> Tor, <You're close. laughs> Bizarro Orbots. Whenever he <laughs> decided to reveal his face again, they would already be in the vicinity. Yeah, essentially um, a surprise attack. Okay, so I missed that part where he was making sure Rob did that. I thought Rob just did it because he's like, my gut tells me this is wrong. I'm going. <laughs> I yeah. thought he, nah, was, he yeah. was just like. Well, I, I mean, he betrayed them. Yeah, he. I mean, he said that they were evil after defending them initially. Well, that's because he. They had to go in there under false pretenses and them not know because of the brain scan. Yeah, but then yeah. we, the viewer, know once we see the warden of the prison, right? And the Dante's Inferno quote. And even the narrator's got to be like, "Hey, what's this guy doing here?" Just in case you know the viewers <laughs> can't piece it together themselves. So, okay, I have a question. I did not realize there was the superhero identity aspect behind this. Yes. Dia is like, ah, oh, I wonder what the Orbot's commander is like. I was like, wait a minute. Is the commander your father? Or is she, t like, he's, no, he's the commander of their forces. Is she talking about Rob, who she's talking to right now? I'm yeah. like, how did you not know he's the command? I'm so, I was so confused. It wasn't until the next episode that I realized that was actually something. It, it's like, like a Superman Clark Kent thing. It's like, oh, it's Clark Kent. Super, and then he takes off his glasses. Oh, it's Superman, you know? So so what does she think he does there? He's like the technician or something? Yeah, I think so. There was one episode. It's like, you know those robot scientists? Like a really like, crappy comment. <laughs> like stupid robot scientists. And he's not defending himself either. He's like, oh, that commander is probably not a good person. I'm like, what are you? What? I was like, why are you like? Trashing he yourself he wants her to fall in love with the real him. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, and, and but then yeah, I don't get it either because I don't understand. Like, okay, so they have this dynamic where I guess I don't know. Nerd Rob is different, <laughs> and he has to hide who he really is, the real Rob. But why? Why? Why is that dynamic there? Other than like, hey, we saw this happen in Superman. If she finds out that he is the robot commander, wouldn't that just actually make thing, everything good and perfect? Mm -hmm. Maybe he can date the girl he's been trying to date all this time. <laughs> that feels like that's like a that feels like a season two that never happened like type thing they wanted to visit. <laughs> uh, fine, I'm just gonna jump into the sixth episode. So, 
like for a second because they're at the bar and she's talking about the commander of the Orbots and who she doesn't know. And she's standing right there next to her dad. Her dad knows this. And he's just sitting there like doesn't tell his daughter that Rob's the commander. Uh, just ignores it completely. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe he's got something against Rob. I don't know. I mean, I'm, but what yeah. Dia is high up in the organization. What point purpose does it serve to hide who, who he, he really is from is. her? She's high up in the organization. Yeah, it, that was the other part that really got me. I was like, what? Why? Well, what is the point of this ruse when your father knows exactly what's going on? And it's not even like, you know, with other, you know, superheroes that, like, hide their identity to, like, protect their loved ones. Dia is always in trouble. She is always <laughs> no, only in, in this episode is she in trouble. She usually pulls herself out of it in the first three. Or does other things. Oh, well, I mean, she kind of needs to be rescued at, in the previous episode where she was escaping with the robot that she, she couldn't control. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, we're still okay. We're going back to episode five now. I wasn't done with that one. Sorry, I just had to. Rob, keep, Rob just continuously that. has to save everyone. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, okay, so <laughs> Rob's like the super nerdiest guy ever, and it's just like, how could like, and it's like, how could you not tell he's faking this to be? It's like you look exactly like the dude. <laughs> it just oh, yeah. oh yeah. And well, maybe gets... that maybe that is the exp- explanation. He's super cool, and he wants to be the impressive jock. But he's really into books and engineering and building robots, and he's ashamed of that. And that was kind of a thing. You don't, you didn't want to be a nerd in the eighties, so Aww. maybe that's what they were getting at. <laughs> uh, and the worst, the worst is he saves her as the commander in this episode. A- after the robot pulls her out of his chest and is like, she's flying through space. He goes and saves her. She's sitting right next to him. She doesn't realize that that's Rob. I mean. Because he's lo- like on the side, or maybe she's unconscious. Because she uh, she never realizes that the person that saves her in that little like sitting right next mm-hmm. to him was Rob. <laughs> this is like a super dumb notice thing I noticed, but there's a uh, on Rob's watch. It hits this shape like a triangle and an M that looks exactly like the God Mars belt on the, <laughs> the show that that would, this was kind of based on. And I don't know if that was like a little nod the animators did, or like because it's only the shapes. Because like the mm-hmm. God Mars has a G and an M, but like his his watch is the same shape, like with like a triangle and an M. So I don't know if that's just co- coincidence or TMS going like we also did this one. It's probably a nod, like also knowing mm-hmm. TMS. I, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the memes online about God Mars and whatnot, but like that show no. is notoriously bet. Has like no animation in it. There's like three frames every episode, <laughs> and it's like the same like premise, not premise, but like robots, robots that turn into like one big guy. But it's just like it's just a, so funny how that had no animation and this has all the animation. Dia's wristwatch. I was like, oh yeah, I want a wristwatch that shoots bubbles at people and traps them inside of them. Mm. <laughs> it's very useful. And, and she was the only one that was like, oh, if I run some computer stuff, oh, of course, everything is centered around this devil's island. I was like, nobody's discovered that until she just put it in her computer. 80s cartoon logic. But, okay, so this is hilarious. I, I kind of cringed and laughed at the same time when you're seeing <laughs> all the all the things the robots are doing in prison, right? And <laughs> That's I nightmare see all... Fuel. I see all this water, 
And I'm just thinking, like, we've already seen the guy robots, and so then we get to the girl one, and she's in a tornado form, and I'm like, wait a minute, are those dishes? And I'm just like, oh my god, her punishment is to clean dishes nonstop for the rest of her life. And then later it cuts back to her, and she's not doing the dishes, she's just giving up. It's just like, I can't do this anymore. I mean, I think most of us would. <laughs> that's just how I feel so... after, like, that's how I feel after, like, one night of doing dishes. She's, like, so dejected and just, like, <laughs> over with life, and she's so sad until she gets rescued. I'm just like, oh my god. She abandoned all hope. He entered. <laughs> I'm forgetting, um, Green Guy's name. Or not Green Guy. The, the, the uh... The one who's a nuclear engine or an engine energy crunch 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 because yeah. I can't remember that. Um, <laughs> the part where they're showing crunch's torment that was terrifying, <laughs> just saying, like really awkward and uncomfortable. I never need to see anybody being force fed <laughs> for 999 years, force fed and basically forced to defecate. Well, I guess yeah. actually, no. At it was coming out of his back. <laughs> and then, of course, we all, of course, know that the other female robot needed to get attacked by tentacles. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, gardening. So. Gardening. <laughs> Japan, man. You have to have at least okay. one tentacle in your anime. <laughs> oh, I have a note here that after Boo gets, like, you know, captured and they go to the next scene, she goes, like, I don't know if it's my DVD or she goes, let me go, you big. And then it just cuts. And it's yes. just like, was she going to swear? Or was she going to say something that they deemed, no, nah, this is not okay for 80s children? Because it's a weird cut. Yeah, I noticed that too. And I'm just like, that's, um, it's, uh, we're hiding something here, aren't we? It's just, it's just odd because like, let me go, you big. And then it does the, the, the circle, like, uh, not circle, the, the colored, like, uh, you know, transition. Maybe it's on the bootleg Blu-ray if I go and buy that. It'll, all, <laughs> it'll be on there uncut. It's on the Spanish version. A picture you posted of Rob. It's like staring at me. Yeah, I'm just like, give me more pictures. That was like such a weird scene at the end because it just felt out really out of place. What was that? Yeah, I didn't know how to bring that up (laughs) and describe it because like it's such a visual thing and I don't, the sequence was, it was just weird. It was just like, here is an explosion and Rob just... I don't know, having an orgasm at the reaction as a reaction to it. I don't know. But like three layers of shading, like I they put a lot of money in the shot. (laughs) Yeah, in that particular episode, one of my notes was just how much facial animation that they were putting in. It's just like these guys are overreacting to everything. So I forgot to ask for a fact between episodes. Andy, what is your fact today? My fact today is Satoshi Dezaki did storyboards, but he's also the brother of the director, Ozamo Dezaki. So it's a talented family. And what are Very some talented. movies that he's done? The main guy, the the brother, the older brother? or Going not using Wikipedia, he, uh, let's see, he uh, worked on Mad Bull 34. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. He worked on what else is Wikipedia? <laughs> I've never watched it, but I know of it. Oh, it's it's weird. It, I mean, it's really like super adult, but it's like, but if you like that type of anime, it's, yeah, you'll enjoy it. He worked on uh, Tetsujin Twenty Eight, which is like a new Gigantor Sword for Truth. He worked on a lot of like really, you know, 
adult anime, apparently. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's cool that his, his brother was like, he was like, hey, yo, Satoshi, would you mind doing storyboards? <laughs> I had one final note for this episode. So I like how the bad guy says, you're trapped, and in less than a second is immediately pounced upon by the Orbots and defeated. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just... I mean, they still got the giant robot to take care of, but it was just hilarious. He's like, like typical bad guy speak. You can't give it, and it just is immediately defeated. I enjoy that they said lost in space as like one of the many sci-fi references that uh, the American writers put in there. It's like, she'll be lost in space. Wink. <laughs> so one thing I didn't realize until I started watching episode four, when Ono starts talking... I was like, wait a minute, this sounds like a gummy bear. And I had to like look online. Oh yeah, she's the, the pink kid gummy on gummy bears. And I was just like, huh. I didn't pick that up the first three episodes. I haven't seen this show in like 15 years. So I don't know why I remember that voice. Do you uh, want an extra, show. extra bit of trivia? Katsuya Kondo, actually, I think it works in Ghibli now. He, they uh, actually worked on Rainbow Bright and the gummy bears. <laughs> as well everybody oh. just works with each other it's yeah i saw like hey uh thomas she even voices like two of the main characters in gym really she also did the voice of buddy i don't even know who that is and we're gonna talk about that so on to the next uh next um, thing. <laughs> I, you're not i'm you're not gonna let robots? you i'm not no. gonna let you railroad <laughs> challenge of the gobots <laughs> yeah that would be really hard to imagine i mean the show only got what 13 episodes yeah to bring it back and redo it like to i don't know that there's that much there the mind to like reproduce i mean it took it took 30 years for it to actually come out on a dvd so mm-hmm. well and tfa transformers anime was really ins- i mean you guys know this or was really inspired by orbots so oh yeah did we not talk about this last episode? Because now I don't remember. The, uh, in what like, way do you mean super. that it's inspired? <laughs> Let me list the ways. Yeah, really. There's a lot. So, uh, uh, totally not crunch. No, but like, uh, what's it called? They said like uh, the uh, Cartoon Network executive Sam Register was a big fan of Warbots. So is Derek Wyatt, who is the character designer. And like, crunch is directly a reference. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, What's his name? Uh, Bulkhead is still directly a reference of Crunch. So you have another fun fact for us before we begin episode six? Uh, uh, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to put you on the spot. No, it's okay. My my only fact is saying that GoBots are better than Transformers. (gasps) I'm gone. (laughs) Bye. 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 (laughs) We're all leaving. It's just the Andy show now. (laughs) Just crickets. (laughs) I noticed like the guy who uh, helped who created this show also created Galaxy High, which I don't know anything about, and helped with the Little Nemo movie. Mm. But are we talking about the Dazaki or? I know uh, it says Barry Gordon. Barry Gordon. Okay, oh no, yeah. Barry Glasser was the creator. It says it credits him as the creator of the series. Yeah, I noticed in the credits, and I think it was like kind of like. Oh, there was a Mark Zickery, I think his name is, interview, and they were just talking about they were just sending stuff back and forth to Japan. And so I think it was like an American idea first, and then they were like, 
we have this thing called God Bars. I mean, we can kind of work on that and make it look like that. <laughs> Is there actually DVD special features on, on the Mighty Orbots DVD you have? Unfortunately not. These are ripped off of VHS tapes because nobody has, like, has the original transfers. But it looks mm. good. I just realized I've seen two of the things that the director that you mentioned who did the, all the episodes for this, mm. he did he did like most of the episodes of Rose of Versailles. Yep. And, and he did all the episodes and the movie for Space Adventure Cobra, which I just watched last year. Suddenly this all makes yeah, sense. He, he's freaking amazing. He did like a Shito no Joe. He did Galgo 13. He did Blackjack. He did all these wonderful, wonderful animes. And he has such a like, distinct style. And in the next episode, like bad guy is very much a Dazaki villain. And that's what's him so cool. So what's his name? Shrike? And then now we're segueing into that episode. That space pirate. Yeah. Space pirate. What everybody, what everybody think of this episode with uh, Wait, space also, pirate? Fun fact, uh, Andy also adores uh, Space Adventure Cobra a lot. It's, yeah. it's my one favorite. <laughs> I, watched, yeah. I watched it all last year. The, the movie, the TV series. The American pilot, which didn't get picked up, which was actually all new animation, and even uh, two OVAs, which also so you got to see the same story like three different times, basically. Yeah. What was cool about American Pilot? Um, Michael Bell did the voice of Cobra, and it's not really listed anywhere. But at, at TFCon, he was there, and I asked him. I was like, "Yo, were you Cobra in that '80s show?" He goes, "Yeah, I was." I'm like, "Oh, yay!" <laughs> yeah. So back to you, this episode. At first, I'm like, oh, look, it's generic face pirate. But no, it's actually pretty cool. Like, you see him with these little, this eye patch, which is like guns or something. And, uh, and he's going, Well, he's your got first reaction when you saw him was generic space pirate. Oh, his face was invisible yet, and he was talking like a pirate. Well, exactly. His face was invisible. It was enclosed in the dome, which made him and his goons look like Black Manta. That was my <laughs> immediate reaction. <laughs> True facts. So, so, what did you guys think of him as a villain for this episode? I, I loved him. I thought he was. I thought he was really cool. I like the fact he that he wasn't great. with Umbra. Yeah, it's great that we actually had like a standalone villain. But also, I was like on board until he was like, "Whatever, I'm just gonna activate this antimatter thing. Like, who cares?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, uh. this is where the villain falls." I also saw in this episode, Dia actually did something this episode, but only in the beginning. She uh, warned the Orbots so they could come and save everybody, but then she's just kind of there the whole time. <laughs> she like she gets picked up, but doesn't give them any new information. And then when she goes back to the place, she fails at what she tries to do. So she, but at least she served one purpose, at least this episode. But it's like she's been written down now since the series is going on, so they can have the Orbots do things more. And I, I definitely appreciate that he wasn't working with uh, with Umbra. Shrike wasn't. But I still thought it was pretty funny that he's using basically an upgraded version of one of the the, the tentacle robots from the previous episode. Uh, it, that tentacle, like, saucer enemy thing that ended up tying up uh, Orbots at the end. Of, well, not mm. at the end. During the episode. So, I yeah. That, that just seemed odd. It was like... I I went from the thought of thinking like everything's always unique and there's so much variety, but then they the very next episode they rehash an enemy. Well, maybe uh, Shadow is so big because they sell all their tech at a discount to other villains. 
No. <laughs> Shadow tech. Uh, I, I, this was a note I had for like um, for I don't know if it was for the last episode, but there's a scene where the mighty Orbots they take an asteroid or like it's like a, a piece of like a, a ship and use it as a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. And like I forgot it was the last episode or the one before, but it's just like it's like I really like how this robot or this 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 cartoon is very inventive with all its stuff. It's not like the Megazord where he just you see him lift up the sword and like do the finishing blow, you know, the same thing over and over again. I just Yeah, I think it was this episode. That's why I was like, man, this show, they really go for it and just just the variety that they 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 exhibit in the in the yeah. series. You even use like the rockets that propel him as like attacks. Like there's like he is like elbow rockets sometimes and use that against the bad guy or he used the back rockets to get rid of some of those like space tentacle things. Where it's like comparing it to God Mars, he has like three moves he does. The same animation. <laughs> and it's just like uh. this one he's just like do something different and he'll like will do that. And it's just really nice to see that they're really trying to be inventive. Instead of like use photon ray, you know, mm-hmm. it's like when that sword comes out in Voltron, you know the enemy's dead already. Exactly, yeah. No, they really acclimate to their environment, which is really neat. I liked how when they're trapped in the sun, is that, oh, yeah. is that this episode? And he's got to bite, he's got to eat the debris to get more power. And obviously, like there's some, you know physics stuff where if he separates he should be pulled into the sun faster because he's so much smaller but you know what it's a cartoon so don't worry about that worry about the good idea of him eating stuff to power them up and get them out of there but don't they also like skim the surface of the sun like 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 the ocean of fire i guess it is like they do don't they do that or did i just make that up no i don't remember that i just remember they freeze themselves to not touch the sun or not burn up yeah. I mean, I don't know how hot our sun is, but like, if you like, I can imagine if you get like a planet's length close to it, you'll probably melt. So <laughs> these these Orbots are very fire resistant. Yeah. What did you all think of? Uh... So I know Ono got a, a specific episode. So mm-hmm. this is the now Bort has a specific episode where he's like, at first I'm like, oh, it's the typical comedy scene where oh look we almost killed everybody but instead board's like oh no it's like i'm a failure and then later he's like i'm a failure going without me i'm like oh god <laughs> but it's like there's a it... there's a point where I, I believe it's tor who's just like uh there's no time to have a crisis we have a job to do and i'm like wow that's, I feel a, that. that's such a good ride Oh. We've got a job to do. <laughs> i'm just like geez don't even care about your poor friend's mental state you know <laughs> I, I, I appreciate low self-esteem board. I appreciate it. He, he tries his best. The worst, though, is at the end. So he saves the day, obviously. And then at the end, they laugh at him because he then can't make up his mind about what fun thing to do. And they're like, that's our board. <laughs> and then it shows him laughing along. And he's like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> that was the saddest laugh. <laughs> it's like he's just laughing with them because they're laughing at him already. I'm like, oh, God, so sad. <laughs> Poor baby boy. Oh, he just just trying his best. So that is that it so far? Just him and Ono are the only two that have had kind of episodes where they've done like sort of character development stuff with them, or they've been the focus. Um, well, there was an episode with. Well, I don't know if it focused focused on um, just one of the two, but there was definitely the concert episode was about 
Boo and Bo. Oh, okay. I thought there was a Crunch episode too. The, there's a Crunch episode later in the series. Um, okay. It's uh, th- that's called a Tale of Two Thieves, but it's a really, really good episode. Okay. Unless you count the two girls uh, fighting uh, last episode and then re- reconciling mm. at the end. Uh, but the one thing I did like about this episode is not only they are in danger and stuff, but they actually get together as the mighty Orbot and fight the giant monster. And then since it splits into five pieces, all five of them have to split off and go have their own individual fight, where they actually beat him in one shot, but it's still, they all get to do their own fight. And then it's like, ah, now my final form, and it's just this mega size. But then that serves the purpose of Bort coming through and figuring out how to save the day against it. So I thought that was nice. Like, I kind of, I like this episode with everything that was going on in it. I also like they're fighting, like, uh, Rondu's mind. Like, (laughs) but it's like, it's Rondu's mind, but evil. (laughs) So I have a question for you. You realize that when the, uh, is it uh, Jondu, Rondu, whatever his name is, what is his title anyway? Like, High Commander of Earth Defense Force or something? I don't know. But when he's getting turned into the evil things, they're like, oh, no, it's the Thadans. And I'm like, you mean the things that are attached to us according to Scientology? Wait, is that it? Yeah, like, uh, I think, is it Thetans? Like, if you believe in Scientology that are attached to you and are responsible for all your negative emotions? Oh, I didn't know I don't that. remember. That was, the, they said that actual word during yeah, the Yeah, they called it yeah, a Thetan. Yeah, they yeah. used it twice, which is why I was remembering it and able to write it down. Oh, okay. Well, well, I mean, yeah, that's that. definitely the Scientology thing. <laughs> oh, dang. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> They're just blown away by that reference now. I, I was. Well, I guess they are negative, though. They're negative energy. And mm-hmm. Megathaden is like the negative, negative. Like, or well, I guess that make it positive. Just a super negative. Oh, and then, like, what is it? He captures them. He uses his computer's energy. And then he's like, ah, oh, now I'll transfer the unstable, like, it, engine to this cruise ship onto him to make the mega creature. And I'm like, oh, okay. At, at first, I thought they were actually attacking Rondu or whatever, and then I realized no, it's just stuff from his mind. Because I guess <laughs> that's the type of alien he is. Uh, I guess, or maybe that just happens to everyone hooked up to that machine. So, what do you guys have any more thoughts on this episode? There's a I know. Part... It was pretty straightforward. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the animation is again really just stood out in this particular episode. I, li- I like thought every time we say the animation is good. <laughs> <laughs> So, does anybody have a favorite character at this point in the show? We've seen about almost half the series. Rob's kind of growing on me. <laughs> and it, it, I mean, regardless that his voice actor voice is Donatello, but just he's 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 just this little nerdy nerdy jock thing. I don't know. I can't explain it, but I wasn't expecting <laughs> to like him as much as I do right now. Also, I love Ono. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> I like her little helmet with like the little music notes on the side. I think that's super adorable. Mm, I don't know. Of the main cast, probably nobody. I guess at this point, my favorite character is Grand Dick. <laughs> you like all the one shot characters that show up? <laughs> yeah, fair. Grand You're Dick and to. Black Manta. Those are my favorite characters. Okay. Huh. Shrek, no, Shrike is cool. I. I... I appreciate yeah. that he looks like a Viken from Cobra. He's like the first bad guy in the uh, the anime. I just I never I don't I can never get into uh you said Crunch is his name the way he's mm-hmm. always eating. I guess it's supposed to be like funny, but I'm just like eh. 
Yeah, Crunch is definitely my least favorite. Which yeah, hilariously uh, enough, Bulkhead is too in Transformers Animated. Oh. There. He's, he's there. He exists. Mm-hmm. And then was it, Board is always there to bring everybody down and be scared. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but he tries, so. He's, he's like Eeyore. I do like watching uh, Dia just to see what they try to do with her in each episode to see if she contributes in some way because she was just so overpowered the first three episodes. But I do like the uh, the muscle guy and the and Bo and Boo. Yeah, no, Tor is really great. Tor, yeah, okay, that's his name. Signing off here. I'm Sean. Sammy Tor. Thomas Rot. <laughs> oh. I'm trying to do the evil Sammy Tor thing. <laughs> it was funny. You guys can laugh. You don't want to be I'm Thomas. Uh, Thomas. You don't want to be Thomas Dew. You know. Thomas Dew. <laughs> I'll, I'll be Thomas Dorian. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. And uh, we definitely appreciate you coming back on again, Andy. No problem. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me, guys. I had a lot. Nope, oh, you got cut off right there at the end of your sentence. <laughs> I had a terrible time. No, I had, a, I had a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed. On uh, wow, I think I am done. So someone take over for me. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Anyways, let's talk about GoBots. So, hell yeah, GoBots. Wait, hell yeah, GoBots. We're recording it, right? This is recording, right? I taught. I did that to Andy while I was inviting him. I said GoBots, and I'm like, now we know that subconsciously. She's not a GoBot hater like I thought, and now I'm alone. <laughs> God, no, it's just that Orbots and GoBots sound very f- similar. And joining us today are our regular hosts. Sammy Bort. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> and Thomas. And joining us today also is... Andy, hello. And welcome back for another round of Orbots episodes. Ready for it. Let's just dive right into uh, episode seven. How many episodes now have the Orbots started just returning from another mission that wasn't aired, <laughs> only to get directly involved into another mission? Look, they're hard workers. There's a lot of space crime out there. They're cutting down on all the filler. <laughs> it just Plank. makes you want more. It's ample fan fiction opportunities. Yes. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> Somebody's going to spin off just several novels from just one sentence that somebody uttered right before the episode began. Heck yes. Oh, they're gonna, so they're going to Star Wars it. I was gonna, yeah. yeah, or Star Trek, where they're like, well, let's make a whole novel around this continuity error. <laughs> did they really do that? Yes, they did. I like how when they go by the planet, Tor's like, who cares if something lands on that planet? Because for the one human. But in the odds of it hitting that one human are very infinitesimal considering the size of, you know, a freaking planet. But I find that they had to go and help that one guy on the entire planet. Dara? That's what a real hero means, does. <laughs> one thing that was weirded out is, like, he says, telekinetic toss for his superpower. And I was expecting, you know, telekinetic, like, moving with your mind. But instead, he creates a giant net in the sky and then catches something and then throws it with that net i'm like okay i guess we don't know what telekinesis means 
I, I, I have a note in the third epi- uh, the episode nine, but I'll say it now, is that they have a lot of alliteration moves, like water weirdness, telekinetic toss. It's just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Who here is like, oh, look, it's a beautiful gem. And all I'm thinking, I wrote down, it's a dragon egg, isn't it? <laughs> and then and then later I put it totally was three exclamation marks. I I have I have how many times uh, Bo says, How can something be so pretty be so dangerous? I was hoping it would be more of those only two. But I was and I also have like this is definitely uh girl girls will say this. Or guys think girls will say this, right? Yeah, guy yeah, guys think girls will say this. <laughs> But uh, to me, it was that little sequence just made me just think, oh, like, wow, what kind of heroes are these where let's go down to save this one guy on the planet. Oh, look, a pretty diamond. And just completely <laughs> forgot about him. They pick it up. They don't. Let's take this diamond with us on our search. No, let's just take this back home and make money. <laughs> yeah, they did forget about him. <laughs> no, I, they didn't find him or did they just... They stopped oh, looking. They were they started the search, and then they came across the diamond, uh, and then that's when they were like, "Nah, we're just gonna take this, go home." Yeah. Oh God, so they just <laughs> we're gonna make more money this way. And all I thought of at first when the episode started, he's like, "Orbot, separate. Half of you come with me. Half to the planet." I'm like, "Uh, which of them are gonna get kidnapped this time?" <laughs> and luckily that didn't happen. But I did have another one where I'm like, "Well, there's a minion on the planet talking to Umbra, right?" Yeah. Right. And I'm just like. Is he going to leave this guy stranded on the planet <laughs> eventually be- uh, by betraying him? And then he's going to betray Umbra and, and help the mighty Orbots defeat him when Umbra, I'm like, and that totally happened as well. I, <laughs> I just feel bad for this guy, though, because then he just yeah. in another place. Like, uh... I, have, I have on my notes, Umbra's a dick. <laughs> yeah, that's what I wrote. Umbra could have won if he had just been loyal to his minions. Like, there's like three episodes now where he betrays them and only they know how to stop whatever was started and they go to the Moiety Orbots for help. Oh, I, I don't know. To, to, to me, and I think I, I think you guys would agree with me since you kind of all had the same note that I had where I basically just had to like, I need to keep track of this or, or make a note of this. I'm just leaving that guy there. It just seemed like needlessly cruel. It just seemed yeah. out of the ordinary. It came out of nowhere. It was like, we got to remind the audience that, like, this Umber guy is, like, a really bad guy. He's not just a face that talks to people and has a rails do work. He's he's a he's a scumbag himself as well. I like Dara's design, though. He was kind of a cool-looking lizard dude. Or Dara. What would they call him? Is Dara? I can't yeah. completely miss his name. But he does look neat. Oh, and what was... What's the girl's name? Boo-Bo. No, the oh, human no? woman. Uh, the, the daughter of Dia. the main Galactic oh, Patrol yeah. guy. Oh yeah, she was she was mean. <laughs> What's her name? Dia. Yeah. Dia. Yeah, she shows up for one minute in this episode, gone the rest, and is not even here the next two episodes. I'm I like, forgot she was in the episode. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was <laughs> like, why are you bringing her up? I was like, oh yeah, she was in there. <laughs> she says, she... I have to run, and then literally runs away from him from the animal exhibit that she's not interested in. And I'm like, I just imagine her going, I, I have to run because you know, f your snails. I yeah. want a real date. <laughs> that is exactly. <laughs> but, but but Dia agreed to go see the snails. Like, what did you think you were getting yourself into, Dia? Not snails. <laughs> I guess what exactly was that even needed? Because, I mean, I guess it kind of sets them up to be at the museum so they can bring the diamond there. But why not just 
write them bringing the diamond straight to the museum? Why did the date have to be the setup for being at the, at the museum? It just Maybe weird. the episode was only 20 minutes long originally, and they had to write in a middle scene. <laughs> yeah. We needed 30 more seconds. <laughs> they need a romantic tension. Just a reminder. And then not include her for more episodes. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they forget, completely forget about her for the next. She's two. been in the last episode, the last six episodes, and now she's gone for three. I like how they're like, what could be wrong with this thing from another planet? It's not like it has disease, bacteria. We're not yeah. going to quarantine it. We're not going to do anything. We're just going to shove it here with all these other alien artifacts and hope none of them, you know, have any mixes by accident or something. Not even test it, nothing. They're just like, ah, just plop it over here. It's fine. <laughs> the poor little guard robot. I felt bad for him. He, he had like this really cute animation of him like zipping out of there. Oh, yeah. So but, uh, did any of you catch the animation errors in this episode? The, yeah, there was a bunch. They're all transition errors, like transitions between scenes where there'll be one fourth of a second, almost that something that you can't tell where there's a whole completely separate background that looks kind of like it's where the next one is supposed to be. But it's like all of a sudden just cuts to the two of them walking in a close up or somewhere else. So this happened like a few times where 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 did this extra fourth of a second of a completely different background come from before transitioning from one scene to the next? It didn't make a lot of sense. It's like there, there was, was some one, editing problems on this episode. Yeah, there was one I noticed what will be revealed to be a dragon later. Like they didn't animate the bottom half of his legs, or they just colored it in, and it still was—you could still see the background. It was like halfway colored in, mm. um, and and there was another part where he's like firing like his lasers out of his mouth, but like the last like fifth of the screen was just nothing. It was just like it just like it like cut right off, and it's like animation errors in the show. I mean, are like semi frequent, but it doesn't take away the fact that everything there's like so much other detail in the show, like so like beautifully animated. If, they make they make up for it. Yeah, they make, these poor animators who work day and night. How dare you cut off the last cut off that animation? <laughs> uh, I did. I was thinking about that in particular with the, these three episodes. Just like, man, this show looks so good for like the time period. It oh. just makes me just, I, I, yeah. Like, I just I, wish that they had more of a. Uh, I, I like to see what they would be able to do with like more budget in like in in this era i agreed with your detail thing because i remember like what the spaceship with the guy tossing the gas everywhere or is that next episode That's that was the next the, episode think, yeah, think yeah the, next. the next episode the spaceship uh, the detail of that spaceship was just gigantic like all over the place all the minute details on it i'm like this yeah. is ridiculous the amount of attention detail to everything on here the Phoenix Factor, right? That's the next. Yeah, episode. the next one. Yeah. Yeah, especially Doctor Phoenix. I know we're jumping ahead, but like hey, his no Phoenix. I, we're on Godzilla Planet right now, so <laughs> <laughs> like his just. His, I just loved his design. It was very de- uh, Desicky, like just very much his type of design. Yeah, he, he look. He just looked cool. I thought he did. Explain <laughs> who that is to the folks who don't know. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, I'm gonna mispronounce his name, but uh. Uh, Osamu Dezuki, he was the animation director. Or he's the, sorry, he was the director of this show, but he also worked on Astro Boy. He worked on like Loop on the Third. He worked on, but uh, he worked on Galgo Thirteen. Uh, he he directed Rainbow Bright, like <laughs> like all this stuff. And it just I, his he has a very uh, uh, Ashita no Joe, uh, the the boxing drama. His style is very distinct. Like you can tell, what's a, a Dezuki animation. 
the way Dr. Phoenix was designed. It was just very much the way he designed, uh, I guess he would design characters. And it's just really nice. Space Adventure Cobra, he also did that too. So everything you like. A- anything I like, <laughs> he did. <laughs> so something I was like, I, I, that made no sense to me in, back in the Godzilla Planet episode. I like how Rondu shows up and goes, God, what's the main character's name again? Rob. The human. What? Do you? No, the human male. Rob. Rob. Okay, yeah. He just comes up and goes, Rob, my plot powers are kicking in and telling me you have to go here. And I'm like, how do you even know this? How do you even... <laughs> I want to own it to be like, is he spying on us? Yeah, I think these episodes, that was particularly egregious because I was having the same thought. I was like, how does he just keep coming up and just get it on the mic? And it was, I was just thinking, I was like, are there is there a security forces on this planet that he's working like what power does he have where he just knows everything he's just monitoring the planet 24 7 yeah they save so much money on not hiring people that they can just use his powers so maybe that's why the future is so you know good down there they don't use all the the money to hire those people to work for the galactic patrol just like the five people in the one head office I, it also made me think that if there was a season two, there might have been an episode where Rondu was wrong, you know, like where like his astral projection was incorrect or like it led them to the wrong spot. But then you would have, be making the older character a main character with a character development. <gasps> oh, yes. no one does character that. Character development. <laughs> He'd be like, "What? what's happening to me? And then you'd have to focus on him, and kids don't want to follow or buy an action figure of the older guy. Then he's going to become the rarest, and everyone's going to want him. That's just mm-hmm. how it works. One thing that was funny is Adamantium, right? Oh, yes. no, Adamantum. I'm sorry, because there's one letter difference, so it's not copyright infringement. I also like how they said dilithium crystals. For... <laughs> and, like, how did that... That dragon sense it. He's like, hmm, there must be some in Mars three million light years away or however long it is. This guy can just sense or detect anywhere where there's dilithium crystals in the galaxy, apparently. It's, <laughs> watching these episodes made me realize Orbots doesn't have a good grasp of how far things are in, in terms of space. Yeah. Otherwise, it would just be a show of just them flying in silence <laughs> for like hours and hours and days. Well, it's no, no different than any of the Transformers episodes, too, where they're like Megatron's in Alaska and they're like leaving from Arizona and they get there right as Megatron has only walked like three feet. <laughs> and they're like, stop him. And I'm like, how did they get there? It's like <laughs> that would require so much driving and they're going to obey the traffic laws, too. <laughs> I think this episode was particularly bad because they were chasing after the monster. Oh, no, got sick. So they broke off and were in the lab, and then they caught up with the monster and just as it arrived to Earth. I'm like, how fast does Orbots go? <laughs> like, yeah, this <laughs> the monster was going at like a leisurely pace, and Orbots was going at the the speed of like light <laughs> itself. <laughs> I did notice one error in the story. So they told was it Boo to reverse the polarity of the electricity. But they didn't need to do that because remember, Rondu already told them that the electricity in that area is already anti-electricity. So they didn't actually need to do anything. Oh. It was already negative energy. So then she actually made it positive, and that would have, should have not worked. 
Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It was like, oh, if if they're saying that, yeah, because they they literally said, where can we find negative uh, negative energy, negative electricity? And he told them it was just all of it was on that planet. So you just I, at, at first I was thinking it was like, oh, they're just gonna lead them into like a cloud or something like that. But no, they just harnessed it and then reversed the polarity. I... And not to mention negative electricity. Does anybody here have any rudimentary science knowledge? <laughs> Is there a, such a thing as negative electricity? I'm in betting there's not. In pseudoscience in world, yes. Yeah. Science fiction. Right. Or no, what's the opposite of blue-white on the color wheel? Orange. So I guess it's orange surrounded by black lightning bolts then, huh? Uh, it's okay, Sean. You don't have to question the logic of the show. Like, we already have <laughs> characters doing that in the show already. Okay. I got some logic <laughs> for you, Thomas. So, you know how humans and... Every living thing in all of existence, you know, we eat food, we eat water, and in turn, that causes us to stay alive and keep growing. We grow from size to go larger and larger. And then, of course, there's that time we discover anti-water, and if we accidentally drink it, we'll revert into babies. <laughs> it happens. And I'm just like... It's very, it's very common. I'm just like, uh, this goes against all of natural existence. <laughs> like, stopping this dragon... It's a cartoon, so they can't kill a living creature, but it's much more horrifying to turn him into an egg forever, and then he's just, like, an unliving <laughs> death for basically ever. I mean, he was kind of cute, though, <laughs> if that's any consolation. I mean, it's a crystal creature. I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe the rules don't apply. Which, well, yeah, I guess the rules probably don't apply because, like Bort was saying, how can this thing fly in space? There's no air. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, I, and when he said that i was yes. like come on like how are you now you decide to question the logic of everything that happens around you when early on they threw they threw that probe way off into space uh and it, it From the had a giant fiery explosion that is fueled by air like there's no air in space why did they explode that much but then this is the time they decide this yeah. is a weird thing that's happening right now. <laughs> and how much force did Tor need to be able to throw a rock all the way from the planet's uh, surface all the way up into space? What was the what's the force and, and momentum you would need? And is it physically possible based on the design of his figure for that to work? And yet somehow he's strong enough to do that, but not strong enough to punch a hole into a tank. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, uh, Thomas, I got something for you. <laughs> yep. Did you know there is actually an anti-air, which your lungs can't process, so you can't actually breathe if you're in it? Anti-air? Oh, no, I'm just making this up. You can... <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to like be like, I don't need any more terrible news this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just trying to come up with all kinds of stupid anti-things now. But... Uh... Yeah. Did you guys at least like the action of them fighting this thing throughout? It was actually pretty neat. I like the ingenuity of their attacks. Like, Boo was multi did that cool multiplying attack where she was like oh, circling yeah. around him. I really, I really thought that was awesome. And I keep them wondering what her powers are every time I see them. Because, like, she's creating illusions here. And then what, I think she's controlling plants two episodes from now. I'm like, what are your powers? <laughs> Whatever the writers make them. At the end of this series, I just want to look at a gra like a at one of the wikis and like see what all her powers were through the episodes. <laughs> but yeah, that 
that poor bad guy minion. Yeah. He he's like he's like, "Oh, I help you." Just just like he even frees them from the giant alien spider and there's they should help them, right? After that, he should they should have. It's not even like a like a 10-second epilogue that shows them coming back to get him or him being arrested and or being set free or something for helping, you know, nothing. None of that. Yeah. It's like, "All right, we don't have to animate him anymore. Let's like, move on to the next." <laughs> The plan was just weird. They're like, oh, we know they'll kidnap this egg, and then then they'll put it in this one place where it will start eating the crystals and grow huge. That is my master plan. There was a lot of circumstantial things that happened that made this go, <laughs> that made this happen, work yeah. at all, you know? But it was fine. It was like Umber just knew that they were just going to be in this one spot helping, trying to figure out this one probe. Umber was like, there's a girl, and she will like things that are pretty. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys want to we want to move on to the next on. episode sure yeah all right this is episode eight i don't know i really like this episode this, too this one's I a thought, really good one this is the one with dr phoenix who has an exposed brain which at first i was like oh okay so his brain was like physically removed and placed in here and, I, and i'm just like he wakes up and says i want revenge and Umbra's like, I'll give it to you. And I was like, how? The people he wants revenge on died 200 years ago. But I guess, you know, destroying future Earth, because the people that, you know, banished him lived on Earth. I guess that's enough to deal with your revenge when you have no one to revenge on. You know, you got a circular logic of revenge, so you feel good. He holds a grudge. Can anybody explain to me why this episode basically started up with the formation scene just for them to separate 30 seconds later? <laughs> <laughs> what did they form I, together to do in the first place why why did they form up to go into the danger zone i think <laughs> danger zone, zone. <laughs> i think yeah i think that was it they formed up to go there but then they needed to separate to to search uh more efficiently yeah and i just this is a horrible idea they're like any science experiment that is too dangerous or or cancel. We just toss in here, all of them in one place. You know, we don't know what they are, what they do. We don't know if they'll all chain together cr- to create a galaxy destroying explosion. It's not you know. being guarded from yeah. Like, there's no security cameras. Coming to collect. One froze crunch. You know, so it's like it could. What if something made an explosion? You know, it was not a very oh, well yeah. kept area. Right. Some of that <laughs> stuff is definitely still like live. His name is Doctor Phoenix. When your name is that, you got to make a spaceship in the shape of a phoenix. <laughs> like, come on. It was a really cool, well-designed ship. There was just like these like extended shots of just showing the detail of it. I'm like, kids didn't appreciate this in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> they might have appreciated uh, more if it was ever a toy. Yes. And Get the ship that was in one episode. Ship, since it was capable of like, I don't know, capturing Orbot, Mighty Orbots, and like holding him. Like, Orbots couldn't break free. Until they actually re- remember they have the power to just <laughs> teleport. Just just teleport. Yep. Yep, that, I have that in my notes. It's like they forgot they could do that. And then they don't teleport out of there. They're like, it's too big. Separate again so we can have another formation sequence three times this episode. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, you guys could just separate. But then they were like, no, let's just teleport do, right? Yeah, why not? Um, there was two points in this episode that kind of reminded me of the Transformers movie. 
Um, there was this part where uh, Tor is telling a story. It reminded me of when Cup was telling the story on on uh, the ship with Hot Rod. I, I just it just I for some reason I always put those two scenes together. It's like okay. And there's another scene where they're getting shot at when Rob has the uh, the gun in his hand. There's a scene in the Transformers movie where like I guess it's on Earth and the, they're being shot at with the Dinobots and they start freaking out. And it just it feels like it's like kind of the same animation, but it's not. It just I always have those two scenes in my head together that like feels like they're related. How does Doctor Phoenix even know who the Mighty Warbots are? He's uh, been uh, like asleep for two hundred years or something on his little ship in exile. I'm assuming, but I guess he could have been kidnapped by Umbra and then like then awoken up or something. I have no idea. Umbra has the power to deactivate him at will, so I'm sure he basically gave him notes saying, "Hey, these are the guys we need to stop." <laughs> Gave him like a post-it note saying, stop this. <laughs> <laughs> Just says Orbots scribbled on. <laughs> I thought the stasis they were going to use would be the equivalent of a cryogenic chamber for humans. But instead, all they do is shoot it at a robot. And it's like, well, I feel better now. I was like, well, how, what part of stasis describes what that laser just did to you? It's a feel better beam. <laughs> uh. Uh, maybe the stasis part refers to stopping the virus in its tracks. I don't know. <laughs> uh, oh, did you guys notice the transformation scene forming the mighty Orbot is actually new this episode? And they'll start using this one a lot more, too. I um, There's one, I don't know if it's, the, I keep forgetting which one they do, but in the next episode, Leviathan, it's a really nice sakuga-esque animation where it starts with tor's face at the bottom and it just like this stretchy animation it's just really well done yeah that was not sure too yeah it's just really it's just oh and it has all the lights everywhere it's just a really beautifully animated scene oh oh rondu actually says something stupid this episode that isn't right according to the plot Ooh. he actually said oh no if the machines get out of that bubble they'll spread the virus and I'm like, what are you talking about? We have not heard or seen that happen throughout this entire episode. Only the gas can spread the virus. The virus-infested robots can't spread it. Otherwise, the people that were carrying Ono would have been infected. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, that, along with just his, uh, his, pl- uh, his plan with the robots, just <laughs> to hold them off with the shield, the, that bubble shield, uh, yeah. Uh, he... He dropped the ball completely. <laughs> That's why he, he can't just be the one guy monitoring the, the planet 24-7. He needs some help. Yeah. yeah. I, I did like Bort's sassy little uh, thumbs up he did after he stopped the, one of those. He just, gave, he just stopped and gave the camera a thumbs up. And I'm like, oh, Bort, you're adorable. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying his best. He's really, he's trying his very best. I identify with Bort. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agreed with the cartoon science here because I'm like, well, this works for kids science. Good enough for me. <laughs> They're just like, match the wavelength we've detected and use that on our ship. And then we should be able to see the, you know, hidden ship. And I'm like, sure, whatever. That's good enough. Uh, that sounds like really sad cloaking technology that it was just so easily defeated. The person who made <laughs> it was like, they didn't think of that immediately. It was like, you know, we can make the ship invisible, but it'll be real easy to figure out where we are if they try. Well, it's 200 years old, so you have to think they got a little better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. One thing I liked about this episode is the villain of the week. He's just like, 
I want my revenge. And he's like, they're like, you could come with us. We could, uh, you could, you don't have to be evil. You know, it's like the future, you know, humans and robots live together. And he's just like, I'm half human, half robot. No one will ever, you know, accept me. And then they tell him that they would. And he's just sitting there like, really? Oh, I can be accepted. Like he wants to get, go back, go just leave and go with them. It's I'm kind of upset that, like, at the end of it, they're just like, yeah, he's gonna be on trial. And I'm he's like, going to jail. I'm like, oh. oh the guy okay. was forced to work for Umbra, even though he did want revenge. But that's because he was led down the wrong path. He's also been exiled for 200 years. He's served some kind of sentence already. Time, right? Yeah. I feel like that was a little unfair of you guys. It, but it's almost like, yeah, it's almost like a like robots against humans type thing. Uh, Cause um, Astro boy had a couple episodes like we humans are superior than robots and this, that. So I wonder if uh does worked on those episodes and was like, Hey, do this for this. Yeah. But I did like how they were making him a good guy. He's like, I'll help you make the cure before my mind control sets in. And then he's able to do that and they help him out anyway, because they know he's good. So but yeah, it was interesting. I just thought, yeah, I didn't like that thing where they're just like, well, he's arrested now. I'm like, okay, guess we won't see him anymore. Uh, season two. But he did reveal something we didn't know yet. So we've always thought that Umbra was this advanced AI this whole time, right? He actually reveals that Umbra's a cyborg. He's half human, half machine too. So that means Umbra at one point used to be a human. Ooh. Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, that be the definition of cyborg i i mean i mean that still doesn't help me understand how umbra was able to shoot uh dr phoenix with the mechanogen through a tv screen he controls a whole robot planet so maybe you know he's got some tech that can do that he shot it through the internet (laughs) just sent it over like a satellite beam and through the tv screen that yeah that part seemed kind of weird to me I always ask my wife these stupid tech questions. I'll be like, Marcella, have you learned at work how I can send enough, I don't know, type enough stuff so that their keyboard explodes there on the other end? <laughs> like, it's oh, like she's like, that doesn't happen. I'm like, but it happened on Arrow. <laughs> I was like, are you telling me TV isn't real? And to add a little bit more questionable logic, if he was capable of sending the mechanogen through like just random screens, why didn't why did he need Dr. Phoenix to go with the ship and spray it all over the place? Why no, the mechan- the, it was already the on the ship, I thought. He was just releasing what was already on the ship by controlling the ship. It came out of the TV screen. Really? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. I I must have missed that part. See, I see this my brain just filling in the gaps. I just assumed it was already from what was on the ship since I was releasing it anyway. Yep. I, my, my last note is just like the villain. <laughs> but since it's only like 13 episodes, I doubt any villain comes back throughout these uh, episodes. No, unfortunately not. Um, oh, not the, uh, what is it, that pi- space pirate that we had a few episodes ago? I would have liked to seen him come back because he was really cool. Shrike, I think his name was. Yeah. I my two I have two more notes. Um, in the beginning of the episode, I meant this. I don't. Um, I don't think I said this, but there's a cool shot of like the inner workings of Umbra, almost like in a cellular level. You're seeing like kind of like Unicron in the beginning of the Transformers movie. You're looking at the inside of him mm-hmm. for a couple of scenes, and they had a really nice moon surface animation where they're just flying across the moon. And I'm like, this just looks nice. 
Oh, oh yeah, man. yeah. That was the one scene I was like, okay, I'm right now on this note. Like, this show looks good. <laughs> yeah, that's just like they they really took the time just to make a scene that was three seconds long look incredible. And uh, I also have combining sequence number four because there's another one where they, I guess, I don't remember them doing it anywhere else in the series. It's just like where they combine, but they flash off at the, they flash off the screen and then come out. Like they turn the lights and uh, they, they go off the screen and then come back. I don't think. That yeah, was, that one was yeah. a new one, I think. Yeah. That, that yeah, I don't think, I don't think they do that again in the series. So I think that was probably it. And I was just like, oh, this is going to be the new one I'm going to see from now on. And then I guess I didn't because I thought they would only make like, like one more different changing uh, thing, but sometimes they do ones that are just specific for that episode. Yeah. I was like, why aren't you reusing your art assets? This is what everyone else does in this time period. And they're like, Nope, we're going to make some new ones for this episode. Japan had so much money in the eighties. <laughs> I mean, I feel like even some of the anime from the nineties, they didn't really change the transformation formation, like sequences that much, unless, you know, a character got like a new power and then, mm-hmm. then it would change, but it was mostly just static. You no, know, the only thing that really changes, like there's a lot going on in this episode. We'll speed it up yeah, <laughs> or skip it all together. <laughs> that just plays into one of the things I really like in the show where like, there's always just all these different environments. Like there's not a lot of repeating content and yeah. repeating art. It just always seems like there's always something original and new that they're showcasing. To your point, there's a a scene of when the machines are going crazy in the city, you see the galactic patrol symbol on other machines you haven't seen before. So it's like, oh, this is actually not just, we're the galactic patrol, we're here. It's actually in the world and affecting everybody in the city, you know, because they had these like machines, these helicopter-esque machines manned by robots with the symbol on and other symbols, uh, galactic patrol symbols, other places. Is this the first time we've seen the actual city on Earth? More of it than just the the establishing shot of Galactic Headquarters? Or was it attacked before? Um, When that comet was falling? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they showed a bit. Well, I wouldn't say this is the city, but they show regular, like, I guess, life on the planet when they went to the concert. I think that was the first or second episode where they met that rock star. Hmm. Yeah, I forgot what they're called. It was like Dracos and Drax. What is that what they're called? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so <laughs> it was a good episode. Anything, uh, Sammy? Anything else, or are we good on this episode too? No, he. This is that's pretty much it. <laughs> so on to episode nine. This was one of the few episodes that actually showed showed you the title card before the episode. I don't know why all my episodes don't show that at the beginning but i saw this one was actually written by david wise yep at first i was like i'm not interested in any kind of fish people and fish society i'm like this is going to be a boring episode and but then i also see this written by david wise and he's like the guy that wrote a lot of transformers and (laughs) defenders of the earth uh episodes but he did like you know tons of ninja turtle episodes from seasons one to five yeah, he no, he's a big name in the uh in I guess the screenwriting world for like television shows. He also did uh the jewel he also did the Jewel Targon episode too. It, it wasn't he didn't have a title card, but he also did that one as well. On Mighty Orbots? Yeah, Mighty Orbots. Which yeah. one was that one? That that was the Jewel seven? of the Dragon. Uh, yeah, so he did Giant Dragon and Giant Fish Creature or Giant Whale. His episodes for this one. He's like, 
have they are they ever going to fight a giant robot of their size anytime soon? Maybe. No, so I have a question. Is David Wise, he's not the same as the David Wise composer of video <laughs> game music, right? Oh, man, I was going to make a joke and say that, like, he also does a bunch of music for Nintendo. No, it's they, two different Because they accidentally put that video on his IMDb site when I was looking at him about <laughs> oh, the musician no. on on the uh, the writer's site. If, they put I'm like, uh, Nintendo stuff on there? Yeah, there's a new video that, like, I guess uh, mentions him, but I think they're referring to the wrong david wise i'm like wait these aren't the same people are they i just saw david wise perform at magfest i was me, like i don't yeah, think too. that's the same guy who i saw on my dvd commentary for ninja turtles or batman <laughs> everything in uh, the future for cartoons is always fire planet sea planet well i guess even transformers eventually will have char which is just a volcano planet but there's never, oh, this is the planet with a diverse geographical presence of everything from mountains to lakes to, you know, snow caps. No, everything in these kids' cartoons is just as simple as can possibly be. Fire planet, <laughs> desert planet. Oh, God, Transformers does have a desert planet, too. Ugh. Did you happen to get the name of this planet? Because they change the way they said it every single time. Relos? <laughs> no, they tell you the planet, and then the next time, a few minutes later, it's the city. Oh, okay. Because I, I, I have, I have in my notes written down re, real, r e l o's, and then rilos. Yeah, they, uh, they actually tell you with a planet, and then they segue into the city the next time, and all they ever mention is the city after that. They only mention the planet once, and that's the very beginning. Yeah. So every time I met that one scene, <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was a funny one because it was interesting. Because there's actually, I thought, two bad guys. There's Umbra and his minion, and then there's a separate bad guy with his own plan. Only you come to find out he's not a bad guy. He's trying to stop Umbra slash eco-terrorist. Because, you know, he wanted to stop the mining. But then he also reveals that he knows they're after the thing. But he doesn't actually say that he knows they're Umbra. He just knows that they're trying to find the crystal. <laughs> For all we know, he was already doing eco-terrorist activities before they stole the thing. And that's the only time they called in the Orbots. Eco-terrorism, as was the style at the time. <laughs> yeah. One of those people that's revealed to be good a after that, because it's like, um, he didn't really capture them. He just kind of is there and talking to them. We're going to hear some kind of reveal now, aren't we? And I guess how at the end of the episode, this guy doesn't get arrested for his eco-terrorism activities. He's just put right back in charge. And they're like, now you're going to work together. Yay, technology and the ocean. And I'm <laughs> like, uh, how? You haven't resolved any of that. Where are you going? This episode isn't over. You didn't explain to me. <laughs> you, you and your whale friend can have can be together in peace. You can't arrest the whale biologist. No, he is not a biologist. He is an oceanographer. Oh, and, and, and at one point in the episode, they said, oh, he's an oceanographer. He can make a monster or like. I went to Southampton College and uh, it was its graduate program was for writers, but it's undergraduate program was for people like that and nowhere did i see on their syllabus and classes is monster creation 101 how to genetically <laughs> modify the ocean's wildlife that was an 8 a.m class you would have missed it <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah this is where boo controls plants though i did think it was interesting that the uh the whale was so big they literally could not fight it he was just dangling off the the whale's fin at the end and he's and mighty orbot is really small compared to the rest of the whale yeah, it seemed like they were really having a whale of a time. Oh, oh God. God, man. <laughs> this podcast is... Uh... Uh, 
I think that just sank the podcast. (laughs) What a a finny joke. Uh, Thomas, you're up. Nope. Nope. (laughs) I quit. (laughs) Podcast over. (laughs) I like how they called him Moby, though. I was like, huh. I mean, you have to. It's obligatory. And it's like, and then they made a line about Pinocchio. I'm like, more whale puns, please. <laughs> that was the one my wife was referencing, like the whole time she's watching it. And I was like, oh god, these these puns. I'm like, why do you always tune in for like one of the worst episodes every time I'm watching something? <laughs> I'm like, you come into Star Trek while I'm watching it and watch the worst episode of the <laughs> whole series with the, the stupid space hippies while you walk through. I'm like, no, you need to sit down and watch a really good episode. At the bottom of my notes, I have how big is Leviathan in just all capital letters. <laughs> because at the end of the episode, you get a whole biology lesson. It's like, you're going to the carotid artery. Those are antibodies. The antibodies were massive, man. Those things were as, they were as big as the ship that they were in. I knew it had to be mind controlled from the beginning. Because I was like, you know, this is a kid's show. They can't kill living creatures. So it's either going to be mind controlled or the entire Leviathan is a robot. Hmm. And they went with the, you know, mind-controlled living creature. I like how when they released him, the whale's just like, hmm, I'm going forward very fast. Guess I'll just keep doing that. And I'm like, that's it. Because they're like, they got him out of the mind control, but they're like, he's moving too fast. He's going to hit it. I was like, does he not have any thought? Does he not, like, see what's going around? No, he said he was passed uh, out. Yeah, he was unconscious. Oh, he was. Oh, so he was yeah. like, <laughs> I oh, guess I thought... all of that inertia just wasn't going to be stopped by the water somehow. I don't know how the physics of that would work. I mean, he should just slow down or sink. <laughs> how did he become unconscious when they turned it off? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't hear that part for some reason. Yeah, that whole sequence was, uh, uh, it was just dumb to me. <laughs> yeah. It was... There. There was uh, a few things wrong with that particular sequence that I noticed was, okay, they tried to stop the well. They were capable of making a new power. Well, I guess it's not really new, but the the underwater cyclone that can lift the well up to the water. (laughs) And I like how it went up to the water to start. It was like belly flopping on the water. And and then they were just like, Rob was just like, well, that didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) They did that whole sequence just to have him respond like that. But but the visuals looked like it had slightly worked, right? Like it just kind of went flop, flop. It had stopped moving a little bit, right? I mean, to me, it 100% worked because all they needed to do was just move it out of the way a little bit so it doesn't hit the city. You made it go all the way up to the surface of the of the ocean from the ocean floor. So to me, it's like, okay, just do that right next to the city. Like but, right before it's about to hit it? <laughs> no, or or do or do the opposite direction, like push it down into the ground where it can slow down. Mm, yeah, but, just, uh, yeah, like use his back rockets at the top to push down his trajectory a little more. You know. Yeah, it's like you only have to move it like ten feet. Just do that. <laughs> In my notes, I have good job, idiots. <laughs> <laughs> For after they did that, it's like he's obviously moving. Why would you do this while he's moving? <laughs> and like, what is it? Uh. Bo or Boo, I can't remember. One of them can teleport, but they can only teleport when they're attached to everyone else and are the mighty Orbots, right? She can never teleport on her own. Her teleport power is only when they're connected, right? 
Uh, I don't remember. I couldn't say. I, I think there's scenes when she, she can teleport. The, the, we're talking about the yellow one, correct? Yeah. Are you talking about the orange helmet with yellow face? Because they both got yellow faces, right? No, I, I always get these ones messed up, and I'm like, boo, uh, boo, bo. Uh, <laughs> boo, no, boo, no, boo's the yellow one. Bo is the orange one because um, I always say that boo sounds a little more, you know, cuter, <laughs> and she's like a little uh, more cute and naive. It's Boo. Boo, she can teleport. Yeah, she the yellow one can teleport. Like, I love this show, and I c- can never remember. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I thought was cool was, like, the, the big bad of the show that was Umbra, the other guy. Was this Targon? Was that his name? Or, no, was that the jewel of Targon? I, for, I forgot his name. But the other guy, he had a magic staff that they never explained. Oh, yeah. What did he do with that? No, he, he just opened the door and, like, kind of shot them and took, I guess... Oh, yeah, it had telekinetic powers on the staff or something. Yeah, but they never explained it, and it was just like kind of like, oh, he has magic. Oh, I get it now. Her powers are levitate objects, so she was levitating all the plants down there to wrap around stuff. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say with the, the the main villain in this episode, it just seems like, yeah, the, I guess that is just a thing with Orbots. They are just helpless when it comes to magic users because it reminded me of that um <laughs> like the little gremlin people from the uh previous episode where one of those guys was a wizard and he seemed like he was just handling orbots as well it's just yeah they just can't really deal with magic users <laughs> the wizard ewok yeah the e- the ewok all right so boo's powers are energy and light manipulation which appear to be magic she can turn herself and others. So she can turn other people invisible, create force fields, levitate objects, and teleport. But I guess she can only teleport herself and create optical illusions and holograms, which I guess are the not the same thing. So it seems like she's the most, it almost feels like she's the most powerful on the team. She's always doing like tons of stuff. I think it's all kind of, you know, the, the situational. Oh, she can also be in, in herself and others invisible. The other one. Yeah, like uh, the Dremlock episode, right? She was like, hold my hand, and they both mad at each other because they Wait. wanted to go to the concert. Is the other one B-O? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, Boo and Bo. Uh, okay. Okay. The other yeah. one can only just manipulate the elements, which are also seems pretty powerful. That's all it says. She can channel elemental powers and that's so that she was the one always casting like the ice spells, I guess, in space, where there's no water to conceivably create ice in space. Just like there's, there's whole, no air for the flying dragon. There's a whole cafeteria inside Mighty Orbots. They just get the water from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't have many notes this episode because I was just kind of. It it just kind of ended. <laughs> it was just like, yeah. all right, we're done. It's almost like it's almost like there was like more that they were going to do, but it just feel I don't know. It just felt very. It just felt very stunted at the end. And now that's, uh, what is it, two battles where they just, they won by, they they just shoved the animal out of the way, and the other one they lured it in with electricity. Not a lot of, like, fighting robot action, I guess, like you would think from other shows. Because even, what was the other episode we watched today? What did they fight? It was the dragon. The dragon. Oh, the phoenix guy. So they never became the big Orbot guy, right? Or were they fighting his ship at one point? Really. Uh, yeah, they were. They were my Orbots when they were leading. I guess they were leading the uh, the ship into, on the moon. Uh, but they yeah. never actually fought anyone in the Doctor Phoenix episode combined, did they? 
uh, no, I don't think there's any combat. Yeah, because they were all separated a lot of the episode. So they have their giant robot, and there's no giant robot fights. It's like monster, monster. <laughs> These episodes are all logistics. <laughs> they yeah. just move, they just move things back and forth. You know, they did have a robot. Remember the bad robot that looked like them that suddenly turned into black paint when the when when they no longer needed to hide who they were, so you could tell them difference between them fighting. Even then, I don't think that fight lasted too long. Like they shot it from behind and just blew it up in one blast. I remember. Because, like, you know, the episode's about to end. <laughs> there was um, an old website. I forgot. I can't. I actually tried searching this like a year ago and I couldn't find it. But apparently, there was an interview with like one of the writers for this show that like they couldn't show any of the robots getting hurt. So there might have been like, so. And then I was thinking about it, like, they don't really co- fight. They just kind of fly around, shoot lasers at things. And so I guess they couldn't show any of the robots getting hurt that way or hurting other robots. But they're not human. I I, I know. <laughs> but like I, usually on a show, someone will be revealed to be a clone or a robot and they'll do whatever they want to them without mercy. And you're like, oh my God. It's like I'm a clone, so I can die. But and I'm like, oh my God, that's like a living person. Like people are so indiscriminate about killing that and robots like all over the place in like media I watched growing up. Oh yeah. I, I was always sad when the robots died because I'm like, they 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 have they have feelings too, kind of, not really. <laughs> Nothing as sad as the Batman robot who's like, oh, God, I killed the real Batman. I've got to die. Commit suicide. And I'm like, oh, my God. Batman's just like, eh, I didn't need to save him. He's not alive. He's a robot. I like how you brought up the Batman thing as, you know, an example of this. When I was also thinking of a Batman example, what was it? The little uh, girl that was that splintered off from Clayface that. I guess he like suffocated her back into his body. And- yeah, since she's not human, they can kill her, and it's fine. A G all ages rating. It would only be you know PG thirteen if a human dies, mm. unless they die off screen, then it's okay. Yeah, they'll fall. They'll fall off the building, and Batman is like, he'll be fine, maybe. What'd you think of these next three episodes? People who haven't seen them before. Um, it's just I me mean, and Thomas. I haven't seen them either. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought you'd seen them all already. No, they're okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, like, I like them, but <sighs> I can't put my finger on it. I just don't know if I would. Like, it's a very hard series to binge watch. Like, after the third mm-hmm. episode, I was like, yeah, you know what? This is a good stopping point. Well, I don't think, lot- like, you know, it's not bad. <laughs> well it throws a lot at you and there's a lot of different scene changes and stuff like that so it almost like disorients you it's like oh okay it's like you're yeah. going from space to earth to you know prison planets and this that and water planets so it's kind of like you you, you have like whiplash almost yeah it's yeah. just like it's a lot <laughs> it's like 100 beautiful but it's definitely within the weird tropes of 80s cartoons of just like we're traveling in space hey we're at earth yeah yeah, to, yeah, that's, to me, that's my these, opinion. <laughs> this these three episodes, uh, I think, are definitely like highlights as far as like the animation of the show, like the art style and all that. But I think these are probably not as far as storytelling. These episodes weren't that great to me. Like they were just so straightforward, just not a whole lot <laughs> happening. Uh, I thought the it, Phoenix one was good though. Yeah, like, I, Phoenix is my favorite out of all. Phoenix of those. one's good. Yeah. Because, like, I'm like, hey, a sympathetic villain. 
you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that character was, I, I mean, I like that character compared to some of these other ones, but I mean, to me, the episode was still just kind of just like straightforward, just basic. Yeah. It's a, it's a solid B. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I probably like that strike episode the best. Yeah, that that was a lot of fun. When Umbra's not involved. <laughs> Which will probably never happen now. I think that's the only episode where Umbra's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, two episodes later, I think, is my favorite episode in the series. So I'm excited when you guys talk about that one. Okay. Did somebody have a life uh, revelation? Someone die? Not... That's a little revelation, and it's just a really, it's a really nice episode. A revelation? It's really... Are they? They're one of the the Orbots realize they're not getting paid. <laughs> one of the Orbots realizes they're a Gobot. <laughs> no. God. One of them realizes then... they have a human brain inside, and they're not like the other Orbots. So the other <laughs> Ostra, other ones ostracize them. You're a lesser toy line. So something that's pretty funny, um, Andy, when I was editing the last episode of the Mighty Orbots, between each review of the episode, or, or maybe it's for the next one I'm going to edit, I can't remember, I just know I, um, but I found the theme song, the Spanish, the Korean, and the Chinese theme song for Mighty Orbots, but no Japanese theme song. Um, actually, that's funny you say that, because the first episode we're going to be talking about, when I was trying to obsessively find these things on some type of bootleg or some type of, like, anywhere, somebody uploaded two episodes of the Japanese version. And one is Levi- one was episode 10, Leviathan, and the other was Cosmic Circus. And I was just, I was going to say this when we got to episode 10. I Frankensteined it together with my crappy bootlegs of just the, the really, like, uh, so I had really good quality Japanese episodes with like the Japanese subtitle, but with like really cruddy, like English dialogue. But that long story short, the intro, I, I think is the same. Huh. I mean, they don't have a Japanese voiceover for all the, for the theme uh, song. They just leave it as yeah, is. They, they just leave it as is, but the, they got different voice actors. Um, oh, okay. And, Interesting. Yeah. And the guy who plays Rob is the same guy who plays, uh, I forgot his name in God Mars, the main guy, Gaia, I think his name is God Mars. Cool. Who wants to provide us with a brief summary of episode 10 for our viewers and totally not myself from when I watched it a few months ago? The Orbots infiltrate a circus used by Umbra by posing as the flying robotis. I forget how they pronounced it in the show. Robotis, that's what they called them. (laughs) There is also a magician who is evil. And a tiger who is evil. (laughs) Whose name was Tigron, I think. Uh, my my first note is the is the narrator the evil guy of this episode <laughs> like totally See, not narrator can never be the villain he is a good boy narrator Gary... constantly good boy gary owens is good <laughs> was he the yeah. evil villain this episode uh just kind of slightly disguising his voice so it wasn't that apparent maybe i mean they only had like eight voice actors for this whole thing <laughs> So my, my immediate th- thought was watching this. I was like, oh my God, another circus episode. Like every cartoon has one. Even like the Galaxy Rangers one I just watched a while ago had one. Mm. I think even Ninja Turtles go to the circus. I don't know. Do they go? To- oh my God, I don't think the Ninja Turtles ever went to the circus. Holy crap. I mean, there's like what, 300 episodes of 80s Turtles? There's got to be one where they go to the circus. All right. If anybody can find that, you're going to have to post it here. 
Maybe I'll I'll send them a small Ultra Madness bobbleheady thing that I still have, if I can find it. That's a lot of work. That's a that's a pretty big reward for a Google search. <laughs> <laughs> so they only got hired as clowns. They only got hired, I mean, as uh, performers here because the blue guy can change to a bike. So he finally contributed to something and isn't depressed now. <laughs> He's. Well, he did, he made that shield that reflected that light back. Yeah, I, I know. But <laughs> let's see if that helps him with his depression this episode. So their plan was just to what? To pretend to be in there, then fake fake a fall and then get through? Or, uh, get, well, they were spying, know. and then, of course, the villains get too impatient and kind of ruin the whole plan. Dia, she's like, well, this circus sucks. I'm leaving and going home. <laughs> Oh my god. God, she's always leaving Rob's dates. I mean, she really does. Yeah, I was like gonna him. say, not only does she does she feel that the circus suck, Rob was a terrible date. <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> like when he took her to the museum to learn about like, I don't know, snails or something. You know. can tell it was gonna go well when the when the date starts off and she's like, Where's that other commander or boss guy? <laughs> it wouldn't have matter what he did. She would just be like, nah, I want the other dude. <laughs> In, in my notes, I have that Dia friend zones Rob hard. Yes. <laughs> also, I enjoy that, like, when the villain, the the clone her or whatever, comes out, he she's like, yeah, let's go on a date. And he's like, there's something wrong here. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, wait, wait, she doesn't like me. That was, that was rough. <laughs> it's like he knows. Oh, that's right. So, like, there was, there was, like, a scene or two in here that was kind of funny because it serves no purpose other than to describe to the viewer what's going on. Like earlier, you think, what's the point of this scene about the defense system? This serves no purpose. And you're like, oh, okay, because they're going to have to come steal it later or something. I'm just like, why are we wasting so much time here? And I'm like, oh, it is good. It's funny. They just add other characters (laughs) that like, oh, these characters have, you know, that they're adding other characters besides the main, you know, six. And then it's just like, no, it's just it's just the guy who does Rob's voice <laughs> doing a terrible <laughs> voice for some of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. They spend all their budget on animation. They're not going to hire more yeah. voice actors. That, I mean, true. Uh, but going, oh, sorry, really quick, I want to go back to Dia. And mm-hmm. uh, my notes I have, getting together later, Rob's like, okay. Then Rob's very astute. It's like, she's into me. Something is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just funny how that happens. Oh, God. And speaking of Dia, I was like, does she ever get any time off? <laughs> I was like, geez, no. <laughs> she likes someone she's never seen. She's never met. Uh, my other note was like, well, how does she get any time off? She's there for like an hour and then says, I got to go back to work and leaves him. And I'm just like, I, I don't. It's like you never see her, her or Yondu like ever like on vacation or even off a 24 hour day, like just going on their lunch break. It's like they must be there all the time. They're the only two people that know what they're doing, apparently. Well, what real work does Ron do even do? I mean, he kind of just says, uh, I don't know. Probably need your help. Weird. Something's going on. Go check this out. Did anybody else listen to the music this episode that felt like it was supposed to be a sitcom music? That's kind of the feeling I got from the music. Like, it was different this episode. It was how so? I have, like, I have very, very jazzy. Mm Mm-hmm. It was like a, almost a Seinfeldian. <laughs> God, I'm trying to interpret this note. It says, uh, the next person in the Hall of Mirrors is going to be like, what are these people behind the glass banging to get free? <laughs> Why aren't they me? <laughs> it's like, 
I kid though, because that's just visually to show the viewer that they're trapped inside. Because otherwise, you know, kids wouldn't probably understand. One of one of my favorite lines that goes, once uh, once we figured out how the mirrors work, we undid the process. I'm like, cool, way to get out of explaining how you did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Okay, I thought I just like had a moment where I spaced out. But good to know they didn't actually explain it. <laughs> no, it was in the last like two minutes of the episode. It's like once we figured it out, we got them out. I'm like, oh, no, okay. They did good. it with magnet bands, right? No, they didn't explain it at all. No, <laughs> it, it, that explanation was the explanation. Like ten, <laughs> like five seconds before the episode goes to black. <laughs> cool, great. Ten out of ten writing, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> and it was so. I mean. I, I almost forgot left. about it before they mentioned it too, because it they just the way they forced it into that that scene, it was like, oh wow, that's right. You guys really just made it obvious that yeah, you, you didn't explain this at all. Well, they, they they put some type of urgency to it because like the mirrors are breaking. I'm like, oh crap, we have to get get them out of here because they'll right. die, you know. And right. I'm like, oh, no. maybe they'll die. I don't know. The mirror's breaking. <laughs> I have a weird question. How are the Orbots undercover? Because the ringleaders saw them as robots saving their ship. Unless this world is just populated with tons of sentient robots, and they're just the only sentient robots with magical powers. Because the guy who's working for Umbra immediately knows who they are, Like, right? Like, no, this guy doesn't really work. Well, I think that... Okay, yeah, that, that was a little weird, because he was like, if you know any local talents, let me know. And then, like, I don't know. Like, it did... I mean, did they know? I think they, when they were getting in, they were just like, let's uh, let's evade the galaxy patrols, you know, defense yeah. systems by by getting in. And then they're like, if you know any talent, let us know. And then uh, then uh, Rondu's like, I'm going to put you in the circus. You'll see it too, you know, like as kind of a thing. Because Tigron was uh, later was like, oh my gosh, they're mighty Orbots. And it's like, you were there, Tigron. Can't okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he didn't know. I think we were supposed to also believe that because they were wearing these terrible outfits, that was the perfect disguise. Because he was kind of like surprised when Those outfits were wonderful. They were ten out of ten beautiful. Whoever whoever designed them gets a pay raise. Oh God, yeah. And then, and, and and then he's like, "You call yourself the Flying Robotties," and like, and Ono's like, "Yep, sure, let's go go with it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, it seemed like he was like, I don't really believe this, but then he just completely bought in. And in my head, I want to say that he did not know who they were, and that he always throws out that line: "If you know any talent, let him let him come tell him I'm looking for folks." Because that's the way, probably how he makes money: just flying around the the planet, getting free cheap labor, just because somebody <laughs> who wants to catch getting a spotlight, fifteen minutes of fame. Uh. Oh yeah, I forgot. Like yeah, because he is surprised about that. Because apparently the disguises are working. So, um, I have in my notes that this plan isn't terrible. But the more I think about it, it was pretty, really like a, a pop and circumstance. Like, hopefully the people who are head of the Galactic Patrol come to see your circus. I really <laughs> hope they do. Because if they don't, they're just you're just playing a show for people. Wait, but they're going undercover because they think the circus is working for Umbra, right? Or somebody well, there. Well, yes, but but they but the uh, worst Umbra... scenario is that they still get money. Yeah, but, but the worst part is the employees still go there. Like, why is yeah. Dia there if they suspect it? I mean, she could but, be but... kidnapped, or and she is. Same with anybody who works there. You know. But Umber's plan was, I will get these guys in here, so I get their what is it, aura, their uh, their aura code, and they they put they put their hands on that like weird spear thing. 
Right. And like uh, the aura scan, that's what it's called. They it's like, so their, their plan was like, let's hope they come to the circus. And if they do, we'll nab them, you know? So well, hey, the circus is in town. Everyone goes to the circus. We work so hard. Let's go to the circus. Oh, so by the way, I was proven right earlier. Other people actually do see them on the other side of the mirror because Rob sees them. So how are they going to hide them from other people who just stumbled into the Hall of Mirrors? Was it just some random bouncer out there going, oh, mirrors are closed today? <laughs> uh, yeah, that lizard frogman. Maybe he, he was the bouncer. The guy who was spying on the spies. Or the attraction. It's just a horror show now. What's a horror show? The the mirrors with the with oh, the guys in it. Okay. Yeah, okay. Wow. They they'll look at those mirrors and be like, wow, it really just seems like there's somebody right there. But as like uh going back to the beginning a little bit, like how the circus formed out of the uh out of the train just being pieces and then just kind of forming out of the act. I, I thought that was actually kind of cool. Like it wasn't just like coming out of nowhere. It was like forming out of the elements of the train. I was like, okay, that's that's like okay, so I'll put some time into that. There was a ton of heavy shading in this episode, like to make the episode look good, like mm-hmm. with lighting and stuff like that. It was like a lot more apparent than the previous episodes. Yeah, and in the next couple episodes, they get really, really intense with her- the character expressions and animations. But they, yeah, this episode is like they're they're really ramping it up. I don't know if they realize they're going to be done soon, and they're just going to be like, "Hey, let's give it all or nothing." But yeah, they really, really ramped up the character expressions. What is it? I don't know what I'm referring to in this note because it says, "Dia, come on." Rob finds you, leaves, then a mighty then mighty Orbots immediately show up. I don't know what this comment is referring to. <laughs> is it like the end of the episode? I don't know. Was that when Elephant Saurus was attacking? I don't know. Elvatoris. It's the only one I can my note taking. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, you're probably talking about the fake deer, right? Because real deer was in the, the mirror the whole time. Oh, okay. The episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did Rob do when he thought something was up? Did he do anything at all? Or did he just, like, go back to where she came from, like the mirrors, right? I don't, I don't know what happened. Like, why did he even leave the circus? Because she left him, got captured. And then he was just kind of wandering around. Around, I mean. And then he found her when he thought that she had already left for the day. Oh, like, oh was it because work. he was watching the the, the robotics do their act, and it seemed dangerous? So then he hit it out. And then that whole sequence happened while he was just walking outside. I guess. Yeah, I think it was like a like pop and circumstance. Like, oh, here she is, and it's like, wait a minute, everything's reversed. <laughs> I take special extra attention to you, Dia. <laughs> oh yeah, and didn't didn't escape a monster on a roller coaster? Yeah, that was Bort. Okay, yeah, good idea. That that sounds like a great idea. So what I, I, like, what I like about that scene is that when he, after Bort takes care of the monster, Bort just falls, <laughs> like from like 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 they animate the monster like you know being defeated, but then Bort just like there's no sound effect or anything. Bort in his the roller coaster car just falls down. <laughs> wow, I think I was like yeah, because then what the snake guy tries to follow him on the cart. I was like, one car doesn't go faster than the other, man. <laughs> Bort pulls out a magic flute that puts monsters to sleep, and I write, what is happening anymore? Not monsters, just snakes. That only works on snakes. Oh, okay. Ah. Snakes. Okay. It's I'm age, sorry. It's I'm going by kid logic here, so. But yeah. But overall, what did, do you guys have any more notes, or what did you think of the episode overall? I thought uh, it was fun. It was- yeah, I thought it was fine. It, it, it was fine. It was a cute premise. Nothing. It was nothing really too too super intense. But uh, I just I just like the idea that they're really excited about the circus in the beginning, and then got oh no, the circus is evil. What do you know? 
It was uh, of, of the batch episodes. It was not the worst. It oh. would be pretty hard to beat the worst episode of this batch because I, I have one note that episode and that episode was terrible. Wait, one of the oh. next two episodes is your worst episode according the to you. Next episode is oh no wow. oh man this is my this is my favorite episode. Sammy, do you have more uh, comments about circus bots? Uh, it's a pretty good. Episode. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Okay, I thought you were continuing to talk after you yeah. left. No, okay. that was, that okay. was <laughs> okay. That's it for me. Okay. Uh, so that was that episode as a transition between here. Andy, you want to talk about anything uh, Orbilets related that isn't the episodes? Oh, gosh. All right. Uh, let me, let me <laughs> go down. you on the spot again. I know. Um, so I don't know if I meant, I might be repeating myself, and I apologize if I am, because it's been a while since we did this. There's one episode coming up. It's episode 12, and there's some really beautiful space fighting scenes in it and some really great panning shots. And I was just like, I wonder what people, the other art directors did. So I really I look it up, and 99% of them worked on Space Adventure Cobra. <laughs> and like, oh, okay. Like Galgo 13, Battleship Yamato. Like, I, I guess I'll get into more details. Like, oh, I got, one, I got a fact I'll give this, you know, give to Sammy. Shingo Araki, uh, who also worked on Space Adventure Cobra, Lupin, Ulysses 31, whatever, whatever. He also was the character designer for Yu-Gi-Oh! and the key animator for G.I. Joe the movie. You're welcome. Oh, all right. Okay. I mean, that's pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Write that on the people I want to meet (laughs) list. It's Shingo Araki, A-R-A-K-I. I I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. That name sounds so familiar. I guess I need to get around to eventually watching the G.I. Joe 80s movie, huh? Please don't. What? No, just, what no, do you just mean, watch... please don't? So this fun fact, which I just realized because I, I haven't actually been looking at any of the writers. The very first two episodes were actually written by that Donald Glut guy who wrote the Dinobots episodes. He actually wrote the Phoenix episode and this circus episode we just watched. Oh, He's, he did, I think, eight to ten episodes of the original series, and he wrote both of those episodes with Douglas Booth, who I can't recall if we talked about him on Transformers or if he's just a different writer I don't know. But I do know we've talked about David Wise. Yeah. Once we get into uh, the last episode, it's like the first two and the last were written by Michael Reeves, who's also a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle writer. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so you guys want to go on to the next episode. We have episode 11, A Tale of Two Thieves, in which my brain needs a recap. (laughs) All I've got is notes. Notes out of order. Uh, Oh, I think I remember. Is this the one where they're hunted by a girl and her robot? Yes. Oh, okay. I like this episode. Yeah. On my note, I have an asterisk. goes, favorite episode, all in caps. All the character designs are very Ozamodesky. And this, per, and as a personal note, every bootleg I've ever gotten of this show, this was always the worst looking episode. Every single time, it just looked like garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it like just like really bad. It looked like it was the worst VHS copy of anything you could have ever had. And then when I finally saw this, it was mm-hmm. like, oh my god, this is a really. I, I I thought the the character expressions were really good in the episode, and just mm-hmm. the character designs, like especially uh, what's his name, Kleptos, you know, the thief. <laughs> He, you know, classic name. Listen, the, the, the names were 
not so good here. But <laughs> it, it excuse just, me, Belladonna is an amazing name. Oh no, no, but okay. Belladonna is an amazing character design, and like I really wish we got a season two of this because she's so good and just so cool. I would have loved to see more female foils in this show because it was just so out of out of left field, you know, just yeah. like here. This like this sexy lady character with like this robot. I, yeah, I did I, like her as a villain in this episode because it just seemed interesting. And plus, didn't I think at the end she had a good well, maybe not her as a fight scene, but at least whatever she created as a fight scene. My first comment though is a complaint: like they didn't even know what they were stealing. What stupid villains' ideas are these? <laughs> that was how my initial impression started though when I'm watching it. This was the moment where I thought I just spaced out because like I was just like, okay, they must have explained this. No. No, they didn't. I like wrote down a prediction. I'm like, they're going to knock this over right after they say it's dangerous. And then let's play. Oh, oh, they did is my notes. <laughs> also, so dangerous it can destroy a planet. Why, why is this place not more protected? What is going on? I think I was just confused at some things. Like I was like, was I paying attention in the beginning or not? Like, like what Sammy was asking. It's and all, Yeah. Why would Bort just, if it's so important, why not just put it back in the ship? Just, no, I'm going to put it here. <laughs> and let's walk all the way to the destination. Through this dangerous city that is supposed to be the most densely populated planet in the universe. <laughs> I, I think I was confused with the plot a little bit, because I'm like, so Umbra wasn't actually going to steal this pod originally. She was going to steal it and contacted Umbra to get help stealing it because she works for him, right? Hmm. It wasn't like Umbra's plan originally. At least that was my impression. I don't know. Usually Umbra's behind everything, so I could be wrong about that. Yeah, I, th I think she just is like undercover and says like, this might help you. Because I don't remember a huge Umbra presence in this episode. I think he appeared maybe like once. Like I'm not, I'm not recalling it. Yeah, I don't remember him wanting it explicitly. It just seemed like, well, like, well if that's they're a sharing it around. <laughs> Say that again? Might as well. He's like, that's a dangerous thing. Might as well just take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh i like this comment they're like this place could use some serious urban renewal i'm like yeah let's kick out all those undesirables and build some high-rise apartments oh my baby God. Uh, <laughs> I, I i i have i have under my notes this comment has not aged well <laughs> <laughs> who said that i think i think bo did bo was like uh, the orange oh one God. she was like and i just like oh 80s you're so so naive <laughs> <laughs> it's like let, let's do trickle down economics. Let's let's talk about how that's gonna work. <laughs> oh God, can we please not bring up Reagan? <laughs> you know, show about robots. No robots. It's the right time period. Come on. <laughs> we were very stupid in the eighties. Very stupid. It's like you say that like we changed. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. I do have some animation comments. So. The background lights in this whole episode reminded me of a lot of anime-esque uh, things. Like, I actually said it reminded me of Space Adventure Cobra because of the fast movements of the lighting in the scenes. <laughs> well, what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> now I know why. <laughs> I'll go to my fourth note. I love these characters and settings. They're Dezeki AF. <laughs> yeah, and I thought, I read that the animation was actually really good in this episode. A lot of the movements in this were actually really well done. Like the way people move wasn't like awkward and blocky because everyone was inexperienced. It looked like people actually know how people move through physical space and like how fast it works in this episode. Sometimes it's not 
consistent from episode to episode. Like it'll only be minute, you know, two to five where it looks good. And then somehow minute six will not be good. Well, maybe it's not noticeable to most people, but you can just tell the way people move sometimes that a different group of animators did this next scene. But in this one, everything seemed really consistent with the art style. Uh, yeah, I guess they could back on this episode. Yeah, I did think visually it was something that was a lot better than most of the other episodes. It, it was pretty good. I just wish that the writing itself, the plot, was at that same level. This episode, to me, was just so very basic. They were kind of <laughs> reusing segments that they just did. Let's have, uh, what is it, Crunch go save the kid two times. And it just, it, I don't know, it it was so uneventful. And, and it seemed like this was going to be one of those episodes where they kind of dedicated towards one of the robots to kind of like, I don't know, shine a spotlight on their abilities and stuff like that. But but Crunch has nothing, and they didn't. This was their opportunity to kind of make him uh, more than just a joke character every episode, and he was nothing but a joke character this most of this episode. <laughs> I like uh, how there was like a brief five seconds of maybe he'll have I don't know something like to, like right at the end where he's just like being sad over the kid leaving, and then immediately is like I'm hungry, and I'm like yeah. Uh, yeah yeah it was like man once that happened i was like man this episode is terrible (laughs) i kind of went i kind of went once i once i started to see that oh they're probably gonna make this a crunch episode maybe he'll be a little bit more interesting and then he wasn't and then it kept happening where like here's an opportunity to do a little bit more in the middle where i guess he was uh underground and he was when him and bort were running from that that I don't know, Terminator-like robot. It seemed like th- th- there could have been something there that they kind of w- were starting to, to do, but it, it just didn't pan out. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was more for the spectacle of everything, you know, but what, you're 100% right. They, they really kind of dropped the ball where they could have made this a, a an episode, you know, explaining more of Crunch's character other than funny fat guy that eats things. I mean, I, I as I said, I like the spectacle and I, I like the little bit of relationship that he made. Uh, him and, and the kid have, but mm-hmm. they they could they could have done a lot more. You're right. Yeah. So this was the first episode where they actually recognized the shadow agent. They were like, "Hey, I know blah blah blah." So they've mm-hmm. actually had past episodes we haven't seen with her in it. Yeah, I have here. It's like Rob knew about Belladon before. Okay. <laughs> like continuity, I guess. And then I have another quote here, which was pretty funny. Where did the evil person go? Maybe we should try that skull-shaped building. I don't know <laughs> if that's what they actually said, but that's what I wrote after the, the line. <laughs> yeah. But no, um, I did like the villain because that robot was able to fight all of the Orbots, right? And, like, stand up against them. But then, of course, our main villain is actually, what, defeated by a kid, so... Well, How did... the... Where does her robot go? Pocket yeah, dimension. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to remember. It, it it seemed like he was there, and then he just wasn't. Like the focus well, yeah. immediately turned to the protean. Uh, didn't he go inside the the shadow walker and power it up? Oh, uh, <laughs> like like he like went in there and he was like doing the shadow walker, and that was like the last we saw of him. And then the protean was like, "Here I am, I'm the blob." Yeah, so I guess yeah, he just went down with the ship. I guess. Yeah. Okay. And then Rob was like, I'm going to use pseudoscience. This expands using oxygen. Let's use carbon dioxide. Like, okay. Okay. Does anybody know about science to know what would happen if they did that instead? I mean, I mean, you're taking away the fuel source 
so it wouldn't grow, but it wouldn't freeze unless that's something it would already do. That was kind of weird. I was like, all right, we're just going to go with it. Not going to listen anymore. Just, just go with it. Uh, I should just play the more you know whenever someone explains real science after some of them like this. Yes. No until after the battle. Yeah. I do remember the whole reason this started is because that kid stole it. So then the good and the bad guys are trying to go after it. But what did he do at the end that helped save the day? Are you well, about the kid or the thief? Yeah, the kid thief. What did he yeah, do? he like threw he like threw it at them. He's like, you want it? And then he opened it and then showed what happened. And then the and then I was at Bell Down. I was like, you fool, you young fool. Or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> and then Rob has to do his fake science to stop what the kid did. Is that what happens? Yeah. 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 Okay. Just that little gap of 30 seconds I was missing in my brain. There and was the one... kid's like, I'm going to keep this guy straight so you don't have to put us on the bad planet. It'll be fine. And he's like, well, I guess I got to go get a job. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I, I appreciate the callback to Devil's Asteroid. I'm like, oh, somebody's paying attention. I, I I like how stuff is just easily resolved in cartoons. They're like, oh, you don't need to go to child services or, you know, <laughs> we're just going to believe the word of this adult who used to be a bad person. This sounds like an old, like, Cockney Pirates. Like, it's like, like I don't even know what accent that is. <laughs> so, Thomas, did you like the thing is turning flowers solid? So they're like, looks like another solid defeat. <laughs> I don't even think that's a pun. I didn't even think that was funny. Um, I'm going to say that was not funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, I have a question here. Does the Galactic Patrol recompensate people who have their buildings and, and stuff damaged during Mighty Orbot's fights? How like, would they even have the money? The damage like, that they took thing out did... that whole tower. So are they going to pay for a new building that Rob damaged with the carbon dioxide, even though, you know, otherwise it was going to take over the whole world. But yeah, I understand. I, I have a note here about the end with a uh, crunch going, he's okay. He's just eating property again. <laughs> oh God. He's like, I'm going to eat the street side. Oh, crunch. You're doing just fine. There was oh, yeah. a cool little, I don't know if it was a Lupin reference or like a Cobra reference, but when Kleptos was running down the, uh, was it the Shadow Walker? He was like doing this weird run where he's like hands over feet type run. It's very, it was very like Lupin the Third, and it's only for like maybe like a second he does that, but they just remind me of Lupin. It's funny. My final comment is I like this episode despite it not being as over the top as a lot of the other episodes. Yeah, I I, I feel that way. I mean, it's as I said, the crunch thing really bums me out because it's like they could have pushed it a little more, but yeah. other than that, I, I kind of like the smaller. Well, it's technically big stakes because everything it's going to eat the entire planet. <laughs> but, it wasn't, <laughs> but it wasn't like throwing a rock onto a planet to make it explode big, you know, like the first <laughs> episode. Yeah, I like it too. I, I wish that they had a chance to do more episodes and maybe they would have planned out more episodes like this where it's not just some crazy giant monster, but, you know, you're just dealing with just like regular people. Yeah. And, and I think was the space cobra reference of just kind of being planet side and having some type of like bounty hunter trying to get the characters i i thought i i think that's why i felt this was very you know very in the line of cobra-esque mm -hmm. but um yeah sammy what did you think any more notes did you like it overall to answer your question Bur I agree with what everyone else has been saying it's definitely one of those episodes where you're kind of here for the animation rather than 
anything else. Uh, <laughs> there wasn't a heartwarming um, story of a poor boy who learned to not live on the street and get a job and be a good kid. Yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> if you really want to read between the lines. Well, they didn't even I give the kid a name. His name is the kid. Yeah, that's a terrible name for a nephew. I get it. It's oh, yeah. Like... My one note was not one note, but one of the notes. <laughs> I was trying to figure out if Belladonna is controlling robots with her mind, because if that's true, I want that power. I mean, they they couldn't go... I mean, they only had one episode to go into it. She's so cool. She's, she's super cool. Like, I want to be that lady. I, I tried to look up on DeviantArt if any of the villains from Mighty Orbots ever had fan art, and zero. Not a single villain in any of these episodes has fan Why art. Why don't you also check DeviantArt? <laughs> It's the only okay. place I know where people do like fun like fan art, right? Twitter? What? Twitter's like Twitter, 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 Twitter Pixel. Tumblr. I guess uh, Tumblr, Tumblr, but Tumblr it's horrible. Tumblr. Tumblr is horrible to search. So it's much better than Twitter is. But again, Pixiv, Delboro, Frick. Uh, I was going to say, if they, Pinterest, do, if, they do, actually. if they do fan art of Umbra, are they going to have to have a uh, 18 warning on there? Let's see. Why? Because he, he's uh, just a giant he, face. Oh, he's just like a giant space nastiness. He just looks like he looks. He's like body horror incarnate. <laughs> so it's, it's a trigger warning, not an eighteen plus warning. <laughs> okay. I don't Get know. Your I just... Tags right. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I only post on Twitter. <laughs> no tags for me. <laughs> no tags. What is it? I uh, I, I think I entered Mighty Orbots into into here and for some reason Mega Man and, and Knuckles are up here for some reason before it starts going into all the other actual Mighty Orbots fan art. So okay. Actually some of these are pretty interesting. But anyway, any final any other final thoughts, uh Sammy or I was about to say Rob. <laughs> there is no Rob. Ow. Like Rob. <laughs> I was like, Rob's not a real person. He is in our hearts. Uh Andy. Hi. Oh, yeah. I meant Andy. Yes. <laughs> not even close to Rob. My, mighty Andy over here. Okay. But yeah. So does anybody have any final thoughts? I liked it. I enjoyed it. Then um, want to make some, uh, give us some more fun facts again as an intermission. Oh, gosh. Or we can yeah. just, you know, talk randomly for a minute or two. About something else. Um, you can't say that because we'll talk about G.I. Joe. Uh-oh. So you don't talk about G.I. Joe. One of the guys who worked on this, uh, Skip Jones, is a Don Bluth alum. And he worked on Secret and Nim's Space Jam, Land Before Time. Cool. And same with Dave Spafford, who I, I just have Spafford. under his thing, Don Bluth stuff. <laughs> cool. I wonder what the initial plan for this show was, since it was originally ended because of the lawsuit prevented them from making another season, didn't it? Yes. So they they just had to shelve plans, but we have no idea. I have no idea, actually, if the season was actually popular at all when it came over to America. Would it have gotten a season two, or was it just meh response, and so it would have stopped at season one anyway? Like, I guess there's no way to figure that out unless you, like, so release a DVD with some freaking commentary. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, otherwise, th- you don't really know stuff unless the creators are uh, telling you about it. I think in the you can look up the lawsuit between Tonka and TMS and MGM, and I I think they give you a listing of like 
how many households it appeared in or potential households it appeared in based on the GoBots using Mighty Robots, Mighty Vehicles, and Mighty Orbots. I mean, that lawsuit was just, I mean, as much as I love GoBots, that lawsuit was literally just grasping at straws just to try and take down the little guy because there's no way they could have taken down Transformers. Yeah, um, it kind of seems like they should have gotten a ton of money for that, especially if they were already bankrupt, like, or out of, like, by the time the lawsuit's still going on, because lawsuits can take two to three years for just basic things. Because, like, 1985 was supposed to be when the toy was coming out, because they have a toy fair or toy pamphlets of the actual toy. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, and it looks just like, it looks like a uh, kind of dumbed-down God Mars. Uh, are you but it never with? came out? It never came out. Let me see if mm. I can find a picture of it. I'm surprised uh, this isn't something that Hasbro just like acquires the rights to in like the 2000s or beyond for like a penny just so they can have it in the future if they ever want it. Just because it doesn't seem like it's it's going anywhere. Like it's just basically a dead property and like someone has the rights to it right now. But all it got was basically a DVD release and who knows if that even sold. So I, I think I think the DVD release sold fairly well. I remember seeing on Twitter, they said like it was one of the most, it was a very, very like lucrative product for Warner Archive that month. Okay. I mean, it's, it's not going to be as bad as Pirates of Dark Water, which never was released and is only available print on demand on Amazon. Aww. I posted the pictures of the Mighty Orbots toys in uh, the chat. They, they were pretty fun. I, I, like they just never were released. Yeah, I see like the toys. Oh my god, they're so blocky. Were these supposed to sell when Transformers are already like out? Well, I mean, to be fair, the only other combining Gestalt, I mean, other than the Transformer ones, you only had that. So if you wanted some other combining Gestalt robot, you didn't have, you had the GoBots Puzzler, which actually has the same color scheme as this, with the red body, the black and blue legs, the yellow and orange arms. This would have come out in 84. Devastator wouldn't come out until 1985. So, yeah, you might, this might have, might have been the first, uh, I guess, like, guess, well, we, Bandai released the Godaiken toys, which they actually had God Mars and other robots that had no, that to American kids had no other story than they just look neat. While in Japan, they had episodes and episodes of comics and TV shows, et cetera. So Did that's the a whole other. Did toy not do that? Yeah, yeah, they had the Voltron. Oh my God, maybe I'm forgetting about Voltron. Well, who am I? Uh, that was '84. Yeah, yeah that was '84. Yeah. But like Bandai also released that in their Godaiken line as Go Lion. Mm. So yeah. and, and then they the were releasing a lot of them out in the early '80s too. They just were just random figures all over the place. I remember. Yeah. Uh, so there could have been some out there. Just people don't remember without the name brand sustaining or things like that. Yeah, they. I, I complete my brain just lapsed. I completely, completely forgot about Voltron. But the, but the, but the Voltron saga is its own twisted tale because they made Voltron one, and then two, then three, and they were like, let's make a show out of the one, or or let's show the show about one. And was it Die Rugger or was like number two? I have to look that. Up, the yeah, numbers. but uh, Voltron is fun. All the special features on that, on how it was created, is just really fun to watch. Because there's even like a promo reel that they went with investors to that's on the DVD that shows the premise of all three shows that would have been around 150 oh, okay. episodes. And it even shows scenes from the third anime that was never made to be used on. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I brought up a picture on Google. Voltron one run was die rugger. Number two was the, the I no, forgot. Yeah. It's Albegas. Die rugger and... is the second Voltron is the American vehicle force Voltron, which was the second one made. Okay. No, I, I'm talking about the, uh, I'm just talking about the toy boxes. 
Oh, the toy boxes. Okay. Sorry. I was talking about in orders of airing. Yeah, no, no, you're right. And then they made the Fleet of Doom, which was like trying to like put them all together. And oh, was the third one actually released as a figure, even though the anime never got made for it? Yeah. Oh, cool. was it Al Vegas? Was uh, was it Al Vegas? Uh, Al. I don't remember the name yeah. of it. I'm still pissed because I own all of Voltron, animated and Vehicle Force and the Japanese show, but I cannot find the third series of die rugger on dvd they did not make enough of any of it like i i try to find it on amazon it's always unavailable i sometimes look for ebay and and it's never there there's billions of copies of the first volume and and i had to pay 50 bucks to get the second volume because that's like the lowest anyone sells it when it shows up but i must spend in 400 effing dollars when it did show up last month on ebay i'm like no you can go to hell it's not worth 400 (laughs) dollars Yeah, uh, Media Blasters was weird with how they released things. It wasn't the best. Like, now I can't they're... even find evidence that exists. I only just found it twice on eBay. Well, and I, and the, both times it was $399, 400 I'm like, no, well, I'm not case, doing that. Well, in that case, you can always watch Voltron in the third dimension. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> one day. One day I'll find it. So anyway, what do we got here? Episode 11. Nope. Episode 12. Uh, Introducing I'm totally not the villain of this episode, man. Space Texan. Yeah. It's one of those things (laughs) where, like, the guy shows up at the beginning. And I remember he just, like, fights them. And they're like, oh, man, this guy's tough. And he's just like, ha ha, I was just testing you guys. And I'm just like, yeah, testing you to figure out how to defeat them in battle later. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like... Uh, this guy's totally going to turn traitor against his friend, isn't he? But also, how much of a crappy welcome is that? You're going there, and all of a sudden, someone just starts attacking you randomly, and they're like, oh, it's all in good fun. I was just testing you. I, I like it when Tor goes, what a, what, what a great guy. And I have in my notes, this bodes well. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode was kind of funny, just the, the setup for this. Because in the Cosmic Circus... That one only really kicked off because Rondu just had just a terrible feeling about the circus master. So he had them spy on him. But in this episode, all that completely goes out the window. And it's Rob who has to have the bad feeling. And he's he's really Look, trying to convince friendship. Uh, he's really trying to convince him. But this guy's like, no, this is my friend. Friendship is invincible. You cannot shatter those bonds. <laughs> hey Rob, we went to space college together. He's legit. <laughs> Damn you, Space College! <laughs> I actually thought this was, like, the final episode, because I'm like, we're finally seeing P- Galactic Patrol headquarters for the first time, and it's, like, nearly obliterated. I'm like, this feels like a final season episode as I was watching it, and then I forgot there was a 13th episode. When he was testing them, the Warbots could have accidentally crushed and killed him! <laughs> I was like, you know, because they could have thought he was a shadow villain, so, I don't know. Whatever. A lot was riding on the him being better than the Orbots. I, I, the one thing that was funny is like the guys like Tadia, the the new guy, Dren, Drennan, is that his name? Yep. Yeah. He says, hey, Dia, how would you like to hear stories about your father? And Rondo immediately interrupts to like talk about something else. Very like, uh, uh, um, like, because he just. <laughs> those college days. <laughs> no one needs to hear those. <laughs> Maybe he could have said, why, when I knew your mother, since, you know, we never see her mother in the series. <laughs> that's part of the that's... dead parent club oh season two that's season two. Oh, 
<laughs> but then we don't see Rob's parents either. But then, you know, he's an adult and she's an adult too. Maybe she just happens to coincidentally be working with her father and her mom's still alive, you know, baking for Rondu every time he comes home, you know? I made you cookies. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wrote as Drennan turns around, he's going to do an evil smirk. And then, <laughs> then it happens. <laughs> And so I wrote as so I was like I I rolled at that I rolled at that because my prediction came true. It was okay, even it, after it that though Bortzlay like, smirk. What? Well, I I worry. Well, I guess there's probably two like close up of his face that happened. I guess the first time it happened, he is right after they met Rondu and they're walking away and he's like, "How did the 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 um how did Orbots fare against you? And he was like, "Oh, they put up, they made it, they put up a good fight. It was hard." And then he he turns back to them and, and smiles. Thanks for lying. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I like his response. Not everyone is a villain in disguise. <laughs> uh, the Galactic Patrol won't believe what I have to tell them. I'm like, yeah, they won't believe you're gonna betray them. Is that what you're saying? Because <laughs> I'm just like, come on, I can't be wrong about this. This is so everywhere. I was telling Sammy beforehand, there's a scene where Rob is sitting down and realizes he needs to get in his gear. And in front of him is a pamphlet that says the Drennan device. So Drennan took the time out of, to, for this plan to make thousands and thousands of pamphlets of his fake plan to like really sell it to <laughs> his people. He did. <laughs> Look, he's just very just, thorough. He's extremely thorough. Like, good job, dude. Like, I, I get... Good for you. And in the, this is me writing the episode while I'm watching it because they laugh and he uh, he says, oh, we play games all the time in college, Drennan. And Drennan's like, yeah, but you always won. And then my note is, yep, revenge, because he was never good enough and always lived under Rondu's shadows. That's exactly why he's going to turn evil, isn't it? That's that's always I, how I, that I, happens. Also, speaking of I, that scene where they're just like, hey, we're going to settle this with our mind and then mind laser beams happen. Like, <laughs> is that a thing? Is that a thing from the 80s to the 90s? Because, like, oh. I feel like G.I. Joe did the same thing, but most notably, Yu-Gi-Oh! does this between Pegasus and Bakura with their stupid Millennium items, and it's the dumbest f thing every time. <laughs> we, we know what happens later, right? Suddenly we enter the age of computers, and all that same stuff now just transitions into VR space in the 90s cartoons. Because I don't think that ever went away. Well, at least when I was a kid. Ancient Egyptian magical laser beams? Yeah, like the laser beams are like all go. <laughs> I thought you were talking about mind lasers, right? Yeah, my whatever. Laser beams that are somehow related to mind power. Because then like even in the VR, it's like your mind is creating all the lights and stuff or whatever. Mind bullets. Boom. That's telekinesis, Kyle. Thank you. Was it another one of those things where they're like, oh, we're having a mind battle. If I die here, I die in the real world. <laughs> Just like... No. no. <laughs> Wait, what are we... What? <laughs> is that, is that what did, was, did they bring that up at all? Is that Was that going to happen in their mind battle? <laughs> I'm so confused right now. <laughs> well, you know how, like, there's always mind battles or things like that where they're like, ah, oh, if I'm injured in my mind, I'm injured in the real world or vice versa. I don't know. I guess that is the thing that happens. I don't know if they brought that up at but all. That, or if it was just No, random. that makes more sense than f laser beams, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's my issue, is that somehow we have mind laser beams. Listen, Sam. Listen, Sam. How would you, how would you animate psychic powers? Tell me how mm -hmm. you would you do this. Go, let's, go back to, let's go back to 1984 TNF and be like, 
Listen, I have to tell you, you're doing it wrong. Chest. <laughs> the answer is chest. <laughs> I mean, that was Wait. obviously the way to do it. I mean, because they made what? Not only did they have Professor X do it, they had Jean Grey do it, and it was just constantly just mind lasers all the time. <laughs> ah, this is the most powerful psychic force I have ever experienced. Ah. That was like Xavier every other episode in the yeah. Iceman cartoon. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid psychic mind powers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have an episode. I have an episode for uh, Thomas here. <laughs> Bort turns into a drill fit vehicle that all six figures can ride in, and you question the transformer size changing properties. <laughs> the, the, yeah, this is their their very own Skyfire. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess with this episode, I had to, well, this series, I had to get used to it immediately because when they form Mighty Orbots, they uh, uh, clearly they grow exponentially compared to their regular forms. Yeah, actually, yeah, they do. <laughs> Why explain things? And speaking of their regular forms, okay, yeah, you can't fight as Mighty Orbots because somehow mind lasers have stopped you guys from staying together, but you guys have fought while you are the regular, like, Orbot. So why, how did they end up becoming, uh, how did they end up getting captured and just, like, giving up and be ending up being jailed? <laughs> it's like, that made no <laughs> sense to me. It's like, just a guy just pushes them in the back and they're just, like, immediately de defeated. Mm -hmm. Like, I have it here. It's like everything Bort turns into is just slightly off-looking and weird, but it's still charming. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just a little just strange. Like yeah, it's a very strange looking. Like the like the drill is just like his head, but like looking really sullen. And it's like just hop in, guys. It's like oh, Bort. <laughs> He's trying his best. He really is. I identify with Bort. Yeah. So one thing I thought was interesting is. Rondu actually gets involved in the plot a lot this episode, right? Because he got in a lot of the action, you know, with his, I guess, with yeah, his I mean, mind finally. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> instead of just like, Rob, go do something. I, I mean, where was all the mind laser stuff when the planet was being attacked, like every other episode? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Just sitting in his chair. Mind lasers are only a last resort. They're only mind effective against mind, other mind lasers. So did Drennan manipulate Rondu's mind? Did he manipulate his mind to be... To, to turn, like, his, like, I guess, mind energy into the giant beast? Or was Rondu actually the giant beast? In the... This episode, right? No, that was that, that was the other episode with the space pirate. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I think... I mean, it gets, it, gets a, it, gets a little, it gets a little hazy at times. But that guy, yeah, he... I forgot. Uh, Shrike. His name was Shrike. Uh, mm -hmm. And he... Uh, I forgot what he did, but he like he used Rondu's energy against him, and then he turned into different color energy beings that happened oh, to yeah. coincide with the colors of the Orbots. Yeah, that was a different mm -hmm. episode. <laughs> yeah, but no. Uh, so how stupid is Dia going to be now? This episode, what is it? Rob is on the TV with Rondu, and Rondu clearly straight flat out to him, and Dia has to know this now. But there is no mention of it ever again later this episode at all. I. She this has to have discovered it this episode. This episode just shows to me how pointless Dia is those last few episodes. Uh, and she was so interesting the first three episodes. 
Yeah, and, and she's like, I need, I need, Father, I need to help you. And he's like, no, dear, I got to do this myself because I'm a man. But, like, even it just, it just like, how cool would it have been if he, like, the daughter helped and he goes, this is a family affair or something. And, like, boom, beat it, beat him. You know, it's just like, that would have given Dia some type of other character other than Rob's love interest, you know? And the situation was dire enough. I mean, they, they could not use Mighty Orbots. You need help. <laughs> Let her help. <laughs> well, and you know why? Of those initial three episodes, Michael Reeves wrote those first two revolving around Dia being more actionable in the plot. So it might have been writers after that that just saw her as a love interest and didn't know what to do with her throughout the episode when having to deal with, you know, Rob and six other robots. Yeah. It's like, how do I write? <laughs> Yeah, I I feel that's really wa- real <laughs> wasted potential. We write multiple potential. characters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have this entourage of characters, but like uh, you could, I, I really wish like Dia came in at the last second. It was like, Dad, I'm here to help you, and and then Rondu's like, no, and then it's like, no, I you need help, and then that could be the lesson at the end. But instead, the lesson, the the, the joke at the end is like, I left my magnet on. Yeah. And it, it captured Crunch in a magnet. It's like, okay. Or there could have been like, what if, you know, Rob's, you know, too sick one day or kidnapped. And then they're like, oh, God, who's going to do it? And they have to like, you know, Dia has to learn to be the commander one day or something. That could have been a weird episode as she like hits the wrong buttons. Yeah, it just it unfortunately feels like this is a boy show. We will only be concerned with boys. And the two girl robots. I'm trying yeah, so give... hard not to talk about G.I. Joe. <laughs> okay, so something funny. Rondu and Dia have a space chase off the planet. Then Rob and the Orbots just appear with them later. I guess we assume that Orbots can get through, but I have doubts on Rob's little white car <laughs> getting through and just magically appearing because they were infiltrating, what, Umbra's spaceship, right? That's what they were trying to board that was attacking Galactic Headquarters? Yeah. Okay. I'm just like, all right, guess he's here now. No transition. Well, they were using them as a uh, distraction type thing. So, I mean, mm-hmm. like, I think it was like more or less focused on Rondu. Yeah, yeah. And also I put, I think, how warriors is this strategy? All right, I don't remember my own handwriting. Mighty Orbots picks up spaceships and places them in first on the big spaceships so their thrusters melt and stick themselves to the big spaceship. Is that is that what happened? I <laughs> I saw that and I was like, okay, what is going on? Oh, then hilarious! He, he grabs uh, another ship and puts yeah. it next to the other ship. I'm like, okay, is he is he going to build a big ship? And and, and he had a giant it. shuriken out of you yeah. know four ships, but he just didn't throw it, you know, like one. Yeah, because at the end he's like carrying the ship with all these other tiny ships on it. But it's my note here. It goes fusing ships into one big ship. Sure, why not? I kind of wish Gary would have explained that because that's a blink and you'll miss moment. Like it happens so quickly. What he's yeah. doing that would have that would been great. It's like yeah, you just have to see what they're doing. Because like right. if I because I'm, t- I'm I'm busy typing up my my uh, synopsis for this, kind of paying attention to uh, looking on the other screen. If I didn't t- pay explicit attention, I would have missed that scene because it's like four seconds long. It's like I wish Gary Owens was like it's like. Looks like the Orbots are making a giant ship or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they usually Rob says something or the narrator says something. I, yeah, it was just, that just happened. I, I was really confused. Yeah. yeah. How did the episode end? Because uh, I think I stopped taking notes and just watched the last <laughs> few minutes because I don't have anything else. In, in my notes, I have, 
it was the friends we made in the end. <laughs> what? Yeah, pretty because, much. Because Rhonda was like, he was my friend, Rob, but I have real friends like you, I think. <laughs> I think. How did they defeat him in the end? Like, just throw that those merged spaceships at the big spaceship? Kind of. Okay. Really? I'm just trying to go off on my memory now. I can't remember how they actually defeated it at the end. Well, well once once Rondu uh, got Drennan out of the mind lock, it was like, all right, Orbots, you can do your thing. And the Orbots did the thing with the ships making, you know, their, you know. Oh, because it was Umbra's Armada, so they just glued them all together and threw them away, right? Yeah, kind of. They didn't explain again. They didn't explain how they threw them away, which doesn't really matter in the situation. Yeah. So there wasn't just, one main ship. It was a tons of mini ships. Okay. Well, it was. The, I think it was the one big one, and then the little spiky ships around it. Okay. And then Umbra retreated like all '80s villains do, right? Yeah. Oh wait a minute. Wait wait. Oh um. Uh, it's like yes. Uh, I have in my notes saying yes. Umbra move the entire planet. Shadow Star. Like he would. It was am I wrong? But didn't he just move the planet closer to Earth? Wasn't there a scene with just the planet moving, or am I completely making that up? Well, it is his spaceship, so I guess he right. can do it wherever he wants. I, I love how the show is so fast and loose with like the amount of space that is in space. <laughs> like if they, if your galaxy's away, that's gonna take a bit. I mean, I, I know I'm putting real life facts into there. I wrote that in my ep- in my episode, my last episode, because I said that one girl, Belladonna, contacted Umbra and said, I need this. And she had it like in five seconds, even though they're galaxies away from where Umbra is. Yeah. And that's fine. It's just like, OK, we don't need to put that sense in this because I'm not going to I'm not going to take take points off an 80s show for not making <laughs> sense. I mean, I did kind of <laughs> notice that because at the be- beginning of this episode, they basically say that the convoy I think it was this episode that the convoy had been traveling for thousands of light years. And the way they were describing the situation just made it seem like it wasn't a short, a short journey. It seemed like they were traveling uh-huh. for a little mm-hmm. while before, uh, before Rondu, uh, not Rondu, before Drennan showed up and was like buzzing them. Okay. I think this was one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I was, I was pretty amused because uh, mostly because of the, uh, the Drennan character, the voice, mm-hmm. I, I just liked the character and just in I don't know the dialogue and just <laughs> the dynamic between him and Rondu and and Rob. And... Do we do we ever figure out who voiced Drennan? I know Sammy was asking that. I just thought it was Don Messick. I, I didn't yeah. I didn't look it too much up. <laughs> Six male voice actors on the show, so it's like, yeah, uh, got to be one of them. I guess we'll have to look up MD because they only list five of the villains on the actual Wikipedia page. So, so what about you, uh, Sammy? Final thoughts on this? Not really. I think we covered it all. Any more, Andy? No, I uh, I, I thought it was a, thought it was a fun episode. I enjoyed the fact that uh, Rondu was like the uh, you know the the main focus, talking about space college and whatnot. You know, space <laughs> space college. <laughs> Did they actually call it space college? I think I don't remember. I, I have just in here in all caps, space college. Okay, I thought that would have been hilarious because I don't remember at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is the mean... episode. I think they did. <laughs> I don't remember anything else. And to me, I feel like that sounds familiar. So <laughs> they couldn't have called it. That would be crazy. They couldn't have called it space. I think it was like space, space Academy or something like that. So yeah. something, something as derivative. But this episode had really beautiful like uh, panning shots and like space fighting shots. And that's what made me want to look up who did what in the animation stab because it's just there's this one like tracking shot where it's just going through the planet and it's like no reused frames of animation and it's just beautiful and only lasts like 10 seconds. 
but it's just like man th- th- this this show was bleeding animation budget they have just so you should check out imdb because it lists a ton of artists for the entire series yeah i got a got a list in yellow font right here because i got I got the storyboard guys i got the art director sichi kobayashi he did take a wild guess cobra he did venus yeah. wars orgus but for um, some reason, it doesn't list any of the additional voices. It only lists the main characters in the series yeah. cast. It doesn't list any of the one-offs, which is really weird. Hmm. Uh, I, ha- I have I ha- weird for 80s. Oh, I have another note for Sammy here. Hiroshi Uchida, who was one of the key animators, he worked on Yu-Gi-Oh! Zexel. Huh. <laughs> You're That's welcome. kind of interesting, because, like, Zeal actually does have a good animation. <laughs> oh, is that, is, that, is that how you pronounce it? Okay. Yeah, it's Zeal. <laughs> okay, it's, Ze- well, like... It's Zeal in Japan and Zexel here, so like you're you're right either way. And he worked on Metropolis, so yeah. No, these are all these are all like really like these animators all did other things that were wonderful. Some went on to uh, Ghibli stuff. Most of them stayed at TMS, but yeah. So that this episode was this and the last one I think really had some beautiful animation moments. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for listening to this episode. I'm. Seanan. No. Mighty Sammy. Thomas. I was going to say Mighty Andy, but I'll say uh, <laughs> D- D- Dren and Andy. Beautiful. Dren Andy. Dren Andy. Andy Might. Andy Might. Wallace. <laughs> All right. Good night, everyone. But before we begin, Sammy, do you have any cool Mighty Orvots? Stuff and or memories of this show um alas not really i mean like <laughs> i i mean other than andy like he cool uh i think you made me watch like the first episode together i forced you yes. um yeah yeah you know but i mean like that was really fun in, in terms of like growing up with it or whatever like i didn't even know about it until i met andy so <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about it too until Sammy brought it up on this podcast. I'm so I'm so sorry. Just like, keeps, yeah. It keeps spreading it out. So, <laughs> Thomas, what about you? Memories of this show slash uh, whatever else the other half of the question I asked Sammy was the memories of the th- 13 hours I've spent with the show. <laughs> but did you know it existed before the podcast? I've never heard of it. No. Episode 13. I don't think I've said the title for most of these. That's because I don't have the title card after a show. <laughs> so is most of them. But this one did because it said the writer was Michael Reeves, who did a lot of the TMNT episodes, I think. The first thing right off the bat, though, this episode, the giant weapon that can destroy suns is powered by an electronic music. How much more awesome and 80s do you have to get? Because it's like an electronic synthesizer music piano thing powers the giant star destruction laser had the wrap right back around to episode one where they had the uh that whole concert with ragos <laughs> and drax music is the key to the universe in our thoughts i mean absolutely but there's a but not to bring it back to cobra again which i do every time but there's a scene in Co- <laughs> there's a scene in cobra where they needed to get the map off of somebody who was on their tattoo like on her back and he, Cobra just goes to an organ and just plays like this crazy 1970s like psychedelic thing to to get this information. So it's just cool that they're still using an organ to to do to to do, to do like simple commands. 
Well, how does that actually get that off of the person's back? I, 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 like, did they did he play just some central music and just play them out of their clothes or something? <laughs> I, I I I think I'm hope I'm not mixing up the scenes because I probably am, but I think he got all the tattoos. It, the, the, the 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 galaxy weapon is tattoos on this one guy's daughter's back. So oh yeah, yeah because it's the, it's the TV version of the movie yeah. episode. And either Cobra or Lady play the song, and it just mixes them together, or or maybe or maybe it was they're trying to revive Cobra. Either way, an organ is played. <laughs> so they use this weapon to destroy a sun, and I'm like, well. There goes that totally uninhabited solar system so kids don't have anyone being killed. Because the first thing Umbra does is destroy his son so he can threaten the Galactic Patrol and, and just be like, all right, surrender or blow up your son. I don't know how this accomplishes his goal because we don't actually know what Umbra wants throughout this entire series, do we? Like, most of the time he's trying to get things or destroy the Galactic Patrol, but has he wanted to destroy Earth before or does he actually want earth to like take it over or does he want its resources he's just evil but we don't know what he actually wants well assuming that he's destroying the sun he wants i guess he wants earth because he could have just aimed that at the earth right yeah no he had to test it first you know yeah he never tested on your then they wouldn't have a chance to surrender and give you the earth and it's well what happened with this episode because he he does the test then he speaks with Rondu and basically gives him an hour. Five hours, yeah. Five hours. But why? Five hours for what? What did he want them to hand over again? He he wants them to surrender, I think, uh, in five hours because that's how long it takes to recharge the death laser. Oh, I'm sorry. So the, just... uh, the uh, no, not the Shadow Fortress, the Star Destroyer. <laughs> oh, so he just wants them to surrender. Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. You know that's is that what happened, uh, Sammy or Andy? Is that what you remember happening? You know, it's it, that's a really good point because I don't remember what Umbra's whole thing was about. I don't remember exactly why he's evil, other than being evil. Yeah, because I mean, there yeah, are other episodes a... where he has tried to just, you know, bomb the Earth and stuff. But I mean, I from that aspect, I could say that. I mean, he has had other goals in, in Orbots and. Rondu are always getting in the way, so maybe he just wants to finally just destroy them once and for all and take Earth with them, just to <laughs> so he can continue to do, like run his Shadow Star business. <laughs> Shadow Star LLC. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a lackluster villain in terms of '80s villains. He's not memorable. <laughs> it's not like he's like my whole thing in life is to dominate the galaxy. Like we don't even know that. I mean, unless it's a different plan each episode, unless I missed why, which I, I mean, I'm the ultimate Orbot stand when it comes to this stuff. But like, I don't, I can't recall a reason why Umbra wants to do what he does other than defeat the Galactic Patrol. And it's like, okay, you, you do that. Like, do, is there anything else to that plan? Do you like, yeah, do you, why do you hate them so much? Like, what's going on? What's your backstory? It's like when it's like when Umber went to the bank with his business plan. It's like one page. It's just like destroy the Galactic Patrol, and they're like, oh, "We can't give you a loan for this." Did anyone else see, hear like how the narrator just like would not be quiet the first five episodes of this episode? Umbra destroys the sun in a nearby galaxy, and he goes, "Umbra's really done it to himself this time." And I'm like, "Why are you so happy? He destroyed a galaxy." This is a pretty big deal, man. <laughs> also, I, <laughs> like, 
Come on, narrator. I love how Dia is just there. You know, hey, oh, I just witnessed a galaxy explode. Whoop. Well, that way she's written out of the episode because she's over there now and doesn't have to come to where the plot is. Yeah. There was another quote. The narrator's like, oh, no, it's only going to get worse for those Orbots. And I'm like, what? You're telling us the future now? <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess I'll wait for something even more terrible to happen to them in the coming few minutes. One thing that was funny, like the episode starts with them wondering what Rob is doing. And immediately, Ono's like, we could get in trouble. And then she immediately smiles <laughs> at that prospect and just runs over and does it anyway and says, let's do it. Heck yeah, troublemaker. <laughs> and then they see the, these like different robots uh, on up there that almost look like older or newer versions of them. So they think they're going to be replaced. But the thing that's hilarious is they go in to talk to and approach him about it. <laughs> And something like some something goes wrong in Rob's area and like it's a piece of equipment. He's like, ah, it's okay. The good thing about machines is that we can always replace them. And then Ono just gets this terrified look on her face. And I just started laughing. That was good. I like that. Yeah. That was that really made me laugh. <laughs> I, I have a, Y'all are mean. I have I have like I have in my notes the quote and then after that, Rob, comma, you dick. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, let me just hammer home the point you are disposable serve your purpose or else (laughs) well i think like it's i thought later he was just gonna say i don't think of you as robots or some something cheesy like that i I, I like how he goes what's wrong with them oh well i'm a horrible friend who doesn't communicate so back to work this is why dia doesn't like you (laughs) only fake dia liked you rob I enjoyed Bort as a rocking chair. That made me laugh. He was like, oh, he's so upset. That's that's how I feel when I'm upset. I get it. So where did this random teleporter come from? The uh, It's just like, oh, we could teleport anywhere we want in the galaxy. We've been able to do this the whole time, but we casually just fly around and patrol different galaxies to see what's going on. It came from... The- yeah, that kind of just blew my mind. I was like, okay, I mean... I feel like there's been several situations where that would have been very useful. It came uh, up. In, including in this episode where they're on the they're on the Shadow Star planet and, and Rondu says there's no way to contact the Orbots. Rondu's <laughs> not aware that they also have this machine where they can just send anything anywhere. <laughs> it came from the land of Plots Devicelvania. <laughs> Uh, they didn't even mention something like, oh, Rob just completed it or something like that. It's just there. Like, it's been there all this time. But the Shadow Star's a thousand feet thick, so maybe that's why they didn't use it. Or a thousand miles thick. A thousand miles, yes. How big is that ship? Jesus. Well, they at one episode, they said they could fit three suns inside of it. So Jesus. <laughs> or were you just fanficking that? I don't remember hearing that. I Listen, I have my whole story of exactly where these robots came from why he designed them don't worry they're tragic backstories tragic. that led to their life superheroes yep no I'm just <laughs> oh so um did anyone notice that once they teleported to the shadow fortress their art style completely changed and they were more blocky for the next minute uh so i i can address that the the show did not do a good job in explaining orbots mode where the characters get blockier so they can do the transformation and it makes sense because if you look at the characters themselves they're 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 very like the ladies are very slender and tours kind of chunky and then Bort's kind of thin so orbots mode i assume like they never 
explain this, but it's just like them as squarish pieces that could form into a square like robot. And I and like if you Google the pictures of the images of the characters online, all they have are the the regular modes. There's no really good resource of the quote unquote orbots mode as they call it. Like, they it's some up some episodes they call it that. But yeah, this happens throughout the series. The end like the uh what was it? The uh, circus episode, the last half of the episode, they're all in the chunky style. Oh, weird. So, like, they're just like that because they think they need to transform soon or something? Yeah, I, I'm going to post This is, like, one of my like, like favorite pictures of Tor, but you could tell, like, they're chunkier. They have, like, more, okay. more pieces, like... Okay, so I had a realization. When we see the, the scenes where they fly into the air to become the mighty Orbot... They actually do become the like T-shaped square robots before becoming the uh, appendages. So I do, I think I do kind of get where that is now because they do have a second mode before they go into you know foot or hand mode. Yeah, and even the girls are designed with like joints in the middle of their chest, like like these circular designs. Okay, so it wasn't bad art design. It was just not explaining. It was not explained well. Here's another one. Kind of see the there's like circular joint pieces on their waists. Yeah, that's what I'm used to seeing them as, though, most of the time, unless just not paying attention. This is the show doing a terrible job at explaining that. Weirdly enough, I feel like this is my favorite out of all 13. <laughs> just because it feels like they're... I mean, again, the villain is still, like, meh, but at least it's fighting the villain. I don't know how to explain it. Um, is, is it it didn't feel like there's... Huh? Is it more direct? Yeah, like it didn't really feel like they were fighting a big villain at all, like until this episode and the fight when they get to the planet was just like, oh shit, like this is actually getting real. But then I also thought, man, if it was so easy to get onto this planet, why couldn't they just kill him sooner? (laughs) But I'm also like a sucker for stories that are like, oh my god, he's gonna throw me away, I must prove myself. So, uh, (laughs) biased. But yeah, yeah. Can somebody explain to me why? What's the deal? With, oh no! Why is is their only purpose to to provide support and and start the ignition? Why can't? Why didn't Rob think it would probably be useful to have her be capable of controlling the ship on her own? That was my question too, because I said, "Wait, can only Rob and Ono operate the mighty Orbot? Like the other five can't do anything." themselves like would, yeah would, would he also be useless without her like i know that boo like if she's shooting her wind power she activates the wind power herself but it seems like ono and rob are the ones that have to move her arm around in different directions yeah i didn't i never really thought of that before but the, the way that that sequence played out it just really yeah it just made it really obvious that like okay we're gonna we're gonna form mighty orbots but we can't really help you any further than that besides activating our powers. I would have liked to have seen the scene with Dia having to save Rob gets inside there with Ono to like, you know, pilot mighty Orbots, you know, like it, there's like nothing saying that Rob is the only one that can do that. Too yeah. bad she was galaxies away. She couldn't get there in time. Had no teleporter. Oh. But no, Andy, so is that, do you think that's how it works? Rob and Ono need to operate all the movements of the Orbots, but the Orbots themselves activate their powers, and it's like a symbiotic movement like that. I, I, I mean, I, that would probably make the most sense. I think it's just kind of whatever they wrote for plot convenience. Uh, yeah. 
but like but i think if you want to get into like deep dive i think they probably need the orbots can do the moves but they just need that control to like the, the mm-hmm. initial like okay put all the energy like there's a scene here it's like tor use all the en- energy to get out of whatever trap i'm in you know so tor now knows this is what he has to do because it's not really a hive mind they're just listening to a command because in the one of the earlier episodes they uh they're like oh next time we're gonna do coordination drills so it shows i mean i don't know if they were thinking this far ahead but i think it shows that they the characters need to have someone telling them what to do otherwise they just kind of get confuzzled that that's also kind of the problem with shows that don't get popular like transformers you're never going to see like that that 20 or 30 page bible that, that that everybody's supposed to look at who works on the show it never just becomes available anywhere as a special feature because unfortunately it didn't get popular enough to see what a lot of the stuff would have been like moving forward or the intent behind certain things yeah so does everybody want a, um, a brief intermission of awesome villain dialogue lines? Please. I like how sure. like so much generic villain lines were shot out by Umbra this episode. He's like, this will lead to the destruction of the Orbots and the world. He says, you will never leave. And I, I, I don't know why he didn't say leave here alive, but, you know. <laughs> Stay with me forever. <laughs> He's like, you have nowhere to run when Rob leaves. And of course, every villain's final line of dialogue when they're being defeated, no, this cannot be. Yeah. I mean, well, the way Umbra died was really kind of creepy. Just him just kind of dissolving into nothing. And, and that was, I, I mean, that was really like when I, last episode, when I said body horror, I legit mean that. He's really freaky looking. And just to have him like turn into nothing, it's just, it just creeps me out. It looked like he was really dying, so why, but he didn't seem to care. So that's what it makes you think like he can come back somehow because he's just like, whatever, dying won't defeat me. He's not like screaming in horror or oh saying no or anything like that. He's just like, eh, I'll be back soon. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly how he was basically speaking to us, saying that he'll be back. But, but like Andy was describing, what you were seeing... Uh, I, I'm watching that. I was like, "Oh, this guy's gone for good." Yeah. And he's like, "No, I, no, I, I'm, I'll probably come back." I'm like, "No, you're not coming back." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he looked like he was just dissolved out of existence, and he was just saying that to put fear in the Orbots as like as, as a final, you know, a final jab before he died. What I also I noticed is that like a lot of the villains survive. They're on a Devil's asteroid, the prison planet, or they're captured. They're stuck on another planet. You know, they're still alive. That one, what's his name, Werag? He's dead. That guy is gone. (laughs) (laughs) Who is that? He was the guy playing the piano. Oh, that's right, because he's in the ship. Yeah. Yeah. So so him and that that rat thing were are dead. And it's just like, dang. I watched this yesterday and already forgot he existed. Yeah, he he has like two scenes, but the thing yeah, but but he he's there to play the piano. (laughs) There was a weird animation error where it said there were 15 minutes left, but the timer went from 15.01 and then went to 15.02 instead of counting down. Whoops. It's, what's funny about that is like, that is so common in 80s animation. It, like the Transformers episodes are, they, they'll, they'll constantly have them un- like retransform when the, everyone else is turning to cars. Like they'll, they'll do it backwards. Yeah, or there was an episode we saw earlier where it cut to commercial and, and then when it came back, eight minutes had gone by so you're like were they just standing there staring at each other for eight minutes before the rest of the plot happened yep 
But yeah, I, I thought it was weird when Rob escapes, he went in to chase the Orbots because he's like, where are they? And they left a message where they're like all sad. And they're like, we want to prove ourselves to you. So we're teleporting to Umbra. Probably going to die, but you didn't want <laughs> us anyway. So goodbye. I, I, li- I like that scene because it echoes the beginning roll call. I think it does it in the, the exact same order, which is kind of like, oh, this is sad. They think they're going to die. And they're doing the opening roll call that it's like, I don't know. I thought that was really kind of like sad. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so basically he teleports into a different place and he is trapped by Umbra. But when he escapes, he's going through a literal maze being chased by a giant rat. I'm like, why would you design your spaceship interior like a maze like this? But that was odd. And not only do you design it with this just maze floor layout, you just have like a control panel there that just has so much access, so much power. That... Well, no, no, see, there were like a billion corridors, and that just happened to be the one that controlled everything just by sheer coincidence. That's where he ran. You know, you show up the Death Star, you happen to go to the one place where Leia already is, even though it's like the size of Earth. Mm-hmm. And he sounded so excited when he found that control panel. <laughs> the line was panel. like, he was he was running and it's he, a dead end and he looks around and he's like what's that a control panel and I'm like oh okay wow <laughs> okay. <All> right <laughs> and then the narrator tried to make a joke again he's like getting them down i'm like why because they fell to the ground oh narrator oh gary <laughs> he's a good boy the one thing that's weird is they can't fight as the giant as uh the giant robot so they can't fight against the giant crab robot so they all separate, and they just defeat it. Two of them defeat the entire giant mecha. Listen, they didn't even need the big guy in the first place. In my notes, I have teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> like, you would never see that in a Japanese mecha anime. It always has to be that one-on-one fight in the 70s and 80s. Well, actually, no, Voltron did do that later on to show that they were actually getting more powerful, that even the lions could defeat it without Voltron. So I take that back. But yeah, it was just so weird. The two of them defeated. They didn't even need all five of them. I thought they were all five going to do something for this giant mecha. But no, just two. And then he just kind of skids into the ground and just decides to stop fighting. Was that Destructaton? Destructon? Or was, was that? Yeah, a... Yes, the giant crab robot. Yeah, I, I thought his design was pretty cool. <laughs> but my, my notes here says Destructaton? Okay, sure. Neat design. Like, it's like the names in this show are just so dumb. There was one planet, it was like Centrum, or like it's like Centier, the center of the galaxy. Sandia, the planet of sand. And it's like, okay. You said Centrum, and I was like, the vitamins? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, centrum, yeah. I'm going to call my center room in the house that now. This is my Centrum space. So dumb. <laughs> Did everybody notice that there was actually a fourth and final merger scene they made just for this last episode? I did catch that, yeah. A merger? yeah where they all fly up and form into oh oh, okay like most anime just gives you one really cool merger orbots gives you like five of them in a four of five yeah and there's one thing i mean as an artist this bugs me a little bit that there's one scene i'm gonna no one's gonna be able to see this but i'm gonna post it into the uh chat where bow's arm gets attached from the head like the head of bow gets attached to where the shoulder piece should attach to her side and that's just like, that's not how that, that works mechanically. It, 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 it just, what, and when we talk about the pilot, 
it's just redrawing over the scene of the pilot because that's kind of what they did. They just made the scenes of the pilot better. But it's just like kind of like, all right, whatever. We got some animation. Let's just rub a bit. But even though it does not make any geometric or any mechanical sense how this works. Well, so her head doesn't normally go into the shoulder joint? No, the head is just kind of straight upwards. And her left shoulder goes into the Orbot's right shoulder part. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, I have to look at other images to see what you're talking about, but yeah. Yeah, there's like a little latch that comes out from where her arms should be and like attaches, but it just, again, mechanically does not make any sense. And I know that is such a stupid small nitpick. <laughs> yeah, but I did like the design of the ending. The design of using the Star Destroyer was really cool with all the music and then the little the little circle balls of energy going around this whole circle maze. And I'm like, what is the point of this? But whatever, I guess it looks cool because all the balls just keep merging into one to make a bigger laser ball to destroy a sun. Because, you know, that's how technology works. Like just that and the destruction of the the Star Smasher itself and then the ships, the Shadow Fortress itself and Umbra were just really cool how they all got destroyed at the end. I also like how Umbra was running out of time and he was like, just, just do it. Just send it now. And I think that's the only reason why Mighty Orbots was able to send that back because it wasn't as powerful powerful enough to cause a chain reaction so umbra was going for broke as they would say see i thought it's something different was going to happen i thought he was going to say do it now and it wasn't going to have enough energy and was just going to start exploding his own spaceship and then the orbots would have just been fighting like an umbra's main base because they they were able to get to him because he was stupid but that didn't happen because like usually when a villain says, I don't listen to you, scientist, I want you to do this now, something bad happens. <laughs> well, I mean, the entire Shadow Star exploded. Also, when they were trying to find Rob, Ono used her the little terminal key she has. And it's like, I'm glad that it's the exact, those terminals are the same galaxies away than in the same on Earth. Do they shop at the same Radio Shack? I guess they do. Yeah, like yesterday, uh, when I was on Saturn, I was able to put my zip drive in their computer to take some information back with me. There you go. There's also another scene where Rob is like, I gotta keep moving or Umbra will find me. And then the next millisecond Umbra's like, found you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I forgot about that. That was like that scene in One Punch Man where that that mole thing is digging and his face goes, found you. (laughs) So at the end, they finally admit to Rob what they thought was going to happen to them, like being scrapped. And, and he's just like, did you guys not look at the date? Those were like the original designs before I designed you guys or whatever, basically. But that's not how he says it. He says, I scrapped them and made you. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm thinking, don't worry. I already made them and then killed them so I could make you. <laughs> so is Rob the oh. real villain after all? <laughs> I was just like, they weren't as good to me as you guys are. <laughs> but that's, look, it's just the way it was worded made it sound like he was just really terrible and already killed them. But no, they were just designs he never actually made. I know that's what they were really going for. I have in my notes, all Rob, you cutie, everyone gets a cake. <laughs> yeah, except how did he spend three days making five cakes? Oh, I thought it was going to be... Plug into it, and I've simulated what eating a cake tastes like since you're robots. I thought that's what his birthday gift was going to be. But nope, just a cake. Just a cake. (laughs) I'm glad they didn't really spend that much time on that, because to me, that was kind of a disappointment. 
of course, I didn't think that they were going to scrap. I thought that he was working on, like, upgrades for them or something. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. I mean, that would have been a nice little, like, teaser for a second season because this kind of wraps everything up nicely, you know? Other than, like, the weird loose ends that we know about, like, characters not getting enough time or what happens to Umbra? Is he just floating in space? Is Aura? Like, no, no, they wrapped everything up nicely. It's like, okay, have to repeat the end. <laughs> No, so he's trapped out in space with Dia and possesses Dia. So next season, Dia is the villain. Oh, Dia. And Rob has to go, Dia, wait, you you like me. Come out of dance. And she's like, no, I want this power. Sorry, I'm making up stuff now. It sounds awfully close to my fan fiction. <laughs> are, you, are you being serious? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just making stuff up right now because I was yeah. just like, yeah, this, this is it for the characters. Nothing else happens to Mighty Orbots ever again. Another blink and you'll miss it moment when before Destructiton comes out, a castle comes out of the ground. Like this castle for one, two, three, like a second. And it looks just like the Emerald City from Wizard of Oz. I mean, I didn't take, was able to take a screen cap to compare. I was like, that's a lot of detail to have for 0.1 seconds. Like it just like have a castle come out. I really think the animators were really like, let's just put her all into this. We're not getting a second season, so let's just have fun. Sometimes when you're little and you watch shows like these, you'll be like, oh, that came out one year, so I forget a lot of it and only slightly remember it, unless you know you have it on VHS like that. But most of the time, shows will come for a year and then go. And some of the shows I only remember because my mom recorded a tape for us that was the first four hours of... Saturday morning cartoons, so eight different shows hosted by ALF. Like, every episode was ALF, and one of the cast members came by to watch two of the episodes with him every hour. I don't know, it was some promotional thing, I guess. And so, like, that that's the only reason I remember some of the shows is because I watched that a few times growing up. I remember what these TV shows existed, actually were. I just posted it to the chat, which people can't see, but they, if they Google Weird Al Mighty Orbots, CBS did like a little newspaper print of their upcoming shows and it just has this really weird drawing of Al and like I guess that's Tor and oh no and it's just kind of interesting stuff like that that is just gone and it's sad because I also know there's like so much media is missing from pre-60s just because everything was taped over so some of that's never going to be found unless people actually recorded it on tv back in the day well no that was been the 60s like unless because that's right some stuff has been re- lost forever just because they kept reusing stuff which is kind of sad i i just saw a documentary it's an older documentary on monty python and the only reason why that was saved is because terry jones one of the monty pythons bought all the reels because they were just going to fil- film over them and if he didn't do that and got them for like nothing that's the only nice. way we, we have them Preservation was not a thing to TV networks. I really hope I'm not getting the story wrong, but I, I think that Astro Boy, the original Astro Boy stuff, is really tough to find only by collectors who have reels and stuff like that because, like, NBC just left them in the sun, just let things go on fire, yeah. you know? Like, it, they, they didn't care. Like, there's all kinds of things that are found. Like, I remember when they tried to do Voltron on DVD, they had to re uh, all the, the sticker uh, or the stuff that sticks fell off. So they had to carefully like fix them just so they could play the tapes and got and like just remember like lost footage from metropolis being found somewhere in i think south america for all i know in a warehouse that the company also owned and they're like hey we found 20 minutes of lost footage of metropolis the entire movie has finally been found 
which is hilarious because it was in a thing labeled cooking show. <laughs> I, because I think, I think there was like a, like a militia that came in that was like trying to destroy any propaganda. So that was either sheer brilliance or just sheer ineptitude. Either way, it's amazing. Yeah. You got to wonder if like why they don't just sometimes have interns go, hey, we haven't searched this entire warehouse of 20 floors of film reel. Please go check, you know, one a day or something and see what it is. <laughs> but I don't know. Like you would have all this stuff and not know what it is sometimes. Seems kind of ridiculous to me. Yeah. But anyway, any final thoughts on this final episode of Mighty Orbots? I thought it was pretty fun. I thought this and the last episode, episode 12, and like the Dr. Phoenix one is also in my mind as like probably my three favorite ones. You know, I mean, this one, it's a, it's a good way to end, frankly, after watching so many finales that just freaking drop the ball. Uh, <laughs> so it's kind of refreshing. Not that it like, you know, anything to write home about, but at least it's freaking decent. Hmm. I, I, I really enjoyed this one. And uh, I think my least favorite episode was like the Dremlocks. I, I hated that episode. That was just like. You get these Wookiee. You mean the Ewoks? Yeah, yeah, the Ewoks. No, they 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 were called Dremlocks. I just I hate them. I hate I hate Ewoks. <laughs> I just get get out. said Dremlocks, and I was like, oh, okay. No, no, yeah. they, they were called Dremlocks. Dreadnoughts? What? <laughs> they're Dremlocks. Yes, he's right. Dremlocks. Okay. Uh, yeah, and it was just. Oh, I said. Dre- yes, they all had hairstyles. Yeah. yeah, I did also like that episode where he turns. I think it is where that guy turns into the giant Sonic thing because I remember that was the episode where. They all had to use their powers to fight five different uh, things. So they all fought like separately. Then they fought the as the robot and fought together. And then they had to fight that, stop the asteroid from blowing up the planet. And it was just like craziness. That one was fun. I kind of forgot about that Ewoks episode, but <laughs> I actually liked it because of how blatantly evil they were. Because, you know, it, it kind of like what we saw with Drennan, where the Ewoks or the Dremlocks. <laughs> They would say something, and the, the camera would just zoom in on their face, and with their obviously evil expression, it was it was funny. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was definitely cool to watch. It's just series where, hey, the animation doesn't have to be complete trash and cheap. <laughs> it was like we can actually care and make something that looks good and and do interesting things with the visuals. I enjoy the fact that there was since there was no character. I assume no character Bible other than this is the character. This is the color of the robot, you know, like one of those things that they could make mighty robots do whatever they want. There's one thing where he like was like shooting out of his arms. And then the other thing he made uh, bolos to like, (laughs) so it's just like, we can kind of do whatever we want, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. Any other episodes stand out to you, Sammy, in your mind from the 13 we've watched? (laughs) No. You have the worst memory in the world. <laughs> My fondest memory is talking about all of these episodes with all of you. Aww. Aww. It was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thomas, you actually did hate one episode, or did we turn you around by talking about it more on the podcast? <laughs> so, yeah, you kind of did. I, I, I still think it's probably the worst episode. Well, the worst of the la- of the last four. Mm-hmm. I, I'd have to think hard about the other episodes to tell, but that yeah. one, it wasn't as bad as I said initially, but I still mm-hmm. don't really like it that much. 
I don't think, yeah, I think the Dremlocks was the only one I was just bored at the whole time because I'm like, oh, is this really what this episode's going to be about? Yeah. I'm thinking back on the episode where Oh No didn't feel appreciated by Rob, so she just left and wanted to go become a, a human yeah. with the wishes or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that one. That's That one was very much an 80s, like you're beautiful the way you are type feeling, but that those, that's, a good, that's a good episode to have. Yeah. yeah. And of course, the the one where they get sent to prison just because they have to fight the evil, uh, the evil mighty Orbot. Even though that's the one where uh, <laughs> Dia actually does something and helps do, do something with the robot. I think I don't know. I can't remember. I, wish- I think it was only the first three. She actually actively does stuff in the plot. God, I don't even remember the trapped on the prehistoric planet pilot one. Leviathan was that underwater episode, right? Yeah. <laughs> With all that stuff going on, okay, I vaguely remember that. I like one. that one. That one, oh, yeah, I like that episode. Yeah, I like how they went inside him too. Like it was just kind of like, mm-hmm. what was that Disney thing? It was like Body Wars or something like that? Do you remember that Disney ride? No, there was a yeah, di- I, it was, it was it, not a Disney ride. It was MGM Studios. Oh my bad. But it was like one of those things. Like you're inside the body and like fighting off like, you know, viruses or something. Yeah, I thought that was super cool. Hmm. It, it, but that 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 episode also has a line of one of the guys going, "I'm going fishing," <laughs> and I thought that was really dumb, and I like it. And of course, uh, already mentioned like the rock and roll concert was kind of a funny like way to introduce <laughs> the whole show. I love that episode. Yeah, and then of course the last one is the jewel where they that it grows into a dragon. <laughs> so, does anybody want to say anything else about the final episode before the pilot? Stupid gobots suing them out of existence. Ah. All right. Well, all right. So we have a treat for you. We found on YouTube, there is a pilot. It might not be a pilot. It, al- it uh, almost, it's only 11 minutes. So it almost looks like what they were sending around to people to distribute to say, hey, this is the show we're going to make. Please pick it up and show it on your network. Because it's like a mini episode that was made before the series, which has really uh, different designs here and there, but not as ridiculous as the designs in this newspaper with Weird Al Yankovic. I mean, I guess that's supposed to be Ono, but that looks like a guy. And Tor looks like a crazy humanoid computer. I don't know what's going on with that picture you showed us. I think it's all based on the pilot, <laughs> those, those images. <laughs> what is this uh, pilot about, Andy? What, can you describe for us what's happening here? Uh... It's very, very fuzzy because I, I, I have to assume this was a fourth generation VHS tape uh, that was uh, going around. Actually, I remember reading a YouTube comment. I can't find it now, but apparently when this was being given to other networks, this was on the VHS. Like This wasn't supposed to be shown to anybody. This was on like a VHS tape and somebody had the forethought, uh, foresight to like, all right, let's 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 upload this to YouTube. This might be a or save it, which is really interesting. And I think they said it was like in Argentina. I think I remember. I'm googling. I can't find it, but I remember it was like in some other country that they <laughs> that they uh, had the wherewithal to save it. But what happens? Kind almost a rehash of the first episode, uh, like at the very end, because it's really just showing off the robots. Um, Bort hates Bort hates forests. Because he cuts down an entire forest to let a ship land. Um, that was weird. Yeah, and, and they're not called Mighty Orbots. The pilot is actually called Brutes. B R O T S. 
I forgot about the most important part. <laughs> and I was just like, who thought this was a good idea? For Absolutely. Me? What kind of name is that? I mean, they got the official logo made and everything. They were going force on this. I absolutely despise their designs in this. I despise them. Yeah, because it's hard for me to really even say that this is a pilot. This seems more like a demo reel, kind of, because... It's like an infomercial. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The way it's like, here are our characters. This is the kind of animation we want to do. Yeah, it it really... Yeah, because it, it, there's so much, like, explainer material uh, yeah. in this. Like, there's... Uh, I wrote down everyone to show what they look like. So... Crunch's design was completely different than what he is now. He's the same color. If you put him side by side, you would not be able to tell it's the same guy. Though what's weird is Bort, his design is exactly the same, only he's gold instead of blue. And I thought that was really weird because it just like, it just looks weird. Maybe it's because I'm used to seeing him blue now. Tor had the same design and color. But when he was coming out of that rock area, I was like, wait, this is kind of like how Voltron does. And I was like, wait, this is actually the same thing they use in the actual show itself. Yeah, they just reanimated over it. Just with the newer designs. What did you guys think of seeing Boo's original design, pink instead of orange, with her ape-like face instead of a human-like face? Terrible. I mean, I, most, of the, most of the changes that they made in the, the, real, uh, the official show, it was for the better. These designs, I don't like them at all. Um, the character of Rob that they aged him up makes a lot more sense compared to to what his actual character is. Like, I mean, it wouldn't make sense for him to be like they would have to explain so much for him to just be like this kid genius kind of guy. And then the Commander Rondu guy, he just in this demo, he basically just looks like I don't I don't know, it's just some police chief guy. Like, why are you hanging out with this kid? It just didn't make sense for the actual premise of the show. He looks like a manager at like a shop, right? <laughs> <laughs> Rob or um, Yondu or whatever. His Rob, name is. I, I, I don't even I don't even know if it's Rondu or because like he's just a a guy yelling on his watch, <laughs> and he has, yeah. he has like a chief Quimby mustache, and it's just like who are mm-hmm. you? It's like that looked daring for him, but like for Rob, I didn't I couldn't really pick out on the difference. I guess just because he's riding that little motor land sweeper thing. I don't know. He does have, he looks younger, but he also has like a more modern look at the time. Okay. Um, yeah, it kind of just seemed like, to, I guess initially they were thinking they wanted to make it like really relatable to kids at yeah. the time. Yeah. And Mighty Orbots itself, the final design looks better. This one doesn't look bad, but uh, I do like the final design a lot better. Bruce's design looks like the... Um, one of the giant robots you guys mentioned before. Also not really big on the fact that they were going to be a band. This is my note in here somewhere. Yeah, like they're originally going to have a band while also being superheroes. And Rob was going to be like their uh, manager. One thing I thought was funny is so Boo actually looked had the same coloring, but she also had the same ape-like face. I, I kind of wonder if someone just said, hey, yeah, can we make the robot girls sexier? <laughs> That's what they went with. <laughs> Yeah, this, yeah, these designs just are not sticking with me. It's like they're almost there, and I think it was just kind of like, look, just put something down, just just draw something, and we'll go with it. But here's here's their descriptions. Boo is actually described as a sultry siren. Oh, <laughs> and she has water powers. I don't know if that's her real powers in the show again. I can never remember because one of them has <laughs> illusion. 
and teleport. Mistress of illusion. And boo and Bo or whatever, the other one, described as being the girl next door with wind powers. <laughs> My god, man. It seems like oh no is like the only person they kind of just like figured out from the start. They just they they just you know she came to them in a dream. Because <laughs> she's perfect. I don't know. <laughs> I love Ono. Ono's great. What and this is going to be hopefully the last time I mention it. They took a couple songs from Space Adventure Cobra and Orgus <laughs> and put them in here. Oh my god. <laughs> Yep. Like is you it, do. Is it just because you recognize them so much from watching them? Yeah. I uh, I I I have the, I have the soundtrack to Cobra. I don't have Orgus. I had to actually look it up what what songs they were, but uh they use the beginning they use the song Cosmic Dust and at the end they use one song it's all in Japanese. Yeah, they so they they're using songs from other TMS uh stuff just for like filler. Oh, uh, and the funniest thing is the narrator says, "Of course Rob is our hero." And I'm like, "Uh no, I, I was in the show. The thirteen episodes we just watched, heroes are clearly all all of them, like him and the six Orbots. He never strikes me as the main character in any of them, unless that was maybe the original intent. What do I have? I got two notes here. Oh yeah, it says the robots that control the universe, and I'm like, uh, maybe you could describe that a little better, since they're supposed to be your heroes. <laughs> And I think they later say something else about them doing the something that where it contradicts that. Oh, so one thing I think is interesting, the planet has three holes on it. I can tell that eventually took those three holes on this organic planet and used that for Umbra's mechanical spaceship later on. Hmm. So that was something that stood out to me that they decided instead of the main villain living on an organic planet, they changed it into that triangle spaceship and took three of what were supposed to be on the planet, asteroids hitting the surface, and instead used that as the three symbols on Umbra's shadow star. Interesting. So that was kind of cool to see that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they defeated the monster at the end, which I assume was a a magnetic menace (laughs) that they just put him in the planet and put the uh, the rock on it and then watched the planet explode, like the first episode. Is that so that they just reuse that animation for that one? Yeah, this is this is I would say probably this entire thing is probably 85% reused animation and just kind of drawn over. And it's funny because the villain just kind of shows up to be defeated already at the end. There's no beginning middle. It's just, well, we're fighting a villain. I thought we were going to see Umbra, but we never do. Um, I think he's just is it just is Umbra na- even named or is it just the evils of the universe? I think it's just evils of the universe. I don't think Umbra is a Okay. Yet. Sammy, what are your thoughts on this pilot? What did you think when you saw it? Um, going to repeat stuff, but like it <laughs> It's definitely a commercial more than a pilot. I frankly, if anyone tried to get me into the show with that pilot, I would have been abhorrently like, "No. <laughs> this is not good." Is the term proof of concept? Is that is that what we're trying to yeah, I guess that's that's probably that's probably a better yeah. name for it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's 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 a thing that exists. Glad they they got it out there and stuff happened. <laughs> <laughs> but the only version of this is online once. There's only one of these online on YouTube. Like millions of people haven't uploaded it, and there's nothing in the description that describes 
where it came from or how they got a hold of it. You said you found it from the uh, found more info about it. I don't remember where I found it, but I believe it was a tape given to a TV station in some other country or some other region, and that was on there. And somebody had the you know understood that I'm going to upload this. I know what this is, so I don't know if that's true, but I remember. I believe I remember reading a comment on it. And I'm like frantically searching right now to find it, but I don't see anything. And I also wonder how long it's been since people have actually seen this, other than you know bootleg VHS or whatever, because it was uploaded only, oh, seven years ago. Okay, so it's been up for a little bit. But yeah, so that was the Mighty Orbots, unless you guys want to say anything else about the Orbots or the pilot, for we never talk about them ever again. I mean, <laughs> until you reference it in some fashion in another episode. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah no I mean I'm glad I'm glad I finally watched the whole darn thing because that's been on the that's been on the watch list for uh <laughs> how long have I known you Andy too long oops <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no it's it's a good show I I definitely still recommend people to watch it and it's short so you know it's not really a time investment here guys mm-hmm. and yeah yeah Thomas any final thoughts. Mm, no, nothing more to add. Andy, any final thoughts or fun facts about the Orbots? Uh, it goes through my list. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I've just, I'd just be repeating myself, which I've been doing every time I come on here. So, you know, like you all know it's one of my favorite shows. I'm thank you very much for having me talk about this because God knows people get tired when I'm like, "Have you ever seen?" and then bring it up. Next sentence is Mighty Orbots. So I appreciate you letting me on to chat about it for a little bit. So thank you guys. Heck yeah. Thanks for coming on uh, and joining us for these episodes of the podcast. Hope all of you out there too have enjoyed this deviation from reviewing something Transformers related every episode. And so we're going to sign off uh, without me saying um again, hopefully for like five more times and signing off. I'm uh... Oh, that counts. That counts. <laughs> Immediately with, ruined Sam, it. Sam, come up with a nickname for me. I couldn't think. Uh oh no. Uh <laughs> oh, I will not be. Uh, oh no. <laughs> yeah, I, I said it, and then I was like, wait. I want to be. Oh no. So signing off. This is. Oh no. <laughs> Sean, you're just gonna be Rob. Rob? No. Shab. Human. Sh- oh. Sh- Shab. Yeah, I don't know. I got nothing here. No. Wait, wait, no, what is wait. No. What's the mighty Orbot robot called? Shia. Mighty Orbot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought Mighty Orbot yeah. was. It, it's just called Mighty Orbot. It's yes. been thirteen episodes. <laughs> yes. It's Mighty Orbots. Yes. Mighty Orbots is the Damn. name of the show and the name of the big robot. <laughs> wow. Somebody wasn't paying attention. You got to start from episode one. Oops. Let's delete all it. these episodes and podcasts all over again. Delete them. All right. This is Sean. <laughs> Sign off along with. Oh, no. That's Thomas. me. I'm not even going to make a joke out of it. <laughs> and this is Andrew Brutes. God. Is your is your last name actually sounds similar to Brutes now? It, now it is. I legally changed it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed the us rambling about Mighty Orbots.